The Whiskey Throttle Show, now available on the Spot Network, an independent standalone streaming platform live now on Apple TV, Roku, Amazon Fire, Google Play, Android TV, most smart TVs, and all phones and tablets. Look for future live shows and specials only available on Spot Network. Download the app today on your favorite device. Coming to you from Pro Circuit in Corona, California, it's the Whiskey Throttle Show. Brought to you by Yamaha, the leaders in the power sports industry. Motocross bikes, street bikes, adventure bikes, generators, side-by-sides, quads, boats. Yamaha sets the standard. Yamaha revs your heart. Today's guest is presented by Therabody. Therabody creates effective natural solutions to take charge of your daily wellness. By combining education, innovation, and over a decade of pioneering technology, Therabody makes wellness more accessible for everybody. Today's show brought to you in part by Method Race Wheels, the strongest, lightest, fastest wheels in off-road. Method dominates the off-road racing market, and they have wheels for your truck, spreader, SUV, Jeep, or van. Troy Lee Designs, built for the world's fastest racers. Troy Lee Designs blends elite level protection with a history of industry-leading style and performance. From motocross gear to custom paint to bicycle protection, Troy Lee Designs is waiting for you on the next level. This week's guest is one of the most successful racers the sport of motocross has ever seen. With nine professional supercross and motocross titles, including three premier class supercross titles in a row, he's among the greats in the record books. Please welcome Ryan Dungey to the show. It's September 2021 and coming to you from the Pro Circuit headquarters here in Corona, California. It's the Whiskey Throttle Show. Thanks for joining us. I'm your host, David Pingree, and we've got some awesome, uh, an awesome guest and an awesome co-host today. Nine-time Supercross and Motocross champion Ryan Dungey is here. RD, welcome. Thank you. Stoked to, to have here. you. Yeah. We've, we've been trying to connect, uh, get you out here from Minnesota, but with family and, and uh, yep. life, it gets tough. Yeah, so. hadn't, uh, hadn't been up to California, I think, in 18 months, so this is my first trip uh, back, so it's good to be here. Coming out of the woods. <laughs> yeah, well... <laughs> Come to the jungle. You got some traffic on the way here, too. So you're like, oh, yeah, welcome back I've to Southern a, Cal. Yeah, good dose of traffic. <laughs> well, sitting next to me, another uh, legend in his own right. And uh, I think this is going to be a lot of fun because you two, <laughs> we were just joking before I went on. I said, it's nine time champ, right, RD? And he goes, yeah, this guy stole a couple from me. <laughs> Should have been a few more. <laughs> <laughs> so you guys had some awesome battles. And I'm stoked to just uh, have you two talk about some of the things that, I mean, you're two guys of maybe a handful that can really relate to the position you were in, um, three titles in a row and, and the pressures that come with that and um, the burnout issues because you're, you're going so hard. We'll, we'll get to all of it. Yep. Uh, I just think it's going to be a really fun dynamic. So thank you both for joining us. Appreciate it. Absolutely. Uh, I want to get started with our Method Race Wheels front end chatter. Uh, if you guys are familiar with this segment, just kind of gets us started. Uh, we appreciate Method Race Wheels supporting the show. They're the lightest, strongest, fastest wheels in off-road. So if you've got a truck, van, sprinter, SUV, UTV, Go check them out. You get 20% off on uh, anything you purchase there using the code Whiskey Throttle. No caps, no spaces. Check them out. Uh, I want to start with a question that we can we can all talk to, talk to here on the same level is how fatherhood has changed you. And Ryan, I guess I need to uh, congratulate you. You got another one coming. Yes. Yep. yep so we, uh, just found out, and yeah, we're uh, we're excited. Can't wait. It's uh, excited to grow the family. Yeah. Uh, so just, I mean, I, sometimes I think it takes a little while. Are you have you have you felt a change in like your perspective on things or your, you know, how you, um, just how you view things 
Oh, absolutely. Um, you know, prior to Harper, our first, you know, daughter coming through, um, you know, we really didn't have much to worry about. It was me and Lindsay. We we're going about life, and now you have, you know, Harper, and it, it was, of, of course, it was life changing for the better. And um, you know, as a every stage has been awesome, and I'm excited to do it again. But there's also that element of of worry. They're they're growing. She's you know she's a little over two now, so she's testing the water. She's got to learn the hard way sometimes. Like as far as just like she's she's got to try it, got to yeah. figure it out for herself at times. So I think I'm just I worry by nature, and so a lot more anxiety maybe these I days. I can see that <laughs> totally. No, but I'm I'm the same way. But it's like oh, I, it's like you can't control it. You just got to let go and like you know, hey, this is uh you know do the best you can and um. I, I'm, I don't know what two is going to be like, but you know that. So, but it's just that like racing makes you so controlling. You want to control every aspect of it. Cause you, you know, for the finish, but this is like stripping that all away from me <laughs> yeah. and, uh, for the better. So it's, it's, uh, but it's, it's awesome. I, I love every minute of it. And what about you, RV? I mean, you know, having two at the same time is, is definitely been, that's been, has its challenges. Like last night, um, one of them woke up, he's fucking screaming and yelling, and I'm just, I kind of felt like, I was like, fuck, I was kind of a dick last night, you know, I'm th- th- playing it back, I was like, you know, what? how could I have done that a little bit different, you know, so like, but like, I just think, you know, ultimately, like, having having the kids, it's it's definitely been better, it's a whole, whole much, whole, whole bunch more work, um, but like, like Ryan said, most of it's in a, in a good way, yeah, some of it's shitty, some of it's just, it's just the way it is. Well, you know, you're talking to worry. Like, I was one of my kids fell a lot. And so I was constantly walking around, kind of behind her, making sure she didn't hit her head. And I was thinking, dude, I can't even stand to let my kid toddle around and fall. Like, how did my dad let me go racing? And, yeah. you know, yeah. I got hurt a lot. <laughs> you know, like, I can't imagine being a parent. And you're now in that boat. Yeah. Where I your mean, kids are riding and racing. Does, does, are, do you stress on that? I mean, they're not high speed yet but yeah they're not high speed but like they do stuff you know that you're like i did see one of them send it off a patio and go over the bars yeah like (laughs) you know stuff (laughs) on a stasic like i did it you know like and i think i think what really just comes into my head all the time is is like you know i i we go to flag football we go to soccer we go to these things and you see this this next generation coming up you know like this generation that we're in now has the tech thing that's just they grew up with a cell phone in their hand you know like I, I don't think I got a cell phone until I was 15, you know, but now they're getting iPhones. And this was like a flip phone, literally yeah. like a flip phone that had Side nothing, kick. nothing <laughs> on it. No, 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 just the normal <laughs> one. Like, oh, yeah, yeah. Just the normal one. And so you see these kids growing up with iPhones now at like seven, eight years old. And there's tech guys. Well, I think this next generation is going to be, you know, our kids where it's going to be like, they're just going to be so unbelievably soft if they're not pushed. Mm. Um, and I always, you know, that's one thing that falls on. Okay. Well, you know, and I see, I see it at the football field. I see it at the soccer. I see these parents and they are just babying these kids. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so I think that just reassures me what I'm yeah. doing is right. <laughs> <laughs> Good job. Now get your ass to bed. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I think I'm doing the right thing. <laughs> I know I'm going to have the toughest some bitches out there yeah, compared to yeah. what's coming up. Yeah. So well, it's a little different with girls too. Yeah. Um, I don't know the girls, you, you know, I, and yeah, I guess with boys, you would have to be a little bit more, Hey, you know, yeah. man up, yeah. you know, but with a girl, I still try. I don't want my girls to be like sissies and they're not. Uh, my daughter was just playing dodgeball at her school and she's a soccer player. She was the last one in on her team. So she goes, you know what? Screw it. She drops them to the ground, starts kicking them at them. And she goes, I hit some girl right in the face, blew her hair back. And she started crying. I'm like, add a girl. I guess how you do it. <laughs> There's no rules in dodgeball that says you can't no, kick it. I no, don't no. think. 
Anyway, uh, <laughs> have to look that one up. In the, to, look that one up in the movie. Yeah, yeah, get into <laughs> yeah. my dodgeball rule book. Yeah. Um, anyway, I, I other thing I thought about kids is it forced me. Marriage did a little bit, but then kids really forced me to look at myself and go, okay, where am I selfish? Because yeah. as, as racers, we have to be right. And then when you quit racing, it's hard to I let still go get of that. Told I'm not very good at that. I mean, what's all we've ever known is everything's been about us since, you know, we were very little. Yeah. And so when you become an adult, now it's like, okay, now I have my wife who's a priority for me and these kids who are priority, you know, and then and I'm like way down here on the list of things when I want to go do something. Yeah. That's a, that's a adaptation you have to make. Yeah. I think to be a good parent, you for have sure. to eventually go, okay, I'm going to just die to myself a little bit <laughs> and it's got to be about the kids. I mean, that's the sacrifice you make. A hundred percent. Yeah. I think, I think there's that transition period after racing. You don't think you were selfish, but then all of a sudden after racing, you realize, and you, you just have those moments of, yeah, it's not about you anymore. And I, I think that's uh that's probably the positive of having kids too. You know, you, yeah. you realize that really quickly. Yeah. You have to grow as a person yeah. or you'll wind up mm -hmm. divorced, living in a yeah. apartment, yeah. seeing your kids. <laughs> two weeks a month <laughs> yeah okay <laughs> maybe if you have a good attorney <laughs> in california yeah that's true yeah uh all right second question this this hits home for you probably what's the best cup of coffee you've ever had it's easy rd coffee easy well but i mean <laughs> is there one like cup of coffee You're like man that was good coffee you know um i just I, I don't think it was one it was just multiple experiences um you know, mainly, mainly when we traveled to Europe. Okay. Those were, those were like, I got into coffee when I was like 18 here and, you know, I was hitting all the kind of the commercial spots, you know, your Starbucks, Caribou, um, you know, Caribou was back in Minnesota, but like, um, all those, you know, commercial spots and not really knowing what good quality was. Yeah. Um, and so when we'd go to Europe, we'd get, uh, you know, we, we would, you know, just one off out of the espresso machines or go to these local cafes. And it was like, wow, this is, this is amazing. Tastes everything, so different. Se everything seems better. Yeah. Here. Everything I mean, food. Well, from the food standpoint. Mm -hmm. yeah. yeah. So coming back over here, we're like, it took me some years. Like where, where do we find that type of coffee? I didn't even know how to find it or what to ask for. Yeah. You know? So, um, I think it was multiple experiences. I, I got the best coffee I ever had in Costa Rica. Um, and I thought just all coffee kind of tasted the same until I went down there and I was like, whoa, this is totally has a different flavor. Mm -hmm. And I don't need to hardly use any creamer. I can throw a little yep. uh, lump of sugar in there or whatever and I'm dialed. It's amazing. Once you go black, or, you never go back. That's what they say. I don't know, but uh, I drink anyway. my coffee black. Do you? Yeah. I always yeah. tell guys who drink their coffee black, man, that's sad. Your parents didn't give you enough hugs. Because <laughs> <laughs> why would you drink it black when there's creamer is so good? But with good coffee, you don't need it. Right. You know that's right. the difference, and I didn't really realize yeah. that till I had that. No, it, it is. It's smoother. It's there's more flavor. It's just it's you can drink it black because yeah. it yeah. it's not bitter, and so that's uh that was the that was the goal where to find that. Right on. Well, let's get into it. Um, your guest today is brought to you from Therabody. Uh, this is a little bit of a change for those of you who are familiar with the show. Therabody bought PowerDot. And so uh, now they're under their umbrella. If you've probably seen the Theragun, which is the uh, sort of reciprocating massager that you can use on, on trigger points and stuff. You guys ever use those? Yeah, Theragun? They're do. good. Yeah, really good. Um, amazing products over there. So Therabody now has the Theragun in multiple sizes and, and different styles. They've got a bunch of rollers, like foam rollers, that have a vibration to them. Uh, they've got uh, compression. Uh, do you guys ever use the compression leggings and stuff? Uh, sometimes on the on the legs I did, racing, but I yeah. haven't used them since. I, I've never used them. I can, see do a lot they of have anything that. in that lineup that just stretches you out manually, like I can just lay there just lay? and my back um, just st stops hurting? I think they can get you a number to a masseuse, and they okay. just come over and That's handle nice. it. That's that no takes good. an hour of my time. <laughs> 
Uh, anyway, lots of awesome products, including the PowerDot. So uh, get over and check those guys out and see everything they've got going on. So let's uh, we start from the beginning here, RD. Tell me about Bell Plain, Minnesota. What was it like growing up there? Well, Bell. So um, I actually moved out to Bell Plain when I was 15, and it's oh. a, yeah, it's about a town of about five, five, six thousand people, maybe six thousand, a little bit more now. Um, but I did grow up in Chaska, um, and my parents moved out to there. Um, Which is where in relation to Minneapolis? Okay, so uh, that's all know, I really well, know. Chas- Duluth and Minneapolis. Sorry, uh, Chaska is about you know say 20 minutes outside of Minneapolis, okay. and then Belle Plaine's probably a good 40. Okay. So just more out in the country, just on the outskirts. And, uh, yeah, moved out there, and uh, it's just uh, just cornfields and, you know, as far as you can yeah. see. and Local uh, coffee shops. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you yeah. met your wife at a coffee shop, didn't you? Is, is that I, the story? I it heard? was a cafe. Yeah. Oh, okay. Her, yeah, it was her, uh, her, aunt, her aunt. She was working for her aunt at the time on just on Saturdays. Out so there? Out in Belle Plaine. Okay. Yeah, in the town. And it actually was, a, it's a really good restaurant. Like, it's like, I, I would go there and it's, you know, home cut fries and, you know, just yeah. really good breakfast and uh, hard to find places like that these days. So, Cute help too, you know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Ran into her there and she was waitressing and, and uh, yeah, the, the went in there a couple history. times and dad made a remark and is this the one you've been telling me about Ryan? And No, he didn't. Yeah. yeah I was like, oh man, just, he always would put us on the spot like that. And so <laughs> a week later. I could see him doing that. He did. He, it's like. uh He'd always push us to, to meet girls and this and that, but it was good. So, um, yeah, then a week later, I uh, yeah, asked her out, and that was, that was 2000 and 2007. Yeah. yeah. But, yeah, Belle Plaine's uh, it's country and just a good place, mellow, relaxing, and I always enjoyed going back there. It's nice. Yeah. So you, uh, you got into riding pretty early, it looks like, from the photos you sent me. Did you guys play any other sports or anything as you were younger? Um, we did. We played all the ball and stick sports. Uh, my dad got us into riding dirt bikes. Me and my brother, got, we shared a bike at first. Jade was about six, seven. I was about four or five. And um, we, we had a PW50. Just okay. uh, when they were yellow, we had the yellow number version. Number one on yeah, it. Yeah, number one on it. <laughs> yep, exactly. That was, the, that was our first bike. And but yeah, even like, you know, we, we went to school, we played, um, you know, uh, baseball and, and basketball, did a year of football, just that, that wasn't, that didn't uh, fit, but, uh, just the motorcycle just always stuck. There was just yeah. something about getting on the two wheels and it was you and the track and it's like the limit was yours. And, um, yeah, just if for all three of us, bro- all me and my brothers, it just was, just was fun. Yeah. And so Jade's a year or two older and your younger brother blake blake yeah how, how much what's the age difference there? Uh, about five years four okay. four and a half years yeah, yeah. so was you, were all those sports through your school like when i went to grade school all of that stuff was through school it wasn't like clubs like it is now it's yeah. kind of different at least here basketball was uh baseball wasn't and football wasn't okay yeah. huh what about you you uh went to school in polsbo or where mm-hmm. were you yeah. Well, for a little while. You're out on an island just <laughs> for a little while. <laughs> Not too long. Yeah. I got to third yeah. grade and called her good. Yeah. yeah. Luckily, this motorcycle thing worked out. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I don't recommend it for everybody, but. <laughs> so did your dad ride? Is that why he got you bikes? He did. Or? Okay. Yeah, he did. Did he race and stuff? He did, yeah. yeah. He actually uh, competed at Loretta's. Uh, oh, really? Like, uh, yeah, 80, I think it was 82 and 83. Um, yep. He. Uh, He's a big boy. He is, was yeah. Was he a 500? He had to be on he a was, 500. He was. No, he's on two fifties. Okay, two fifty open. Um, but he, he was he was uh he's tall. Um, uh, back then, you know, when he started, he was lot, you know, um, just uh, I don't want to say my dad's fat, or, but he was <laughs> he was skinny, right? Yeah, thin. Yeah, he's thin. like a dad. My dad's just like yeah, he's, he's just not fat. He's just stocky. He's construction, like, right? but he's six yeah. what six three four? Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's uh, six four and just um just uh so yeah, he did it growing up as kids and. 
I think if it weren't for my dad knowing that that um, you know seeing the guys and you know if it was Johnson and Bailey Kadrowski, all those guys like I think like once we got old enough, old enough dad got us a bike and we knew the local he knew the local scene because he already had been there and then like as far as the national level he kind of already knew as well because Loretta Lenz had started so he kind of knew there and you know as we got older he started to take us to a few of those but yeah we just saw it on TV we'd go to the Metrodome every year in, in Minneapolis and you know they'd come to town and yeah. it was just like it was like i think was that the first pro event you ever went to yeah the super yeah. supercross Super yeah minneapolis supercross and like that was like i knew like what year do you remember uh i actually it was 97 it was i only know that because um i competed in the ktm junior supercross challenge ah. so the first one you ever went to you yeah. were racing <laughs> yeah i'm i take that i do take that back we went in 96 um no, 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 we didn't. That was the first year. I'm, I'm sorry. That was 2000. The, the year I was thinking. But so yeah, we just signed up, went racing and watching. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It was, it was. <laughs> it was <pretty laughs> All good. right. I did. You, you know the, back in those days, like, uh, you know the the triple face seemed like it was just a drop off. Yeah. I remember just flat landing at the bottom of the and getting all squirrely and it was, it was it was all just kind of a blur. But I just remember leading up to it, it was like I'm gonna go race on the super it's pretty heavy duty yeah. i can't even imagine what you would be thinking as a kid did you do that well KTM back then thing? The, no i didn't i didn't but back then like if you look at these kids now the evolution of, of how good they are and yeah. what they're doing on 50s yeah. now like, yeah they're so ready for it like uh, yes yeah, you know some of these kids are doubling the triple and then you're like telling the story now is like you know, going to go, going to a stadium, never even set foot in one. Like these kids now are so exposed to yeah. this. Not yeah. to mention, so much better than we were yeah. on fifties and sixties and and so on. It starts it starts on a fifty now. Yeah. You know, and they're like scrubbing and stuff. And go looking back, it's like I rode around a PW in a front yard. Yeah, yeah on an yeah. oval track, and so. you know, made it to where we made it to. And then it's just like now, it's just I don't, I don't know how it got how they got so good at such a young age. I yeah. guess it's just doing it all the time. Like, yeah. Better equipment. I mean, now you well, got. Yeah, they, you know, I don't know. They start on the Striders, then they go to the Stasics, and they already have the. But can you imagine a '97 somebody showing up at the Metrodome and doubling the triple? Yeah, we we probably didn't even yeah, belong right. on that track at that. You time. know what I mean? Yeah, like that's yeah. just so advanced now for whatever. We used to use Minneapolis. It was almost like a joke. Like, hey, go watch the B practice at Minneapolis, <laughs> because those guys, a lot of them up there, they yeah. hadn't ridden all no, winter. Yeah, they, they <laughs> seriously, they, that is, and yeah. they'd show up and you're. You're like, these guys have no business being out here. You know, a <laughs> lot of them, no business. But it was the dream of being able to, like, be on that track. Yeah. You know? But, yeah, it was it was cold. Terrifying, though. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Not pretty. Um, so who did you grow up? Was there guys you grew up racing with that also had some success or no? Oh, yeah. Uh, so far from that level on? or Yeah, from, like, early days. Gosh, I mean. The any, any local guys? So, yeah. So, uh, well, it wasn't local. Um, Cole Seeley. And that, he stuck out, like like crazy because i remember i was good at the local level on a 50 i was like i was winning everything at the local level and okay. i thought all right my first pro uh, my first um amateur national branson missouri it was like the first year they had it so we went down there and i'm my mom my dad was like you're, you know we were gonna we were just talking big we're gonna clean up on these guys <laughs> and i i completely choked and i remember getting lapped by cole seeley and he was like <laughs> unbelievable this kid was like unreal and from that day like i remembered cole seeley's name like was it on a yeah. 60 or what were you racing? No, we were 50s. We were oh, like still K 50s. KTM 50s at the time. Like it was like, yeah, just, yeah. Wow. I think at the time, yeah, yeah, it was, it was crazy. Cole, Cole's, well, you Cole's think they right come, now. Like. They, yeah, they come, they ride all year out here. Right, but 
in Minnesota, like I, you know, that was the biggest a reality check for seven year old, eight years old. That was after the KTM Junior Supercross Challenge. So I thought, like, man, like I'm, I'm doing pretty good, you know. And how'd you do in that? I got third. Okay. Yeah. On the podium, first yeah, one. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Your consistency started right a, away. Yeah. Could have <laughs> got a kiss from the trophy girl or a, a shake from Jamie McGrath, and I, I chose the shake from Jamie McGrath's. But was it Jamie Little or who was doing it back then? I don't remember at the uh, time. I just remember the whole crowd was all like. But anyway, <laughs> <laughs> things that you never forget. <laughs> yeah. But yeah. So anyway, these kids out in California. I mean, I had no idea they, you know, what were how good they were. But. What did Troy say on the way home from Branson? Oh, he was. <laughs> was he letting? If you, you know my, yeah, he's uh, in a good way. He's like you, <laughs> you, you choked. <laughs> you know, you were never. You know, all this money we spend on you, we're never gonna do this again. You know, he he just he won't let you live it down, and that's just the the fun that my dad likes to have with you. But. Uh, and my grandpa was with too. But I think that's what makes that's it, what made us all tough. Right. Is having that yeah. like, you know, uh, your dad probably did it a little bit different than my dad did it, you know, but yeah, he he'd chew your ass, you yeah. know, and say you sucked, you're slow, you know, like, you know, I, you know, I pull anything out of the sun, you know, pretty much and throw it at you, but yeah. yep. we always kept going back. Yeah. If we really didn't want to do it, we didn't have yeah. to do it. It fire you up. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, you'd want to prove your dad wrong. Oh, there was one time driving back from a arena cross, my my dad was feeling my grandpa, and my grandpa's like, "Ryan, you you sure sucked this weekend." <laughs> <laughs> you know, I'll never forget. We're in a Tahoe, and it's like, "F you, grandpa." <laughs> That's comedy. Oh, yeah, but it, it was just it's just uh, yeah, it, it made you tough. It made it fun, but it was uh, yeah, it was just part of the journey. Was Troy a a, a road soda drinker when you guys were driving places? I think you and I talked about it. I was handing my dad beers. I just thought it was normal. Like, we'd be driving to California for a Golden State, and he's like, hand me a beer, bud. No, no. My, my and it was just beer after beer until we got there. Really? Yeah. Yeah, no, my dad wasn't a big drinker <laughs> oh. at all. Yeah. But cigarettes. Never. Cigarettes. Did that drive you nuts? I was a little kid, it didn't. But yeah. as you started, yeah, getting older, I, I'd start rolling the window down. So the... The ashes would like fly <laughs> everywhere, and he's like, "God dang!" He chucked the cigarette out the window. And I was like, "Yeah, I don't want you to smoke in front of me." Anymore. I'd pull my shirt up over my nose, and I still smell it, but I just wanted to make him feel yeah, yeah bad for yeah. doing it. Um. So anyway, locally, uh, is there was there anybody else that kind of you grew up as you got better as an amateur? Like any else? Anybody else come out of that Minnesota area, or I guess Iowa's right below you, right? Near you. Iowa, yeah, yeah. So, so that area, yeah. We had, um, you know, at the time, um, as we, as I got older, there was guys. Uh, I might not be thinking of everything clearly, but um, you know, Gilmore was a, the kid really fast. Uh, Alex Martin, actually, we he started. Uh, he, uh, you know, everybody knows Alex now, and his younger brother Jeremy. But me and Alex, you know, we were pretty raced each other uh, towards the tail end of the amateur, and he was really good. Um, gosh, other guys in the area. Uh, Justin Brayton, you know, we'd go down to uh, Iowa to race, and I'd run, we'd run into Justin Brayton all the time. It wasn't in my class, but um, yeah. uh, those are the guys that kind of at the Isn't top. They're like um, there's another kid that came out of there. He did arena cross. He was really good. And We actually tried him out at the TLD team. Teddy Mayer. Teddy Mayer. Yep. He was yep. fast. Yep. Teddy Mayer. Really yep. He. Uh, yep. Would ride with him all the time. Yep. And there's, there's actually a pretty good group of guys. I mean, you got Deegan that have come out of that area. Denny. Uh, Brayton, like you said, Chad Pedersen, who yeah. I think you did some. I did some, some schools classes with Chad. Yep, yeah, we'd go down to the. Yep. Swap's still a good buddy of mine. Yeah, I keep in touch with him all the time. He's a good guy. Yeah. So for what, even though you guys can only ride like a few months out of the year, there's a good, a good crowd of people that come out of there. It is, you know, I I think more so these days. I think um, that was a huge hurdle for, and I don't know, you know, but like 
being from Minnesota, that was the thing. Like Heath Voss, he was kind of the guy that mm. at the time he'd made, you know, went pro and he'd done it. But like, it was always like more than more than a challenge of the riders on the track. It was almost the mental challenge of like, you're not supposed to make it from Minnesota because mm-hmm. you don't ride all year long. And and it, it almost felt like that was like a really and it can go against you. But like later on in my career, I realized like I, I you know it was maybe a blessing in disguise because I got I did get to go do things and mm-hmm. and when it was time to hit it hard. You know, you, you you know you. I give you credit because from a young age on, you 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 did it and you did it right. And I I probably couldn't have you know, I probably couldn't have uh, you know, if I was that successful as an amateur, I don't know if I could have. You I know, think you have more more failures from like California, um, not call it not failures, but guys that are that had potential to make it. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I mean, there's rosters of people, oh, yeah. lists of pages of people that are like that as an amateur showed good speed and talent, Mm -hmm. but they rode 365 days a year, Mm. you know, like, and I, you know, like we would go, did you have to take time off in pools? But I mean, it would get rain. We would have to go indoors. So I would go from, uh, you know, summertime to ride arena cross, but then that wasn't like, it's not like there was an arena cross track built all through the week. It was like, we would go once a week, Yeah. Yeah. you know, and then maybe race the weekend, ride practice Friday, race Saturday or whatever, you know, and then, you know, we, but we'd have to, sometimes we'd have to drive six hours to Pasco to, to do that. Um, but yeah, same thing as I think having, you know, growing up in Minnesota or Paulsville. Yeah. Like, unless you wanted to ride the mud, but we were, we didn't have enough money to just burn through Beat, bikes. Yeah, right. bikes up. yeah. And travel everywhere. Yeah. yeah and yeah. The, you know, so when it came summertime, we hit it hard, you know, mm-hmm. and de- anytime, anytime there was, it, we could go ride, we rode. Yeah. Yeah. So you guys kind of share something. I, I I meant to get into this later, but it seems like a good time now. Where, as an amateur, neither one of you were like superstars. Like Alessi was kind of the guy, right? You got second a lot to him. Good, and you're and you're mm-hmm. the guys in your local area. But mm-hmm. when you'd go to nationals, you weren't like Adam Cincerello, James Carmichael, right? You Not you guys weren't any. that. So I feel like you learned how to handle a defeat mm-hmm. and let that kind of motivate you, rather than. Some of these kids win everything as an amateur. I don't really want to name names, but yeah, we all have guys in my right. Like as an amateur, they were the guy, and then they hit pro, and they they just can't take that they didn't win, or you know what I mean, like the expectations. Yeah, you have you have more expectation, yeah. and then you you just have never really lost, so it blows you off your feet mm-hmm. when you. Yeah, it's more of an underdog, f- maybe for for myself, and I mean you you can speak, but it's more like anything from here on is uh, is is. Uh, it's it's a benefit. It's good. So yeah. I didn't really have that. You probably had a little bit more weight just kind of coming in. But you you had that breakout um, uh, when you got to that cow the eighties into the one twenty. You kind of were under the rig then and yeah, like like Team Green when we went to Team Green. But still, like I can't like I remember going. I think the first year for me at Loretta's was was maybe uh, ten eleven. So I didn't go till a little bit later. I was already on a sixty, and you know like yeah you got. S- get totally smoked so yeah you know like i can remember you know going and i think i only won a few amateur nationals my whole the, the whole time we raced yeah. um and i think par for that like looking back is like for sure a lot of it was probably your equipment same with mine um cowie we had that once i was on team green yeah we had good equipment but i think that like i think mike had better equipment i i do think he had better equipment but i think it made us you know work harder and and you know literally get every ounce of whatever was in that motorcycle we we got it out of it yeah yeah mm-hmm. not that mike didn't but you know it's just a, i think it was just different yeah 
Yep. I just think there's value in learning how to not win. Yeah. You know, and how you handle it. Because, you know, think of it. If you're if you're in this corner of the world and you're winning everything, you're the fastest dude, you go to amateur nationals, you're winning, you show up to pro racing, and if you don't win, and a lot of times you don't right away. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. You, you guys kind of both did, but that's not normal. Yeah. And then you start getting beat, and every weekend you're not winning, and you're like, dude, I've, I've never I experienced this. And you don't know how to handle it, and that can knock people, you yeah. know, off their feet I, pretty I, f- I found a lot of motivation that I was able to apply to my pro career. You know, y- you think about, like, you know, um, not not just yourself as, you know, not getting the support as a, as an amateur, but, like, I remember coming off the track and um, having great finishes and, you know, beating Team Green Riders on the 65s, 85s, and, like, my dad's like, let's go straight to, to Kawasaki and, and see if we can get a ride. And because it's, like, at that point, I realize it now, but then it was like, I'm thinking like, oh, it's great if we can get a ride. But dad's like, dude, I can't keep forking out this money. And, you know, we're doing, he's doing scab jobs. And, and so like, you really, it, it makes you tough and it makes you realize, but that motivation, I think for me carried over into the amateur, you know, you, you have a gift and you don't want to let that go. Cause it, mm-hmm. it took so long to get there to, to, to get to where you are and the sacrifices everybody else made for you to, to be there as well. So it's like, did you understand that sacrifice at a young age? Uh, yeah, I, I, I understood it at, um, I was probably, 13, 14, and that was more because uh, just that financial pressure that my parents were under, you know, and, and, and not that, I mean, I grew up in a great home, a loving family, parents were awesome, but like money was, you know, was, was tight, and, yeah. and knowing that if it weren't for my dad being so passionate, I don't think we would have gone to a lot of this stuff, my mom was pushing us to go, we need to go to these amateur stuff, but like, it was like, we didn't go to all the, and, and maybe you didn't, but we didn't go to every single amateur national, we only went to the ones that we thought that counted. Yes, At, we needed like be really careful and pick the ones we need to choose. You got a budget for them and plan. Yeah, I mean, most folks can't just go. All right, we're gonna hit them all. Yeah, I didn't go to the Loretta's till I was thirteen years old. It was like, but yeah, it's just it just um, yeah, just it's it's costly. Well, I know? think it's good for people to hear those, those stories because they think you have to win at Loretta's. There's so much pressure on kids to win at Loretta's. There's plenty of guys who didn't destroy Loretta Lens every year who went on to have mm-hmm. all-star careers like you guys did. So. Yeah. yeah. No, I don't. I mean, I think Loretta's is a piece of the pie that you have to do well at to, to get a, to get a deal, you know, to, to, to take that financial pressure if you need that or to get the product, some of those, some of the product. But I, I mean, honestly, I think Not a Loretta's necessity. is uh, that, that piece of pie, I think, is it's a lot smaller than people think. Mm-hmm. People think it's the whole thing. It's yeah. not. Yeah. So your, your bro- older brother, Jade. Yep. This is this is always interesting to me. Is like our sport's so tight knit. You know, he married Langston's sister. Yep, Whitney. Mm-hmm. Um, your you. Wait, hold on. How are you connected to Michael Lieb? Your my uh, Kylie is married, so he's my brother-in-law. Yeah, yeah. Yep. And then Phil so. Lawrence is my brother-in-law. Yep. He married my wife's sister. There you go. Look yeah. at us. Pretty just soon, just pretty a weird soon incestual. Pretty little soon, it's going to be inbred. <laughs> I know. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> Jeez. Everybody, <laughs> slow down. Do a little uh, 23 and Me before you uh, connect. Yeah, right. spit in that thing and see what you're, where you're, where, <laughs> where you come from. <laughs> Ancestry.com. <laughs> yeah. Get yourself some. It's going to get real weird in this sport soon. <laughs> um, what does your younger brother do? Uh, Blake, uh, so he he actually is a really good designer, just uh, um, graphic designer as well as uh, this big thing right now is he's into epoxy, so he oh. does he fully full of custom uh, epoxy floors and the nice epoxy, the stuff that you know commercial grade yeah, stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So he's done that for a couple of years now, and uh, yeah, just um, yeah, it's pretty cool. Does he still live back by you? He does. Yeah, he's back yeah. Minnesota. He's got three kids, and 
Yep, just moved. Uh, we actually, he just moved a little closer to us, so it's good cool. to see him and the cousins. You know, obviously with Harper and the kids, they get to be together, so that's yeah. cool too. Yeah. That's that's important. My my kids are their best friends are their cousins. So. Yeah, yeah. Um, so when did things start getting serious for you? Um, where you started getting some help from Suzuki? Was it Suzuki? I it was right, Suzuki. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. So it was kind of interesting because Blake actually, my brother, um, he he was uh, up and coming. He was really good, better than me for sure. And um, it was actually Blake. He got an A ride through Suzuki, and then I was I was just I w Cole Gress was um, nice enough to say, hey, we'll let Ryan come on the ride as well, but he'll be on the B team, the B, you know. So you get discounted parts, discounted bikes, all that stuff, and and it's seriously helpful for my parents. So that was kind of how that started, but that was that was the the initial. Um, I think I was 14 years old when we got that support, uh, and that was huge because ultimately too we we got a little bonus money if you get podium as oh. well. So, and you know an amateur weekend you race six classes and so if you consistently finish on the podium that money was good to help the parents and travel and everything so that was that was the beginning i think suzuki bucks paid for like a lot of my bikes Seriously. and parts and stuff for yeah several years yeah yeah it was good back then i don't know if it still is but no i don't, th I don't know i don't think it is i don't the, know either a lot of guys used to make big money off the contingency stuff yeah. Yeah. it's kind of petered out I, I don't think it was sustainable i mean i was you could make couple grand yeah. a weekend as an 80 rider yeah you get your little card and yeah sweat you thought that was thought that was the coolest thing yeah it was cool i mean it did i i budgeted my first year as a, a privateer with that money like okay here's how much i have i, I'm gonna, I can do this many races you know yep. yeah um yeah so it seems like um you were a little bit like i talked about a little bit overshadowed and you weren't like crushing the amateur stuff winning here and there but like mm -hmm. a yeah. little bit overshadowed that the, when DeCoster came to you and, and picked you mm -hmm. for the Suzuki ride, what? How did that go down? And did that surprise you at all? Or like, oh yeah, it was a huge surprise. I, I mean, I, at the time I was doing, uh, I started getting some good results amateur in the amateurs. Uh, had won Loretta's, gotten some, uh, won some, um, you know, amateur nationals, and didn't win my first amateur national until I was like 15, 14, 15. So it was like really late. So and, and I'll but tell a quick story. Just let me interject real fast. Yeah. yeah. So your buddies with Ben LeMay, right? Mm -hmm. I was in Alaska with Ben LeMay doing some race. He invited me to come up at, uh, and do this thing. And, and I said, hey, how did Loretta's go, man? It was right afterwards. And he goes, oh, good. Ryan Dungey beat me. And I was like, yeah, we were. Who's Ryan Dungey? Like, I had never heard your name. Mm -hmm. and, and it was like, yeah, you were probably 14 or whatever, you know, like kind of older. 80s or big bikes? We were 15. It was a two-stroke. It was the 125 right? two-stroke class, 12 to 15. You guys were both Suzuki then, right? We were both, yeah. Yeah, yeah Ben LeMay and. Yeah, so it was the first time I heard your name. I was like, "Huh, I'll have to, I'll have to check him out." Man. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, and, and it all, it all, it just happened so quick. And it, I got that opportunity, got some results. I actually flew. So it's, it's a funny story, but I, I actually flew out here to test with WBR at the time, White Brothers. Oh Racing, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, Williams Brothers. Williams Racing, Brothers. I'm yeah. Sorry. And um, yeah, they had a team at the time, and they said, "Hey, you know, we'd like to you come out, test it out, see how it goes." And so I was like, "Well, man, this is awesome!" So, so that would have been what year? Because was Mo on Mo Mo road? Yeah, for that. Yeah, was Mo on the team. Mo, yeah, Mo. Troy Adams. Yeah, um, but I don't think was Troy on that. Not Troy Adams. But Mo was. Yeah, Mo and Sipes. Okay. Sipes. They actually picked me up from the airport in the box van, in the like the team box van. <laughs> You're big timing. Well, I don't know about that. We were we were driving up to. <laughs> North, I don't even know where we were driving. I think they it were out of Bakersfield. Bakersfield, yeah. Oh. We, I think that's where that guy was out of Bakersfield. Yeah. Okay. So we, but anyway, so. Beautiful town, Bakersfield. Yeah, <laughs> I was like, where are we? <laughs> but uh, 
So the next day we it was at Cahia, and I was going to test there, and and there was a there was a deal that happened. There wasn't uh, they were short on bikes because some one of the bikes broke, or whatever, and so wait around all day for those guys to get done riding so I could jump on one of their bikes and it was like two o'clock. So I got to burn some laps at, you know, at the end and they're like, Oh cool. You know, like what we see next day was Glenn Helen. Sipes gets hurt. Sipes says he, he got hurt that day. Okay. So he was, he was, he was out for the outdoors. And then all of a sudden they're like, will you, will you race outdoors? And I was just like, Holy smokes. I came out here to test and maybe run the last four outdoors, not like start Hangtown. And was this before Loretta's? This was before, right before yeah. Hangtown. I didn't okay, do Loretta's so. that last year. Oh, okay. Cause I, yeah, so I was supposed to anyway. Um, so I missed it, but um, flew out here. But anyway, they, they flew us to Vegas to watch the last the the, the last race in uh, with uh, it was the year, Villo and uh, not sorry, Carmichael and uh, James and Chad were just really close in points. Okay, oh six, and so I watched that, and me and my dad were like, you know, we got nothing to lose. Let's just go up to um, go up to Roger and Ian and just say, hey, you know, this is where we're at. This is where we're sitting. We like a chance to ride if you have an opening and. Uh, we'd like to be on your team and so that's what we did and um, from that point forward um, they Roger you know said look let's see what it can do um, and he actually set up a test at uh, the next Thursday at Glen Helen hmm. and uh, which we were like wow mind-blowing and uh, my grandpa was really against uh, my grandpa was with us too and he's like I, I just don't think you should sign with William Brothers so this the fact that we were out there got this chance meet at Glen Helen did a ride day first lap crashed in the mud like it was practice. They had the track. Was Hepler the Hepler was on yeah, the team? Yeah, right? I rode yeah. Hepler's bike actually because okay. Hepler's hurt, and um, crashed in the mud. And I thought to myself, like, dude, the day, the day, you know, this is over. Like, they will power wash my bike off. It was bad. I was like, I'm just gonna go out there ride, have fun. Like the rest was, you know. And Ricky was there too on top of it, so I was like super no nervous. No pressure. Yeah, I was like. <laughs> So yeah. I just went out there, you know, did like three 30-minute sessions, just like thinking, this is good. What an experience. And, you know, at the end of the day, Roger was, uh, yeah, like what I see. And, uh, yeah, they like, we're going to get you. It was like it was like a dream. It was like we're going to get this two-year contract over to you and get that signed. And it was just like you're, you'll do the last four outdoor nationals. And, yeah, we'll start Supercross next year too. And it's just like it just <laughs> it, the way it happened was like <laughs> unbelievable. So, yeah, it's like it was just like a, yeah, dream come true. So, that that's kind of uh was the beginning and i thought i i thought i always thought this is the funny part i always thought like ah, if i don't do good for the first year i'm like at least i got two years and roger said to me he's like no we gave you two years but if you didn't perform that first year like you you were gone <laughs> so is that right yeah he but didn't tell you that until after yeah this was years it was later. a clause in the contract yeah yeah <laughs> but the cool thing was they never the whole year they never put pressure on me they they, they allowed me to naturally progress which was which was kind of nice so yeah. I bet I bet the fact that you just went out and did three thirty minute motos without a lot of prompting, yeah. Roger probably loved that. Like he loves guys that just want to grind and work hard. Yeah, yeah, he does. And and knowing that now, um, but uh, yeah, it just it it was yeah. Was there something weird? Like I can't remember. There was chatter way. I mean, it's obviously a while <laughs> ago, but I remember something about it, it circumvented cold grass and people were mad about that and. Yeah, see, I, I don't really know. I know, so Nico was supposed to go pro that year. Um, so I, so actually, Nico got, got hurt pretty good. Uh, he had ACL or something. He had a big injury, and that, that um, delayed him going into the pro. So I think that naturally put me in a position to be like, hey, we, we need a they guy. They needed a guy. Yes. Mm -hmm. So, you know, just being in the right place, um, that, that worked out. And then Nico did go pro the very next year. Then you guys were teammates. Then we were teammates, yeah. And was that contract points-based or something like that? I remember hearing something about that, too, or was that baloney? 
No, I, I didn't. I, I don't remember anything like that. Okay. Um, the good thing, the good thing that year though, is, is I, I was able to win Atlanta that that Supercross. Um, oh, your very first one, right? Well, say it was my first, but I did do the Vancouver. Oh, uh, okay. that Vancouver. But um, it was it was nice because I, I had a little struggle there the, the rounds after, but then was able to kind of show that I can do it again. And then that that was nice because that I got a, a two year extension on on my contract with Suzuki. Okay. So that was. Uh, so your your um, your first professional race though was Millville 06, right? Correct. And who? What were you riding? Were you riding factory bikes yep, then? Yeah, it was factory okay. bike. Yeah, basically Hepler's. Um, and that was the mud race where RC lapped second. S- yeah, yeah, that was. Were you like? Had you ever ridden mud like that? That was pretty gnarly. No, that was that was pretty gnarly. You know, we the first moto was dry for us, but then by, by the second moto, it was actually a blessing in disguise. It was muddy because, you know, when you try so hard on the you know your your heart rate's so high and you're so hot you almost get the chills that's what i was getting the first moto because i was like in the red zone yeah, <laughs> i was yeah. like i'm not prepared for this yet <laughs> and it was like you didn't have moto the fact two that it was no i didn't <laughs> so i was like i was sitting there in the rig like i i don't know how i'm gonna get through moto two like and, and then it just started dumping and uh it cooled way off yeah yeah were that, you that year you were in a battle yeah got all crazy but yeah i think i had to clip my front yeah, line or something was, yeah oh yeah yeah, love front brake locked up or something. I don't know. Oh, yeah, six. But I did it outside of mechanics area. Like I was in mechanics area, but I was on the left side of the. I was technically still in the track. Yeah. So I think I got yelled at for that or docked mm. something or other. I don't know. But yeah, so that. Yeah. <laughs> so your your results from that those four, I think it was um, seven, fifteen, twenty one, twenty six. Yeah. So it like got, got worse and worse. Not awesome. What was the? What were you thinking? As those were going it on, it was like yeah, it was ugly. I was uh, well, did better than me the first time I went out at Binghamton. Yeah, no well, good. I think I was fourteen, fifteen. Me and fucking the stalker battled both motos. <laughs> <laughs> the stalker, yeah. yeah it, it uh, it's. I mean, those first four. I mean, you're. It's like you're just throwing. We're not. You're just throwing it's in with the wolves. It's like, so different. It, it is. is so different, man. Like, and that's people like. That's why this Loretta's thing. We were just talking about it, like. Going there, and then you know, I did the last three. Yeah, Binghamton, oh five, oh Binghamton, and then Steel uh, City, Steel City, and, and then Glen Helen. Glen Helen yeah. And you go there, and Binghamton, you show up, and you're just like, you, you think, ah, oh, twenty minutes at Loretta's, you know, like it. Nothing is yeah. the same. Yeah, nothing. And yeah. I think that's kind of where this this uh, deal they're having now, the, the combine. Yeah. I kind of think that is if it grows into something, I think that'll be better, you know, to, yes. to bridge some of the gap because, and Loretta's track when we used to race, I don't know if you've been there recently. I haven't. It's a national track now. It is. Loretta's when we used to race it on big bikes, it was literally an 80 track. It I was narrow, thinking it was so small. It is tiny. Like to ride a 450 there when we rode or 250 there, tiny. Now it's, it's big and it's, it's a raceable track. Yeah. More, it was tighter so, back then. Yeah, it just you know. So I think we're, they're closing the gap from when yeah. we came up because from when we came up, I think the gap was huge. Yeah, and it still is big. It still is big for yeah. the guys that are well, coming up. We had the uh, Jet and Hunter Lawrence on recently, and they were saying amateur racing in Europe versus here, it's like not even close. They have such a better program there with the, with the. Well, they know. they race them on the GP stuff, or yeah. you yeah. know, like the yeah. EMX stuff. Yeah. You know, they they. Yeah, the European circuit, you know, like running long motos on the same track, you know, day of or you know weekend of, and over here he goes, I go to Vegas or whatever for a race, and I'm racing six laps, you know. Well, some of these kids have, you know, these kids come, the rookies come up, and 
there's some kids in the 250 class that have been there for five, six years. I mean, they, they have, you know, that's a big gap, yeah. you know, to catch, yeah. to, you know, but there's quick learners. Don't get me wrong. Like, like Jet's learning quickly, right? But it's, but it's not every, it's hard. But it's he's a not hard. a, you can't fairly call him a rookie. No, right, you know. right. But it's a, it's a, it's a big learning curve and it's, and it sucks because you see guys, they, they get chewed up and spit out really quick because just they're, you know, you mental, you know, our sport, it's a lot of mental and yeah. you know how that is. Like you, yeah. once that, once you just get beat up mentally, it's like, it's, if you don't get back over that hump, it, you may never get back over that hump. And it's, it takes a lot of. Yeah. Well, to your point, a, a guy coming in now has to go race Jeremy Martin. I mean, you know, yeah. multi-time <laughs> national champion super seasoned and smart and you're trying to you know but i think the (coughs) manufacturers have done a better job at grooming Mm -hmm. yeah these kids compared to when we came up like it was like on your own on your own on your own and then all right here's your bike i can that's basically what you know like yeah i would mitch would help out with the amateur stuff but like it was like our motorhome our it's our stuff it's us going now it's like you're you're tailored and groomed yeah and that's why, there's a, that's why there's a lot of pussies out there too, because the, the, their asses wiped their whole way through the thing, and I, ours wasn't. Yeah, you think that's a good or bad thing? Though? I think it's terrible. Yeah, I yeah, personally it's think it's terrible. I'd rather see there be more support, like take the money that they're funneling into one kid and spread that out among six kids. You know what I mean, or whatever. Yeah. Whatever the numbers are. I don't. That's never going to happen because they're going to just they, they want they want to they yeah. they need yeah. the wins. But I, know. I just think that that pampering them like they do creates yeah. somebody soft. Mm-hmm. Well, even if they are tough um, at a young age, you get, you're getting thrown money at you. There's a lot of, you know, you almost become entitled, you know, and, and it's, you know, a lot of these time, and this is what Roger, uh, you know, I think taught me. It's like, he's, yeah, you're great. You might be fast on dirt biking. You can get results, but it's like a lot of the relationship. I mean, if you're great on the track, that's one thing, but, but it's going to be a struggle if everything off the track is just a mess and the, it's all over the place and you're rude and you're disrespectful. I mean, there's a lot of that. There's too. a lot of other components too. Exactly. There's more than package. just going fa- yeah. yeah. It's like your character, their integrity. Oh, there's all these things that I think these kids, they don't, they need to be, understand that as well mm-hmm. for sure. But as you uh, transitioned into supercross into that 07 season, mm-hmm. how did that go? You, had, you hadn't ridden a, probably a whole lot of supercross. I don't know. I hadn't at all. No. So I got onto the supercross track and it was really, I just like, I didn't care how ugly it looked. I just got on there and I started really slow. Like I just like, I don't care how slow I go. And it, the cool thing was I had Ivan Tedesco and, and Ricky Carmichael. Like I, I got to basically watch those guys ride. Then I got to go out there on the track and it took time for me to develop and get better, but it, but I took the time. I didn't want to rush it and rush into an injury or something. So I just took my time and, and, and to develop. And the biggest thing for me, I needed to get, I needed to definitely get up to speed on Supercross. Uh, I had five, you know, six months to do. I wasn't racing until March. I did the East Coast. But the big thing for me, my mental, I was mentally ruined from, from what I was coming off in the outdoors. Like, it, my finishes got worse. And Did you, you were kind of mentally beat yeah, up? Yeah, yeah. I just, re- like, and the thing I just tried to rely on is, and focus on was, like, I, I, I got the team around me. I got everything that I need, but I, I, I need to believe in myself. Like that was the big thing. And I had, I've always had a hard time believing in myself. I think a lot of points through my, my career. And I think that kind of stemmed from being from Minnesota, not having good results as an amateur. Like I didn't, I didn't believe in myself. So I really focused on like, cause if you don't believe in yourself, you know, you know how it is. You can put in all the work, you can have the best team, you can have everything. But as soon as, but like, if you don't believe in yourself, it's, it's, it's yeah. nothing, it's worthless. You know, it's, 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 you're, it's not going to, 
It's not going to... Uh, That's the final piece the of the puzzle that brings it all together. Exactly. Yeah. And so I just really tried to focus on that. And it did help to, to ride with those guys, uh, Ricky and Ivan. Just, you know, we did some motos together. My, my times were closer. And so that, that, that was able to... I was able to start kind of building myself up and then getting ready for... Well, know. it's too bad you couldn't get your belief figured out. You know, maybe you'd have won more than nine titles. Yeah. <laughs> Especially... <laughs> Come on, guy. This guy. <laughs> no, but it... Uh, yeah, it, but an, anyway, we were able to start. Peng, what happened to you? you? Why couldn't you get that figured out? Because I was constantly hurt. I'm racing against freaking Wyndham, RC. All I hear is excuses. I had no confidence. I, th to his point, that was what I lacked, whether it was my knees were blown out at an early age <laughs> or, like, I could go as hard as I could go on the ragged edge of death, and Wyndham would be just cruising and pass me. Yeah, what do you I do? I think that's just the talent thing. I just didn't have it, and then those guys beat me so easily <laughs> i was like another talent thing 96 at seattle at the kingdom i'm got get into second place Wyndham had the whole shot and i'm like all right i'm bringing this fool in and he just kept doing this i was going as fast just as i could go and he looked like he was out putting around yeah yeah it's i ran i got second handed my bike to my mechanic walked into the tunnel and beat the shit out of a trash can i was so angry but like what do you do that's what, I, I, that's what I wanted to do multiple times <laughs> when he would be. Yeah, it was like it, it, that's literally like even if you're still getting second, it's like those are good finishes. But like you, you want to be. I wanted to be beating you, and it's like I. Seattle Supercross, like this guy's gonna wrap up the title. I got to make sure he can't do it. I got to beat him tonight. So he, we go to the next race, and he just I'm gonna yep, just I, just take. A I don't remember on. Seattle. It's 2000. Uh, I think it was 2014. Didn't you? It's you 2014, won. 72 degrees out. The sun was setting. I think it was 14. He knows everything. Anyway, you about won that night in Seattle. I think it was your. You'd won there before, but anyway, it's tough. It's tough. You know when you can't. You're doing everything you can. You can't get over that. Yeah. Yeah, but. Yeah. Well, the the confidence thing. It's it's interesting to hear you say that because, you know, you won so much. Like, how does a guy winning this much not have trouble believing in himself? Yeah. And then you got a guy like Chad Reed who for a long time didn't win a lot of stuff. He still, every time he went to the gate, he's like, I'm winning. I got this. And then he'd get eight, you know. But he still believed somehow. Like, that's a component to. up yeah. here that I don't know, man. It's. I mean, I, I, don't, I wasn't like that. I wasn't like Chad. I was, I, I would, you know, maybe not as bad as him, but more like Ryan, like yeah. second guessing, like, you know. It seems crazy to me. Yeah. As much as you guys won that you. I but you, you would never, you could never see it. Yeah, you know that's just up here. Well, yeah, one of the things like, and I, you tell me, but life has a way of kind of showing you lessons. But if if I'd get overly confident or cocky, or it would bite me. It always would. If I'd start yeah. show ponying off or parading around, like it, it would always bite me. Really? Yeah. So I I think that just humbled me to just be like, okay, I just I gotta. But I always had that doubt too, and I think that just kept me. I think maybe that that was a a good thing because it kept it kept me on my toes. It kept me trying to. Well, what did you guys do to better. to to fight that? To like balance that? When you'd have doubts, what would you do? Or just it literally would be like walking up to the main and like like shaking because you're so nervous, and th then you get on the line and it's like go time, and you have you have you, you have two choices. You basically go out there and ride scared and crash and throw the throw it away, or you're like you know what, man up and and be strong and courageous and and. Um, and try and just give it your best. It yeah. really come down. You just give it your best and, and like, I'm going to do the best I can. You strip off all the expectations and, like, your best is your best. Yeah. But I think where a lot of that comes comes through, though, is, is w you know, the guys that don't do the work, 
they have the you know because every one of them have that they think like that to a certain degree some's may, maybe more than and, and less but if you don't put in the work and you, we all went to the line nervous we all went to the line like second guessing like okay well you know like i was a decent starter but i wasn't great at it you mm-hmm. know but like once it put like you know 30 second boards up all of that's gone and yeah we went to repetition right all of the gate drops the thousands of laps we did our fitness and then that's what ends up taking over mm. in, it's like you in can, my opinion you, can, you stop thinking because you don't have time to think anymore. you can't yeah it's like it's the, gate's gonna, the gate's going yeah. if you're ready or not mm. you yeah. know so i think that's kind of where you know and i think that's where you see these guys that because they all have the same and the ones that haven't put in the work then they go out there and they make a mistake or this, and then it just compounds on it yeah. and snowballs. So there was something that uh, I used to do. It, it kind of goes along to what you're saying. Is I used to just say to myself, like, okay, am I going to try my absolute hardest tonight? Yep. Okay, then what am I worried about? Yep. I can't do any more than that. And yep. sitting here and stressing about it, it's only going to make things worse. Yep. And sometimes <laughs> I could, that would clear my head, and I'd be like, okay, whatever, let's just do this. Um, but – it's it's interesting to hear you guys saying that you had confidence issues. That seems yeah. wild to me, but yeah. the power of the mind, right? Like we were we were talking about a a, a, a trainer for um, what's his name, Mike, the boxer, oh, Muhammad, Ali. Muhammad Ali's trainer used to say, "Kill the body and the mind will die." Mm-hmm. And I think that that in, in motocross and supercross you see that as a guy gets tired mentally, as soon as he's like vapored, he mentally he's done, yeah. right? Yeah, but. You train, you put in all that those hours so that the body's strong, the mind stays focused and confident. Yep. And yeah. yeah. All right. So 20, 2007, Atlanta, first Supercross you've ever, well, you did the Vancouver one, but this is your first legit one for points, mm. and you win. Were you expecting that? I was hoping it. <laughs> I uh, I guess I, I don't know. I, I felt good coming into the night. I, I really, you know, just was... It was kind of nice. I felt like I had the fo- I was focused on myself, just just applying myself on the track. I had you know two good practices. Times I think times seeing where my times were at that was a good confidence booster. Like hey, I'm in the ballpark, need where I need right where I need to be. Good, I got good starts that night. I was able to win my heat. Got a good start in the main and um, Townley and um, Alessi. You know Alessi kind of tried to come underneath. I was able to square him up and jump by him and. I just remember, like, I just was, like, just like when I won my first amateur national, I just was, like, I'm in the lead. Like, I'm, I'm not going to worry about throwing it away. I'm not, I'm not going to worry about, you know, the pressure or anything. I'm just going to ride. Like, this is what I've waited for my whole life. And, you know, mm. go, go, go get it, you know. And, and I just had, you know, just had so much fun. But after that, but remember we were talking about being an underdog. Like, you can only go up, right? Like, after that was, was which I didn't realize at the time, and now – you're expected to win. Like, yeah. okay, now you got to win. So the next three races were just me trying to figure out myself and the pressure. And, um, so it, it was a, it was a learning curve, but, uh, yeah, didn't even make the main and, uh, did Daytona. Oh, really? Yeah. I don't remember that. Yeah. Yeah. I, uh, missed it by one and yeah, so it was a big, a lot of ups and downs, but ultimately it was just trying to like, I'd never been in that position where like, yeah, you, you know, you're, you're the guy you're expected to, to win yeah. now. You've done it, you showed it. And, and so that was, that was hard, but I, but I, you know, was able to overcome it. Do you think that winning that first one was a curse? Like maybe a third would have been better just to sort of have a. No, I, I, I went looking back, I wouldn't have done any, you know, the way it went was good. Cause I, I had to go through it. I had to figure it out. And it wasn't pretty, um, but uh, <laughs> what's DeCoster? Say? I I would just think I don't know. There's something about DeCoster, just knowing his heritage and history, and he's not super 
touchy, like fuzzy, warm and fuzzy. He's very much just like tell you how it is. Yeah. I would be pretty, it would be intimidating to have him roll in after you just it didn't was. qualify for Daytona. It was. Yeah. It, it Well, it, yes and no. I mean, there was some circumstances that, that happened and racing's I'm, racing. I'm sure, it yeah. happens. But the one thing like. At least that was his first year. I didn't qualify at Jacksonville one year in the 450 class. Yeah. Oh, well, right. yeah, but things have out of your control, though, too, right? <laughs> Still. Yeah, but those are those are racing incidents. Like, yeah. we can all look at that like, dude, that, that's just yeah, like it wasn't. You would have qualified deal, right? if yeah. shit wouldn't have hit the fan right. or whatever happened. Right. So um, so that wasn't so much. Now, now, fast forward to, you know, I don't get ahead of ourselves, but 2008, the battle with Lawrence, Supercross. Now, now that, I saw a, a DaCosta that, I, that uh, oh, yeah? I was afraid of. Yeah. Well, so let, let's finish off but, with seven yeah, here. So not so, to get too far ahead. Um, you ended up fifth in Supercross and Motocross. I mean, for a, a rookie, like that's those are great. Those yeah. are fu- those are great. It was. It and was a win. Did you have? Did you win more races that year? Yeah. So I, I won four Supercross races that year, which was like rookie. You know, and the, even the East West shootout had some help from you guys making some mistakes, of course. But but that was good. It was nice. Got the, got that win outdoors. Oh, me and Townley's bike you, broke. Yeah, yeah. Your guys both. Put your well, bike. Townley's bike broke, and I think I fell. Yeah, uh, his chain fell off. Townley's chain fell yeah, off. Yeah, so I got some had some luck there. But anyway, that was that was nice. Got got a Toyota truck out of that one. But um, <laughs> did you say you wanted to trade it trade it in for a Ford Raptor? <laughs> yeah, no, not like <laughs> no, but uh, yeah. you should have should have. <laughs> the memes from that alone were the best. I you re- riding a Raptor down a. <laughs> I remember <laughs> thinking, like, oh, he shouldn't have said that. <laughs> he shouldn't have said that. No, yeah, I think I went. Oh, sh- yeah. Toyota sponsor Villa. the series, yeah. But no, it was sponsor me. It was. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I can't argue with that. All right, so 2008. This is an interesting year for me yeah. in in your career. Um, you were second in both championships, but before yeah. this season started, you had signed with One Industries, right? Oh, that was yeah, the I next remember. year. That was the following year. That was going into 09. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, let's talk about it right now, anyway, because you signed <laughs> with them. Then Lawrence signed with him, yeah. and then you're like, "I'm out." What was what what went down and all that? Yeah, so um, well, that was what, the same year, didn't we? You that was Hangtown, right? We uh, Lawrence was a he was in was everybody's hair. Yeah, yeah, he was in everybody's hair. Yeah, but so yeah, he he was he was looking that to was cause peak J Law like yeah. that window. Yeah. yeah, yes, yeah. But uh, I ran on one industry helmets at the time. Uh, casual wear too and all that and they wanted to come out with a gear line of gear and so that going into 09 so we we're like you know uh, i was with answer at the time signed with one industries they you know we we're, we're going to roll that out that was going to be good did all the testing everything with them with the gear and yeah it fit great everything was awesome and they they would just i guess they were specific with us and and at the time which not many people knew about but at that time fox had actually um uh james was leaving fox at that time and pete fox reached out and he said and it was a it was a sweet offer, like it was really good. Um, but I had already signed with one issue at the time. It's like, hey, look, that's great, appreciate it. Would love to have done it if we knew. But you know, this is the route we're going. And and they one industry just promises like, hey, this is going to be the route. You're going to be the guy. And I wasn't so bent on being the guy. It's just what happened in 2008 with Lawrence, and then right going into Anaheim one, they signed Lawrence onto one industries. And you know, looking back, we were maybe a little petty. Um, I think um, I think secretly I, I wanted to be in fox gear uh, mm. a little bit as well I, I think fox to me my whole career had been like 
Fox was Fox. It's like that's the that's what the guys run, and you know Ricky and James and all you know. So when they kind of uh, went against like everything we talked about, we just kind of felt like you know what this isn't what we agreed upon, and um, we asked out, you know. And, and it was a really you know respect. Everybody was cool, understood, and and you know wasn't any lawsuits or anything like that. And we you know walked away. So they did they have the option then of going okay you know what we won't sign Lawrence stay with us no no they they behind so that was the other thing like there was no mention that Lawrence was ever going to be on One Industries and then we showed up in Anaheim and Lawrence he had, was in it he was in it so it he was felt a little bit like yeah slighted him yeah him. yeah we just felt like you know it's like one well you, you it, know I think it would have been anybody else it probably would have been fine <laughs> yes right yeah and it, it's just that I. I you know, I get a company's a company. They got to make money, and you know they got to get riders and gear. But it's like if if you're them, you you can't fault them because okay, we're gonna get the clean cut, you know, guy over here, and then let's go the polar opposite. Yeah. Because there's a crowd over there yeah. that loves him, right? Yeah. It's what great wanna, for yeah. them if they can pull it off. They just couldn't. What I want to know is that when you got out of your uh, one industries deal, was your offer still the same with Pete? Was not. No. Okay. And it was not. And okay. But it was it was it was the same that. Um, one industries was ballpark. Was yeah. yeah, it was yeah. so it wasn't okay. Like, so you didn't, yeah, lose anything mm-hmm. on, on the deal. You just yep. traded straight across. Yep. Okay, yeah, that, so let's yep. let's talk about 08. This this Supercross season, man. You and him, it was just yeah. like cat and mouse. Same thing with you. You had the same issues with him. Where, what was it about that guy? Honestly, it, it, that that he could just he knows how to push. His oh, buttons. he can push buttons, huh? Yeah, and I and and I you if when you I think being young you take the bait. And you're like, I shouldn't have took the bait. <laughs> but he, you know, he, he, he played it well. I give him credit because he, he did a good job playing the mental games. And, you know. Well, I, he knew. He he knew and then yeah. he never let up on that. Yeah. Yeah. The frustrating thing was he was also really good. Like that he dude was. could ride a motorcycle. I will say um, in 2005, when I, in four, I'm sorry, in 2004, when I, when I came home from Loretta's, I, I, like, I looked up to jason lawrence oh yeah i thought like though his style how, how smooth he was how relaxed how he flowed like i was like i i kind of want to be like jason lawrence <laughs> i i was <laughs> that sounds like but this is like so i kind of was like i i really like you know like he uh he was uh setting the tone for me and i i kind of wanted to simulate that got the rolled back bars you know and like try to keep but so it's kind of funny like here, here we are 2000 yeah he was suzuki and so here we are 2008 you know now we're but the, my my thing wasn't so much with him. I I was, I I started hanging on to the championship. I was I was ten steps ahead of myself. Mm. I four rounds in had this big points lead, and I just didn't know how to cope with like you know managing a championship. All I could think about was points, and I I was thinking about everything else but like living right here. Do in you the think moment. part of that that should have been Roger and Ian's job to to manage that for you a yeah. little bit? You know, like obviously you're gonna you're gonna think what you're gonna think on your own, but. I think on weekends, you know, that's part of having that, you know, and I know that they, Suzuki didn't, it's not like they has have had these young kids always. They're normally a 450 team, mm-hmm. right? So. And I think, I, I agree, and I don't remember the, 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 the knowledge or advice they were giving me, but I, I think they were probably trying to tell me all that. But I was just so, like, overwhelmed with the championship pressure that the thought that, I, I expected to, I, I come into the season, like, my expectations, like I, I want to win this championship. I can win it. I know I'm capable. I got the speed. I can win. And the first three rounds went great, but then I started getting ahead of myself. And um, you know, that's that's tough for a, a first, you know, first time, um, 
ma- managing a championship when you have a it was a 36 34 point lead it's like you almost start to like play defensive you're doing math huh yeah you're you're yeah. doing math like seven rounds five <laughs> rounds too early so it 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 was that <laughs> oh. but but i will say that that right that not knowing it at the time that helped me tremendously set me up for helping me down the road down the road like that i would have not changed that 2008 the way Lawrence was everything like it was the best thing that could have happened to me it sucked sure but still would have liked that 250,000 yeah <laughs> what championship bonus yeah or well, 500 or whatever that, it was yeah. that yeah. is the one thing I can probably relate to with you guys the, the championship that I lost by only two points yeah I remember a race halfway through the season four or five rounds in and I get into second it was at Houston and Bentley's out front and I'm closing in on him I'm like you know what he did I remember he did bad at the first round I don't need to pass him just like be smart, get second. That pass would have given me the title. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> like the minute you're thinking, I'm like you, I'm four or five races ahead of myself. Yeah. Yeah. You just can't do that. that yeah. I mean, you can't yeah, do that. Yeah. You ra- race to start to finish. You race it, you know, you know, the best you can. Yeah. Did you ever have any RV, any, any titles that where you kind of got ahead of yourself? Titles, but like we started Glen Helen, um, oh, maybe oh eight. Oh, no. Um, was it 250? Uh, 250 when Stroop won? Yeah, yeah. Um, like I had won the title before, and I showed up there, and I think that was round one. And, you know, I don't know if I was either overconfident or just like, oh, I'm going to take it easy. Fuck, I ended up getting fifth, you know, and then came back, got my ass chewed by my dad, and, you know, everybody's just like, you know. And then I think I went out and won Moto 2, like with a one, you know, one five. I didn't win the overall, but – that right there was like for sure one of those things where you, I was either overconfident or came in thinking I'm just going to take it easy. You know, it's a long series. You know, yeah. like you race every race, you race to win. The best you can race. Period. Yeah. You don't hold back here or there or play this card, play that card. It's You play the cards that are in front of you now, right now, and you yeah. W- yeah. and you, you play the, to the best ability that you can do. Man, that is like such – I hope that anybody that's a, a pro racer or aspiring pro hears that. And like learns from it because it's it's so true. The minute you're doing calculations, and I'm not good at math anyway, but I'm going, okay. So he lost 25 points, and I I got second that night, so I should. So be, I think young, you know, you know, young being in that position, maybe I would have done the same thing, but I don't think young I ever had like a points gap like that. Yeah, that's I was what already, threw me off. Yeah. You know, Supercross when I won five rounds early, like I was already I'd already had done it. I was older, yeah, like yeah. So yeah, just what, dif- different, yeah. different, different parts of your career. What was the one thing he did to you, or or did that like got in your head that you, that sticks with you? That sticks with me. I I think um, just just like I think what would get <laughs> his me face. So, who? His, I'm talking about J Law. Oh, it was just like the the look of satisfaction on his face when he would win the, on the track or or with me mentally. I was just like. This guy, he, he's just <laughs> holding it over my head. Like he, he's he, he's beating me right now. Like in he every just category. The, he was the bully in the sc- you know in in school. I've never seen a guy. I don't think that can can get into your head the way that guy could. He was really good at it. I never forget. I'm thinking like, is this really happening? It was at Houston. It was like right, right when he took the the last bit of points I had and got the lead from me. He was pounding on the on the on the box the, on the box, and he was on one side. I was on the other, and he's like, Yanji, yeah, I'm like. <laughs> I'm like, why? Like, why do I have to go through this right now? Like, why do I have to deal with this? This is this is ridiculous. Like, this, this is unprofessional. This is so unprofessional. <laughs> <laughs> you know. And meanwhile, Johnny O and they were just so 
They've dis- probably never seen it. No, they probably had never no, seen it. No, but they were also just like uh, that at that night is when I it was one of the only times that Roger and Ray Tetherton they pulled me into the truck and it was a late night and they sat me down and and I thought like I I I literally thought like this could like I'm going to lose my ride like is that right? I thought I felt that way, which looking back it's like, well, they're not going to throw you away. You're a title contender, you know, and but it just it's hard. It's the one thing I think that was the one thing for me. I knew I knew that when I got to that stage, that overcoming that pressure, I always prepare tried to prepare myself for the pressure, whether it was whatever that was and how am I gonna manage that? How am I gonna offset that? What's gonna be the, the antidote or what's gonna be that that's gonna you know n- so I don't go down that road and, yeah. and give in to the pressure. And here I am and I'm living that and I'm failing and it, and it was my one of my worst fears of happening and it was happening and it was just like <laughs> it sucked. <laughs> Wait, you're right. Your time almost slows down. You're like it's happening. What I didn't want to happen is happening. You know those moments you were like, am, am I? It's just yeah. It's just like that was happening a lot. Yeah. Wow. What you? I mean, you guys <laughs> obviously had your issues. You and uh, J Law. What was the one moment for you that was? I mean, the Hangtown thing. I, well, I don't. I didn't have to deal with him just like him nearly as bad. I think maybe one or two races or practices. But then Hangtown, you know, like I th- that was round one of that season, I think. But wasn't something had already happened, and they told you something guys had already happened? Yeah. So I, but I don't, I don't. It was something little practice or something. We kind of got into it, and then that's where he came out. Did um, a start like right? And I did started right doing something, and we started dicking with each other back and forth. And then um, I can always remember my dad was just like, "Well, you just need to put him in his place, you know. One of these times, that's put my him in dad. His place. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So you know, and I'm, you know. I don't like confrontation, you know, like, and I just, I try to avoid it as if really, if at all costs. And then I was one of the, you know, you know, can hear him. You put him in. So we came <laughs> up to the voice in your head. top in the top of the turn. And, you know, like I came into the side of him and then he came down the hill and right before the finish, old finish and just stopped. And I was just like wheeled my bike into him, you know, everybody remembers that one. And we ended up rolling around on the ground, you know, like kind of fighting, but more wrestling. And then we got pulled apart. And then I then it was AMA and the whole thing and at the time it was uh, he was the big guy, um, the AMA guy. Mm-hmm. Um, but he was up there. I can't remember. His they name find him and I think they warned me, and then he had to start thirtieth or something. What year was that? That must have been eight. That was er, two thousand eight. Okay, yeah. same same. Yeah, time it was there. like right after my me dealing with him he he started okay yeah and i think maybe like the title contender he thought like i need to get in your head now, yeah you know maybe that's what yeah that's probably what I don't it was know, but it yeah. worked it worked here i'm gonna do it again yeah <laughs> i mean listen i at the time i did not like him i thought this guy's what a jerk you know and i look i realize now that we we need those guys yeah. we need the bad guys we yeah. need the villains and we need the good clean cut guys and everything in between. Any kind of personalities and characters that's better for the sport. It takes all kinds. Yep. So love yeah. Jay or hate him. I think he was good. He he brought in a certain fan base. He added a flavor to it. Even if you hated it, you were watching. Oh, it's something that people talked about the rest yeah. of yeah, rest of uh, yeah. Our, our careers, you know. Yeah, isn't that crazy? Yeah. <laughs> anyway. Um, <clears throat> good old 2008. What a tough, what a tough year, man. Um, okay, so it looks so small now. Yeah, yeah right. Looking back, yeah, you know, like, <laughs> oh, yeah, in the moment, yeah, yeah, you're just like, oh yeah, this you know, is everything. <laughs> but at the time, it was. I mean, you know, it was. You, no, that it was. was the only yeah. title that mattered to you guys 100%. at that time. Yeah. yeah. So you can't poo-poo it completely. No. So after no, that no, no. year, you got second in both championships. Yeah. 
pretty good. Obviously, that Supercross one was probably stung a little. Um, what was the vibe after the end of that year? Like, what, what's DeCoster saying? What's your... I actually... Uh, was Goose, who was working for you at the time? Was it uh, Goose? Who Mark Valcor. Okay. Yeah, right. and he was my mechanic for 2009 as well. Um, but that, that was good. I, I was able to get my first outdoor win. Um, this guy is impossible to he beat. He probably stole a lot from you, though. Yeah. But, you know, <laughs> but it was nice. I, I really needed that um, in Washougal. I was able to get that win, and that for me was was a, was just like a monkey off the back. And, and, and so I was able to get a, a few more by the end of that year. And, you know, after Steel City, um, I, I felt really good. I was in a good place. I, mentally, I felt good. Physically, I felt good. I think I, I spent that pretty much that whole year, that whole summer with James Stewart. Okay. And James was really good because we had a lot of fun together. He was just good at joking, and he was good at having a balance in life. And, and I remember, like, I need to have a balance. Like, I didn't have a balance, you know, prior to that. I was just, it was all racing, and that was it. And mm -hmm. it was just, I was putting everything in one basket. And, you know, that's why it all came crumbling down in Supercross. But... I just was in a good place. Who was he riding for that year? K Kawasaki. That's the year he went undefeated. Okay. Yeah, and and twenty four and zero. And um, but yeah. So anyway, fast forward. I just coming off that year felt great and went to the the U.S. Open. We did that, and I ended up going from James's place to start riding at Villos uh, at the end of '08. So going into the uh, no, I'm sorry, Villo Carmichael. I I went from James you know, down in Haines City. Then I uh, and went up to Carmichael's place up in Tallahassee or Cairo, Georgia. We started riding there, and um, so that was a new change of scenery. And I just, you know, everything that I went through, I just, I felt like I was in a good place mentally. Mm -hmm. Like I was, I was excited um, to put in. A, we put in a good off season. Like I was really um, in a good spot going into 2009. Aside from you know just the the life balance stuff, was James helpful? Like would he work with you? Would he would he like? Uh, oh, he would work with me like in a sense that. Um, not really working it just like we just became really good friends we'd go to the golf course i mean we had a three-week break in there um outdoors back then and i think um 10 days we took two weeks off to <laughs> and just golfed <laughs> we golfed 10 days in a row <laughs> and uh it, you know it's like those things in life it's like you you try so hard you keep trying you keep trying it's like when you finally like like give up not not that you give up but you just let go of trying so hard and it like it finally happens yeah you have that breakthrough I think that for me, I I was like overtrained, I was overriding, I was overworked, and I just like that. So that's why for me, I think I benefited from it. But he just was fun. He joked with me, and he'd always, you know, come back, come back from some race, and dude, why are you on the outsides? You know, you're you're wasting all this time. Like, what the heck are you doing? He he'd throw it at me in a jokingly fun way, and he knew how to get me revving. And even old, you know, Big James, I remember, he's he's uh, he got me aside in the garage one day, and I I didn't get it at the time i was like 18 years old he's like yeah i don't think you got what it takes <laughs> i don't th i think he was trying to fire me up you know i realize that now but yeah you don't got i don't think you got it um seeing what i saw in supercross and you know and uh and whatnot and i i just i i think once you, you're just you're not going to be able to seal the deal and i drove out of that out of Haines city like i was so mad i was just like dude but the one thing that james you know, did he ever tell you he was joking? That would have pissed no, me off. No, no, he he let me leave there and let like he, that big James let was him good stew at on it. He was good at that. Yeah, stew on it. <laughs> he was good at that stuff. That's big James and and I think he he saw what I was capable of. It's just like I I didn't believe in myself fully, but um. <laughs> so that helps. So that helps. <laughs> <laughs> tell him <laughs> tell him if he's never going to make it. Constructive criticism, people. <laughs> if there's fired. not enough of it today. Yeah, amen. Yeah, but we still joke about it all today. And um, but yeah, it. Uh, it was good. James was James was mentally tough. He was good at um, 
he was good in a sense of just not letting the little stuff get to him. You know, I, I, I really like, I would overthink things. He's like, dude, you stress too much. You, you know, he just was calm and he didn't ride one day. I would, I would get all worked up like, dude, we need to go riding. Like, what are we going to do? He's like, dude, let's go play golf. Like, you're fine. <laughs> like, it, it really helped me like, dude, I, I can chill a little bit. Like, yeah. I can relax and enjoy what we have going on here. And mm-hmm. that, that was, that was kind of nice. Yeah. Hmm. That's interesting. Yeah. He's so just a fun guy to be around, too. How was it going up to Ricky's place, that switch? That was good. That was good. I actually, um, you know, knowing Ricky and just, just uh, being, you know, uh, being around him from my early pro career, and um, it was nice. You know, I, I think anybody who would, would go there, you, you just have a level of confidence because it's like, dude, this is where the guy did it. He, he won all of his championships. He spent a lot of time here. Like, this has the tools. It, it wasn't the Taj Mahal, and he even said that, but it had everything you needed to get the job done. And I think I liked Tallahassee, too. It was a little bit different than um, Orlando area. Just it was more more woodsy, kind of more giving me more eastern kind of feel. Balak was back home, got yeah. that fall weather in the, in the, in the wintertime. Way more of those black flies up there. Gnats. Nets. Nets. It was those oh, were bad. Yeah. Those <laughs> were bad up there. But I did I did like it for the for the time and, and it was just nice and you know, um yeah, they, they they you know, just I think between the two James and going now then spending time with Ricky, I, I, I got to see that, you know, that mental that I learned that um that that championship mentality, you mm-hmm. know, that these guys had and what they worried about, what they didn't stress about, and how they went about life. And it's like I tried to apply. I, I was just a sponge. I just tried to pick up on all these things. And so I got to spend a lot of time with Ricky, and he was a good – wasn't like he was trying to be my coach, but he was. He was a good coach. He was a good mentor. He was a good, you mm-hmm. know, training advice. I didn't have a trainer at the time, so, he, you know, he would help me with that stuff. And that Was, was, he, was he training with Alden at that point or Johnny O still? I wasn't training with anyone. And well, who was – Well, this oh. is 09 now. Oh, okay. So he's so, retired. Yeah, so Ricky was retired, and, and he was coming out to the track, and – you know, we were going to the gym together, and it just was like, I don't know. It's like this guy. Uh, I'm at the time. I'm like, this is. I'm like R- this Ricky Carmichael. Yeah. You know, the guy I looked up to, the guy I seen to do it, and like I'm, I'm getting to go to the gym with him, and I'm getting to see firsthand that like it, I, it took all the guesswork out, or eliminated all the doubt that I had. Yeah, for the moment, hmm. till this guy started coming <laughs> on strong. <laughs> um, all right, so 20, 2009, You actually had a, that was a great year for you. Yes. Both, both titles, indoor yep. and out. Yep. And I want to ask you this, too, because uh, you said you won Washougal that year before. That was your first national win. Did Supercross seem to come easier to you? or It kind of did. Yeah. Yeah, I, I don't know why. Just like I, it was newer. You know, you don't ride Supercross your whole life, and all of a sudden it was like I enjoyed both 50-50. I always enjoyed riding each of them, but Supercross seemed to come a little easier to me at, t- at times. Um, well, your that, style is very smooth and calculated, mm-hmm. so yep. that probably played into that. We're nationals. Yeah, so you got to be a little bit more like this jerk and just let it. Yeah, know. and I wasn't. That wasn't steer with yeah. the back end everywhere. Yeah, you you could. Yeah, Villa was good. At, yeah, you were good at just letting that thing kind of dance around. Where I was always like, ah, I'm on the edge. Like I so, but you know, it uh, they they both they both uh, uh, worked hard at it. And yeah, did it, did outdoors come easier to you? Hmm. You were pretty good at Supercross, right? Yeah, but I, mean, I mean, I liked both. Yeah, like, yeah. by the time you're over Supercross, you're ready for outdoors. Yeah, and by the time you're over outdoors, you're ready for Supercross. I I think um, certain techniques in Supercross, like, obviously coming off, like, I rode arena cross, so you're in, it's tight. So you get the tightness of it, but you don't have full-size whoops in those. Yeah. Half the time, they don't know how to build, you know, a quarter of the jumps in the place. Yeah. So, um, 
just a couple of the obstacles, learning the technique on the whoops, you know, and the on-offs when we, we first never seen a jump without a takeoff. You know, you jump onto this flat thing, and now I think they're bigger than they were. But yeah. when I – dude, they were tiny. Burner was riding, and he even struggled with this thing. James didn't, but – when you were carbureted still back then, right? Yeah. In your days. So yeah. now you're jumping onto a tabletop, Boy. hoping it doesn't bog. And well, luckily that, they were pretty good with that. Yeah. Yeah, I hear it. PC. I actually, yeah, I never, thankfully, I never had much problems yeah. with it either. But yeah, it is something you got to think about. But. Did it ever cross your mind, though? Because every carbureted. If it's crossing well, your mind, you're thinking about the wrong thing, Ping. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. You want me to show you all my titles that <laughs> I have? Good. Because <laughs> yeah, that's um, what what was that first championship like? The first one you won. Um, I mean, it, it was, was hard. Was that like a huge monkey off your back? Yes. Though? Yeah. It, I um, I fought a lot of demons. The mind the mind games were hard, and I just remember. And, and another thing that's what James helped me with is just you're going to be tested. You know, when right right when you're the closest to achieving something, and I think a lot of people could speak for this. It's like you, that's when the mind games start to play. That's when the demons come out. That, that's when it's like. I don't know about for you, but like the whole week leading up to like you can seal it that week, it was like so stressful. You do, you you think about it, you try not to think about it, you try to run the scenario, you try to uh. you try to run the whole race in your head, you, and that I will say that was the one thing I didn't realize early on. Like, and I even did it throughout my career. It's like I I I started trying to control things I couldn't control, and when I started doing that, that's when the stress started to come in. So when I could really focus on things that were in my control, and focus on myself and things that I could control, like that eliminated a lot of stress because I just apply myself and execute. Mm -hmm. But it was uh, really nerve-wracking in Seattle or Salt Lake City because um, it was a mudder. And I had nine points, but, like, dude, That's it's, not, it's mud. And, yeah, I'm, yeah. and I'm just, like, I'm on the line. It's like, dude, you got to have faith. you got to believe in yourself. you got to just, just focus on yourself. And the hardest thing is, like, you want the championship. You want to be holding that trophy races two three races before it's even time but it's like you you really just have to let like let go of that as hard as it is and fight that and just like nope and focus on the yeah. here and the now yeah and that's good life advice N yeah never yeah. mind racing like, seriously don't stress about the stuff you can't control yeah because it'll eat you alive my yeah. look with everything politically that's going on in our world right now sometimes i get spun up man yeah. like it's real easy to pull start me and get me going <laughs> in a circle. Yeah, it is. and I gotta go. Okay, well, hold on. Yeah, it is. It is. It's, I can't control that stuff, really. You know, not at this point. Right. Um, you can be prepared, <laughs> and I am. But <laughs> there's nothing I can do. Don't worry about the stuff I can't control. Right. Yeah, it's yeah. just great advice, in general. Yeah. Um, was there? Did you kind of feel like, you know, Suzuki had given you several seasons to this point, and you finally got that championship? It was like, okay. Oh, I've, I've kind of proved like I've 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 earned my spot here finally, right? Yeah, yeah. I, I especially after the '08. I didn't have you know. a. It's hard to say like you had to do it. Like I I I didn't have like a. I didn't focus on it because it's but it's like dude, if you if everybody's no, it's like man, if this guy can't seal the deal now, then like he may never be. And I, and I knew that, but I I remember Ian's like Ryan. Ian Harrison, like, Ryan, we, we got to do it this year, you know? Like, the bosses are, like, really counting on us. And I was like... Oh, no. I was like, I was like you know what? not going to pretend you didn't say that, but I'm just going to go out and do my thing. And But it, it was good because, um, yeah, it was just... It was nice to just get that first one. And then, honestly, everything from there was just, like... It was, it was like... It was bonus. It was like, look, you got that off, and it was, like, a, f a weight lifted off, and then outdoors, you know, um, that was a stressful championship, but we were able to win it. Um, yeah, it was... It was uh, it was nice to just get that first one off because. Do, do you ever have a feeling? It's, I guess this question would be for either of you. Where, you, 
especially after you win Supercross, then an outdoor national title, you're like, okay, I'm a national champion. Like that, that pressure of I need to get my name into the record books is that's off. It's like a layer of pressure that comes off. Or is it like, well, now I got to win a 251. Now, you know, now I need this. Uh, is there always just some the next step that you're? I mean, do you want to speak to that first? Or? It's your show. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I guess I I uh, I always I always thought it'd be cool to yeah if you could be the record books and all these things. But it, like for me, it was never that was never the focus. I always just like every championship that I lined up for, I wanted to win. I wanted to be able to be in contention when it came time to to win. And um, yeah, I just. I, I, I don't know. I, I think watching James and Ricky and those guys and how many champions, McGrath, and, like, I always wanted to be a guy who had a lot of championships, but it was like I knew I was never going to get there thinking about it. I just had to, like, just kinda, you just have to apply stuff one at a time, just, like, one race at a time, one uh-huh. one championship at a time. And, and thankfully, it, it worked out good, but I never – record books were never something I, I, had ne- I had never looked at. I almost – if the, the biggest thing for me, Ricky – Seeing how much he won, every time I would compare myself to that guy, I would get disappointed. And I learned, like, you cannot compare yourself to that guy because he, one, he's, you know, he's 10 years into his career. He's done. He's retired. You're at number three. And you're always going to be disappointed when you look to somebody who maybe did it better or had has more achievements than you. It's like I, I learned, like, I got to stop doing that. Yeah. I wanted to be there, but I was like, you got to realize where you're at, too. Yeah. Did you ever have – what was your feeling of that when you'd win one where you're like, okay, I got that? Or was it just – you win one, now there's a new goal, and it's, the pressure's still there. Yeah, I mean, I think you you ch- you, you check the box, um, but then you know you're you can live in the moment for only for so short. That's a problem with our sport, you know, and I and maybe other sports, but I can only speak for ours. Is you you check that box, you fucking party till the sun comes up in Vegas, uh, or you know, or you know wherever you're at, and then literally Monday rolls around, <laughs> and you're yeah. you're like, okay, yeah, you got. Okay, well, you know, if we're gonna do a vacation, it's small, it's short, it's you know, maybe two weeks, and you're and you're right back in, you know, yeah. right back in the seat of it, you know, and and this is the bad part, maybe that the, that I that I how I thought was is I always looked at each one of those things as is is wins and championships is is you know it's more money, you know, like more money that I can put away that I then I can retire, you know, like and that's maybe the wrong way of of thinking, but that was a motivator. Your- Sorry to to you know. Your, your 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 future and your family. You like this is the t- opportunity of your life. To, this is to, all we have. We you know? invested your whole life to this point to, and yeah, you can make good money, but yeah, it's like you know, it's, there's no guarantees after this. I use the money as a as a motivator yeah. for me. Like you know, race wins. You know, it's huge yeah. money on you know when yeah. you're in the 450 class. Um, same with the lights class. You know, being 19, 20 years old, and in the championships, manufacturers pay huge bonus money for that. So. I use that as as you know, uh, every, each race and each champ, each series, each championship is you know that you know you don't initially start off thinking like that. You just take it race by race. Well, and whatever motivates you, whatever keeps but, whatever whatever the carrot is. What was it for you? Was it just you wanted to win? Yeah, it, it changed over time. Um, think new think new things motivate me. Like 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 I told you, coming out of my amateur, you know, what the amateur career, what it was like to get to that point, that motivated me. Um, you know, to to um, to be able to use the gift you'd be getting to the fullest, that motivated me to to be, you know, later on my later on in my career. After you know, I think sometimes when after I won in 2010, that uh, you know, after we'd won the Supercross and Motocross, it was like that was the the biggest championships you can win in our sport. I was like, well, I I, I like I didn't I was so mind screwed. I like 
yeah, I want to, but I, I had no motivation. I didn't, I was like, what am, what am I doing? Like, what's the purpose now in all this, you know, if, what to just do it again? And, and that's where Eldon really helped come in and remind me that like, dude, you, 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 life's bigger than this dirt bike track. And the, the, you know, you get to be a, you know, that you could be that face of the sport that could influence kids, that could change their lives, that that can, you know, uh, be you know, you know, things like that. That more than just st- not don't look so just yeah, at mo- the racetrack and your results. More profound goals. Yeah, what yeah. you can do, like you know, what are you gonna do with, you know, you're gonna use it all and spend it all on yourself. Or you're gonna do good things with it. Are you gonna you know support other charities? You're gonna help other organizations. What what are you gonna do? You know, and mm-hmm. so I think that was a, that was a driving key at the end, but. I, w- I will say the one thing that I was so blown away, you, you spend your whole life waiting for that moment, that championship moment, and it, it's so short-lived. It's awesome to have. You have it forever, but like it's like on to the next. That, that feeling, it's like, and I can, only, huh? I can only relate to a race, race wins, but I imagine and I watch sim- guys winning that championship, and it's like you just want to explode. You're so yes. relieved and excited and but like to your point, by at least by the sunrise the next day, you're like, all right, well, back to work. It is. It is. You're like, really? Like, like. But that, I guess yeah. every sport's yeah. that way, and yeah. every job promotion's that way. They go back and. I don't know, dude. The NBA they take like wow. several months off, and those guys go to wherever they go. And I know. Probably just same with full G- same with GPs. I mean, they yeah. have four months off. Yeah. Yeah, I think it was always a good reminder that it's. Uh, it's not everything in life. It's important yeah. at the time, but it, it isn't everything either. It's yeah. interesting what motivates different guys. Like when we had Ricky on the show, and I would have never guessed this in a million years, he goes, the thing that motivated me to win wasn't because I wanted to win. Because I always thought, you just have this this heart, and you just want to win so badly. He goes, no, dude, I was terrified of losing. Yeah. He goes, I, every week I'd come home, and, and he goes, I, they're going to they, they're gonna see what, they're going to figure it out, man. They're coming for me this weekend. <laughs> And it, and it was like he, his fear of losing drove him, yeah. which I thought was insane. I'm like, how how are you, you know? Anyway. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I mean, as a racer, it's like I I can't handle getting beat. But at the same, you know, some guys, they, they beat you, but it's like I didn't want to get beat. And it's hard to accept that sometimes. That just seems like such a negative approach to come at it, <laughs> like fear, <laughs> you know. But whatever works, it obviously worked for him. Yeah, he, he did, did a good job. Um. So you did, if I remember right, didn't you do, while you were a 250 guy, and I've got it in here somewhere, but you did some 250, sorry, you were a 250F guy, but you did some 450 races. That was in, uh, that was in 08. So that, that was uh, uh, right after we ended the West Coast. You know, I lost the champ- championship points lead to Lawrence. Um, I think the best thing was just I didn't want to sit still. I wanted to keep t- going. But So they offered up, hey, you want to ride the race the 450? And, well, let's see how you look on it first. Did a test day. Like, man, Which is Pretty surprising. I know. I, 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 Ricky actually at the time. You know, like you'd never see that today. No, James and James and Ricky, not, uh, Johnny O and Ricky were actually like, hey, I don't think you should do it just because if you don't do good, that could really impact your 450 contract when you do want to go 450s. They're going to all see that, which at the time I was young and just I didn't listen much, but, um, so I did it. I ended up doing. We did. We did a test day just to see. Hey, how do you look? And I was like, I, I always felt like the 450 suited me better. Even as an amateur, I like the power. I like the torque. I'm just a relaxed guy. I don't work the bike as much. I could let the the bike do more a lot of the work. And so when we went out to the track and and uh, did a day of test, you know, just rode and it was like, man, the lap times are good, faster than the 250, and and everything everything was on point. So we we decided we're going to do. We didn't really have an end goal as far as like you know, I was going to start at Indianapolis. 
uh, and go, you know, got to, you know, we're just going to go from there. And so the first one, we, I got fourth at Indianapolis, which was like, I, I kind of blew me away, which, which again, reminded, it was like, this was all like rebuilding my confidence, you know, because of what happened in the two fifties. And then, uh, Daytona, that was just a, you remember that just mud, like unbelievable. Yeah. Like no other. So that was just a, that was like a 10th or I don't know what I got there, but then we went to Minneapolis. Um, and that was cool. Cause I had just signed with Target at the time, which was like, that was, uh, you know, why they'd want me. I don't know. But like, I was like pumped to just be on Target, hometown race. We get to launch the, the partnership there, get to ride the 450. And I'd never raced in front of my hometown before, aside from the KTM Junior Challenge. So I was like, this is, this is incredible. So I got second that night, which was just like unbelievable. So I was like, all right, I'm going to end it on a high note here. They wanted me to go to Detroit. I'm like, no, I'm good. <laughs> I just, yeah. so the, I did do three, which, which was good for me. I'm really, I'm, I'm glad I did it. You came in to do three and get a fourth and a second. Like that's I was <laughs> talk about now you did yourself some well, real good for next year. Mentally, right? You know, I'm lining up against like Chad. I mean, it's like 250 to 450. You know, like I was Jeez. so nervous on that line. That four, <laughs> so when I came back down to the 250 level, I was like, man, this feels like nothing compared to this. Yeah. So that that was that was kind of nice. Yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> Were you? I mean, the second had to feel like oh, it was like a win. Who it was won win. that night, Chad? Josh Hill. Oh, Josh. Yeah. Yeah, jo uh, Chad was he was under the weather that night and he fell, but uh, yeah, it was unexpected. But I was like, hey, I'll take it. Is under the weather code for he was hungover? I'm just curious. <laughs> <laughs> um, maybe I just figured maybe you know I don't know. <laughs> I tried not to do that. Yeah, I know back then. Oh yeah, then uh, yeah. Okay, so 2010. Um, was there any? discussion about moving up or you were you kind of already that was already in the works yeah so um i always uh three years like i th i think we all felt three years was going to be solid granted i could get these championships but um the plan was to go to the 450s in 2010 okay and that's uh that was always the that was always the the goal and then those one-off races pretty much verified that was yeah you're ready yeah kind of and that was nice because honestly it 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 did help going into 2010 because it, it didn't feel so foreign to me. Yeah. You know, sitting on the line with, you know, you, James. Um, gosh, there was Chad and um, Kato. Yeah, there's yeah, a lot. Yeah, I mean, it was like, it was a stacked field. And so I felt a little bit better sitting at Anaheim 1 on the gate. Yeah, it's interesting because guys used to do this a lot. I actually did some East Coast rounds yeah. on a 250 with Mitch when I rode for him. Oh. First year. Like, <laughs> They just throw you in. Oh, really? you want to raise? Yeah, come on, let's do it. That's awesome. Um, but the, you don't see it a whole lot anymore. No. You think it's, yeah. I mean. Maybe trying to protect the, I don't know. Yeah, because Wyndham did it, right? Uh, you did it, did it. And McGrath, I think, he said he did it yep. as well. And yep. I yeah. could go poorly for most of the guys. I, 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 don't, I, I don't think I could have done it. It's probably different today, That's too. what I was say. You think it's different now because. I do, but I don't think I could have done it yeah. for whatever reason. Yeah. Huh. It's interesting. I just, you know, there's definitely different schools of thought. Um, so that Supercross season, I guess before we get to the end of that, we got to talk about St. Louis. Uh, this was a great race. So I, I, I told you yesterday I spent a bunch of time watching old videos, you know, YouTube prepping for this. And I, and I came across St. Louis, and, man, a couple things stuck out. First of all, your pass. Did you guys ever talk about the pass? I don't think we've ever, ever talked about it. It was aggressive. No. It was aggressive. I was tired. <laughs> I was <laughs> fucking so tired. Dude, I, I was... I, it was I, 10 I, I at the halfway say, point, right? Yeah, I was... When I picked my bike up, I thought, like, 
dude, this guy's an animal. Like, I don't know how long I can, ha- I don't know how much longer I can hang and on the back of him. And he was way better than I was. Like, fitness. I was going to like blow up and before like I let him go and I just like, I remember my heart rate was so high. Well, track was sketchy. It was super rutted and sticky and it you was, had to be yeah, on yeah. and you guys were flat out pinning it. So yeah, you just run it in hot. I just you went in hot. <laughs> too far behind. <laughs> you know, I was never really that good at it. But I, I understood, like I was like, I never looked back like, what a prick. You the know, opportunity was, like, was there. I was like, you know what, dude, this is like, we're both going for like our first 450 chant. Like, like it, it's like the pressure's on. Like I understood it. I did understand it. Why? But then when he was on, when I was on top of him, I was like, I'm just going to stand <laughs> on this bike. Like you do something. I like, didn't <laughs> notice that. And I thought, well, could he have not stood on it? I'm like, where would you stand? Right. You didn't have any other place to go. Cause I was, I was analyzing going, is, is he being a dick? No, he really has no other place to stand. Yeah. Well, and then you tried to, for him to pick you his tried to dump up. the clutch and just take off, and it s- caught his wheel. It it almost caught his wheel, and I almost went down. Like I like when I rode away from that, I thought I don't know how my bar straightened out, but that that worked out good. Yeah. That's hilarious. So now a little sidebar: when you have somebody do you dirty, whether not, I'm not talking about even just this pass, but any pass that's like you go down or you think it was questionable, are you mad right away, or do you wait and go let me let me watch that on the tape? And, and before I get really hot. Oh, I mean, I, I would, I mean, you're mad right away, you're but right. I don't, if that would have been vice versa, I don't know if I would have had enough steam to like <laughs> retaliate. Like I, literally I, I was yeah, really tired. Uh, we yeah. had 10 minutes or well, not minutes, but 10 laps left. I, I, w- I think my, my, that after that, I was just like, dude, I, I'm going to, I'm going to pass this guy and I'm going to beat him. Like, I, I was my motivation like behind Bill was like I'm gonna clean them up. I I literally I don't know how to take out people, yeah. so I don't yeah, even want to try. I, that's why it ended up the way it ended up because I wasn't <laughs> good at it either. <laughs> I, I was like I don't even know what I would do. I, I'm just the best thing I could do is pass them and win. Like I, I yeah. yeah. So well, you both were very clean racers. I mean th- yeah. We, so to your point, yeah, a, yeah, yeah, that's funny. We always yeah we had a every time we battled if any if when we did it was it was clean and. So you get up, you're right in front of him. You passed him back, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. He passed me back. Okay. So you're vapored. And this is what I was going to ask. Do you think, because you guys were down for a while, you know, like getting your bikes up, and I just know heart rate's going through the roof. You're already, I don't know where you're at, high. So you get up and you got to sprint. You're right on each other again. Did that? Do you think have something to do with your crash? Like you were. Oh, just I, I mean, I'm sure, hundred yeah. percent. If I would have been, if I would have been fit, um, yeah, yeah. you know, clear uh, thinking clearly, I, yeah, I don't think I would have fell. Well, to your to to Villa's credit, though, that that jump. Oh. If, if I was, if it was years later, I think walking the track, I I would have said something right away. But being that young and then like that, that was a gnarly. The way you hit that lip down here, and it made no sense. There was no like landing. Yeah. It was like you were flat landing it every time. And yeah, it was like a big five, that big five footer or whatever, you know, like you didn't was, even touch the backside. You couldn't you couldn't yeah. even clip it. You knew you in it was so sketchy. Yeah. So it just was a yeah. So when you went by and saw him, what were you thinking? Well Did you I mean, you were like, Oh man, he's hurt or Well he didn't go by, he was in the fucking air right behind me. Well he just But he saw your bike, bike doing this. He just missed my bike. Yeah. No, I I don't I don't mean to laugh about it because at the time I thought I didn't think it was as 
um, gnarly. I, I thought for sure Villa was going to be back on the line the next. Yeah, on the, the podium, he said, I hope he's all right. You know, yep. I don't want to win that yeah, way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, no, I, I thought for sure, like, he's going to be on the line next week. we got to stay focused. Um, but but then that that in the airport the next morning, that's when I, I heard it was the, the extent of his injury. And I was, yeah, it was, yeah. yeah. I don't know. It's, it's you know, it, it was mixed emotions because Gossler, you know, at the time we, you know, technically, the, the, you know, if you weren't going to race anymore, we, we have the championship. Yeah. But it was like. Everybody's like, congratulations. I'm like, well, it's not done. And the way it worked, and I feel, you know, I feel bad for Villo. And it's just like, it just was so, it's not how I would, would it, like, I was way more satisfied with the 15 championship win than I was 10. 10 was like, I won it, but I, you won it. We won it. Great. But it's like, I don't know, just, just how it all went down yeah. wasn't. Probably doesn't have as much uh, satisfaction or meaning to it, it nice, for you. Yeah, it was nice. Yeah. yeah, it was nice to have it. It was like a, a big a, achievement, but it was also just, it was, um, yeah, just. Do you ever, either you guys, you ever see somebody crash like that and get hurt, or w once you found out he was hurt, like it was pretty bad, you ever go get kind of spooked, like, ooh. Well, know? yeah, I, I guess. When we talk about doubt creeping in, like for me, especially later in my career, that always happened. Yeah, like I'd start to, if I'd see somebody get jacked up, like. I think it was, it was Button or Ernie or any of these guys, I was like, man, these are, these guys are good and they got hurt, you know, like dang. Well, it's always it's always more dangerous to be out there riding in fear. It's if you're out there and you're riding in fear that you're there's more likely chances something happen and then if you're out there in the zone, you know, you're you're in the moment, you're you're you know, you're able to that ascent steps out and the whoops, you're 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 on top of it, you're with it. If you're if you're thinking about that stuff, you're not in the you're, present, you're not 100% in yeah. the moment. So mm -hmm. that that's always more dangerous. So I will say that, but it was always a it was always a reminder that it can be taken away from you like mm -hmm. like that, and so you never. You, if anything, it was it was a very humbling moment mm -hmm. for for me too. Mm. Um, yeah. right. was, that was heavy. It was a it was yeah it was heavy, but yeah, glad you're all right from it. That was your worst one, huh? Probably bone wise, yeah. yeah, yeah. I guess injury, yeah, injury total, yeah. Yeah, it's pretty ugly. That whole good thing is just bones. They put yeah. them back together, you know, like. I, that that doesn't give me any pain now. It's more just like you know I got to go to get my knee down again. You know, so like that's four times. You know, so bones are easy. I think as long as they're knees, not knees destroyed. Are yeah. Or you know, just ligaments. Ligaments are a lot yeah. harder to deal with. I feel like. Mm -hmm. How did you get through your whole career so clean, man? <laughs> I, you, don't, you, I don't. Have did you even hurt anything yeah. ever? Oh well, your neck the one one year. Yeah, yeah. I, I was. Yeah, really. For, I, one of the biggest. Hey, pull, pull your uh, mic up just a touch, yeah. sir. Sorry. Sorry, guys. Drinking water. <laughs> um. Yeah, I was thankful that think uh, I didn't have any knee injuries. That was something I uh, never. But um, but I did have that neck injury. That that spooked me a little bit. And um, yeah, that that was a that was tough. That was tough to overcome. I will say that that was that was a lot to deal with there. And just I think I was more towards the tail end of my career too. And so I was trying to debate whether to retire. And then you have this this now, and it's just like there was a lot coming at me at once. And I knew I was towards the tail end. It was it was going to be done soon. But um, was was it a spinous process that broke, or what did you fracture? No, I cracked the my C six. Oh, okay. So yeah. It was, so anyway, yeah. I mean, it was it was painful, and and you know, hey, I, I crashed, got up, I did finish the moto. Yeah, I saw. I watched and, that race. And too. I, I just remember, like every time I'd look over, there was just like this resistance, like like it didn't want it was in, something was inflamed. It didn't want me to like do that, and so, but that next morning it was just a sharp pain. But, you know, I thank God that, you know, healthy, um, for sure every day, and um, just. You know, it's a it's a tough sport at times. You know, yeah. and and I and I really you know fortunate that that I could you know walk away. And so you considered after that year after that injury just calling it? Yeah, I I actually I, I actually 
and I've said this multiple times, but going into 17, I actually was going to retire before that. Mm -hmm. I sat down with Eldon, and it was just like two weeks before the opener. I was like, I'm, I'm, I'm done. I just thought I just two weeks before. Yeah, I just I did all the training, the program, everything. I just was, I was just mentally fighting myself, and I and I mentally fought myself the rest of that season. I, I think that was the biggest enemy for me that in 17, and and I think that's probably for anybody. You know, it's like, um, you know, when when it, I don't know. It's just like. When it was time, it was getting to be time, and I don't know if you felt that way. It's just like it was getting towards, like, I think you just start asking yourself, like, especially after the neck injury, like, yeah, like, what? Is the is is, the is, 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 risk not, versus reward anymore? Yeah, risk versus reward, and I knew that I want. <laughs> I kind of knew it was about the money when I wanted to sign again, and it was only, because, like, what, for more money? You know, it's like I couldn't do it because the money, because at the end of the day, it's going to be your butt on that line, and you got to – you know, face that situation. If you're not going to do it confidently and a hundred percent with a committed attitude, then don't, don't do it. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I mean, like you gonna four, well, whenever I, what, 14, yeah. I moved, I did, I did, um, boot camp. you know, Florida. And then at that point I was just, I was so over it. I, I did all supercross from out here. You did. Yep. 14. Yeah. So, um, Eldon was Florida cause that's obviously where his family was. And we just did program over, over the phone and, you know, internet yeah. and whatever else. But I did all my, all my, um, stuff from here. Um, just cause you just get variety mentally. I was just, I was fried. Um, you know, it's, it's the same, you know, you're really, you know, we were married, but I was probably, I seen Eldon spent more time with Eldon than I did with my wife, you know, like literally that's, it was seven thirty in the morning. We would meet each other on road bikes and then we wouldn't leave each other till like five, you know, four o'clock in the afternoon. Yeah. Um, you know, but you know, just everything, just being so cooked from both ends and just over it. Like I personally think, um, that our sport does the worst job at preserving their athletes to become household names. Um, Ricky retired early. I retired early. Dunge retired early. Um, in early in the sense of we weren't not, we were still winning. We still, it wasn't that we didn't like the riding or the racing part of it, but there's got to be a way to, to keep us in there longer, you okay. know, um, unless you just want, unless you just say, Hey, I'm out and I'm done. And I'm, I'm good with that. But, um, I don't think it was necessarily that it's just, you know, you're, you're burning the candle from both ends and pretty soon it, it, there's nothing else to burn. Yeah. That doesn't mean you didn't want to, you know, keep going. Do you think Supercross only is an option, or do you lose so much over the summer? That I think it's you lose. I think you lose too much. Yeah. Um. I still enjoyed racing outdoors. I felt. I, I did feel after I was gone the 16 outdoor season that, like I I, I that prep that you that fitness you get from the race out. stuff. It's yeah, the race. You know, the being racing. I felt that I was behind a little bit, and especially in 17, like it's just like my race craft wasn't mm -hmm. as great. Yeah, there's no replacement for racing, but right. Yeah, and I don't want to say that too because Eli, Eli rode really. He, I, he came on. He was, he was on fire. That so I definitely I want to make sure that's clear. Like, yeah, it wasn't because no. I was riding. He was, he was on fire. Yeah. Um. All right. Well, backing up a little bit here. Um. 2011. Um. Second in motocross, third in supercross. Mm -hmm. Was it different running that number one plate? Did that come with a lot of pressure and weight or yeah i just i honestly um you know um i don't know how to you know i just i i i, I don't want to it's not a, not an excuse i just was lacking motivation uh i you know i honestly going into 2011 it's like and i don't know if you felt like this but I mean, maybe you didn't but 
just like what I question it's like what what am I doing like why did why to do it again and I didn't have that answer and and I even aside from that I was hungry to win for sure and I and I felt like I was I, I was capable of winning and, and winning the championship I will say that I did not expect Villo to be as good as he was especially right off the gate like when he came out and won the season opener and beat me by a good chunk um that was that was a surprise I was like wow I got the rest of the field pretty good but like Villo, you 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 actually for what you had to go through and what you came back to and the the level you were at, I, I that 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 was uh that was a higher level than than I was used to running at. Yeah. Mm. And that was so a, that, you, that you, was tough. You were feeling good, huh? Like you came back and were better. That's you felt better on the bike. Just had hired Eldon, I think. Yeah. Um, you know I, that off season, um, <laughs> I can remember Eldon. He's, you know, he's just like, man, what am I gonna do with this guy? My back's all screwed up because I'd been like sitting in the lane for the long for the longest time, and didn't he lip, make you do a physical assessment around. to even y- see? If yeah, you, you know, there. like oh, how's his footwork? You know, like, um, but we just went. You know, I'd rented a place in Florida and just started started grinding away. Um, you know, but I'd I already done what a season ahead of you or two seasons started. Tar started too, so that was my third. Mm. Yeah, you know, so. Hmm. I think the hard thing I had was to swallow Eldon. I think I had the opportunity to work with Eldon before you did. Oh, really? Yeah, and I and I said no because it was it was expensive. You know, yeah. I was like, well, I did it on this bunch, and now I'm gonna pay this much. Like, ah, I don't. And that was a big no, no. But that should have, could have, would have talked. But yeah. So you both worked with Eldon. I'm curious. Obviously, his his program works. Mm-hmm. Uh, like we talked about going to the gate, knowing you've done everything right. You've done it a hundred percent right. That's that's that peace of mind that that he gives you, mm-hmm. but he also, man, he runs you guys at the red line. You know, uh, we were talking about uh, Malcolm Stewart's going to be down there this year, and we're interested to see how skinny he shows up at A one, right? Like lean and fit. If so he, if he does, you know, the if day he does the, the program, out. is that is it better to burn bright and burn hotter and burn out quicker, or is there a happy medium? Is is there? I mean, what would you say about that? Because I don't know, you can't argue with all the championships. I don't know either. It's a, it's a hard question because it's such a short career in itself, you know. But I'd rather go short and hard than. I mean, I feel like he's training us for what is ahead. Per se, you know, per, for the Supercross and Motocross. So, if he's if that's in it, it and look, I I think it's changed since we were there because we were all soul we were soul guys, you know, like you know you paid him. You know, you were like the soul. I was the soul. We had Jake and you know a few other little yeah, yeah. guys that were just there. But but I was, the you main, know, I paid him to guy. be the main guy. You paid him to be the main guy. So now I think the whole the business model and and everything has changed. Now, um, you know, how that affects that, I I I can't answer on what he does yeah. now. But from what I did, and you know, it wasn't it went from me straight to him. Um, I think that we were the best we could be. Then yeah, burning the candle on both ends. But he's, we're burning it because of what we're racing. Mm-hmm. Supercross, seventeen rounds. Motocross, twelve. Uh, MXON, uh, Monster Cup. You know, there's all we're. Tr- he's training us to race those at the best. Yeah. So, uh, it's you his know. job. Yeah. yeah, and, yeah. and it is a high level. But I will say, like the the program was a like, it's it's consistent. There's a lot during the week going on. But like I also felt like at in the prime of it, like I was like it was like on point when it came to race, like my feel, the the way I felt, the way I felt with my bike, it was just like, I felt in tune 
because you put in all that work consistently, three days a week during the week, race day on Saturday. And I don't know about you, like I never felt like, oh my God, I'm I'm tired. I mentally, yes, that's why I was why I checked out. Mm-hmm. Mentally, I was tired, but like physically, like like getting like, oh, I'm just I'm run down. Like I never felt like that, you yeah. know. Like, and he had his diet t- dietary restrictions and this and that. But later on in my career like you know year two year three i would uh, you know year one you come to him like he always says i get everybody banged up broken and at the bottom of the barrel you know so they listen like like nobody's business you know they do everything to the t and then as things go on and you start you know maybe you start winning or you know we started winning um you know you then you start to stray a little bit but i think that's that's par for the course and good because there's second year third year i'd be like i'd go into orlando and eat pasta and have two glasses of wine on a Wednesday, you know, mm-hmm. I wouldn't get hammered, but I'd, a glass I wish of I wine, knew that, you know, like <laughs> I would have joined you, yeah. Man. <laughs> you know, like, and, and, a, and pasta was kind of like off the, you know, yeah. or, a, or a steak, you know, like yeah. I, you know, like red meat, you know, whatever chicken fish is, you know, no cheese. So I would start to do that, pick a day to do that on, you know, and I think that mentally helped me, but also maybe, maybe even feel even a little bit better, you know, just getting a little bit of that, Call it junk food, you know? Yeah. Yeah. So he was no carbs, no dairy, oh, no, no red meat? No, no, there was carbs. It just, uh, it was like no table no, no bread. Pasta. No okay. table bread. Like, y- you wouldn't go and eat table bread yeah, at dinner. Like your um, Outback Steakhouse. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Or like, what's you're the not point getting, of going if you're not, I can't eat that? You're not getting chicken Alfredo, you know, right. as your meal. Yeah, right, you know, right, it's right. a salad and it's, you know. And if you did, he'd be looking at you like, <laughs> it's good food. Up. You know, it's, it's yeah. you know, chicken, fish, you know, with with mashed potatoes, you know, or like with vegetables, you know. Okay. Yeah, it's clean. He's just man. You guys are turning so many calories. Yeah, with what he had you doing. I mean, just the stuff I've seen, and as I understand it, I I mean, I honestly felt pretty good. I yeah. I, yeah. I, I just think we're tougher than the yeah. yeah. Guys so you're probably today's right. world. <laughs> you're probably right. Yeah, you're probably right. Yeah, no, it was it was good, and I guess just to add, like, you know, maybe for somebody who who is there with him and they still have that motivation to get that first title, like there's still that. I think after we had done it a couple times and you're keeping doing it. I think that's, and you, every time you go to the gate and every time er, there's, you put, you kind of put that pressure on yourself and that's kind of what you're t- like that burning that candle, right? Like mm-hmm. you're burning the candle on both ends pretty fast too. Well, we're, we're going to talk about that stress uh, here when we get down later in the, in your career here. I want to talk about 2011 Steel City. Uh, this was another race I watched. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Dude, you led that whole moto. I know. I know. And one little bobble, literally the last turn, and he squeaks by you. I got so confused with this lapper right ahead of me. I was like, what, what's he going to do? He's going to go the inside. I got to go in the – so I I just kind of – I just got to go here. And I had to, like – Look at RV smiling. Look I, at his little – I will <laughs> say, we, it was just the boys that was, hey, let's watch something that you were in, you know, so YouTube. And then that was one of the ones that it was on. Yeah, Daddy. <laughs> <laughs> no, but I, I, had, I wanted to – Keep it going down to Paula because it was somewhat close. I mean, you had double digits, but it was like I can't. I, gotta I think keep it was eleven, right? Eleven. It was, yeah. So I was like, if I can get it down to single digits, you know, going in by the Paula. But dude, I I I spent all my energy that first moto. You did. I did. I did. And even if I would have won, uh, I might have gained those points. But I I my tank was so empty for second moto. Like you were like, yeah, you just were on another level, and you were fit, you were strong, and that I, year was good for you. you yeah, were, you were like. I just yeah. couldn't, yeah. I couldn't, I couldn't like hang with that pace. Even, even the first moto, I probably could, it's probably safe to say I was kind of holding you up 
from you getting behind. You know, we were going probably close, but like I I knew I was just kind of keeping him behind me. You know, yeah. and he he was probably the fa- m- yeah the faster one. That, that was that a tough day. track. One line, you know. Yeah. All the lines come. Steel City is you know yeah. a lot of, yeah. bit off cambers. It's hard clay, as a rock. Hard too. and slick clay, underneath the you know, Um Yeah, I can remember that race. Just eating roost for thirty minutes. You yeah. know, that had to hurt. Yeah. Um, hmm. I just yeah coming down to that turn. I was uh, you know, that was the first motor, right? Yeah, and then the first second motor, one you whole yeah. you whole shouted. Yeah, he, pretty probably. I mean, I don't know, but right you know there was that option line, and for me, I had I had really nothing to lose, right? I I was already you know I was either gonna lose or I was gonna something was gonna happen, right, you know, right, like right. yeah, lapper. I went outside you and then slide I was like, out I'm like, okay, where's he gonna go in the next the last turn? Is he gonna pick inside or outside? So I, wherever he's going, I'm going opposite. Um, you know, so I just ended up going outside, you know, um, you know, looking at it, lapper in the way or, or did you p- try to pop out, you know, and come in, come yeah, into the I, lane? I don't, it looked like you kind of cross rutted or something slid. And well, I, was he trying yeah. to pop out and get, a, get, yeah, I heard you coming the on the outside. So I thought, dude, I got to pinch this guy off. <laughs> and for a brief second, I was like, I should have went harder that way. Cause we would have collided at least or something, but no, no you, it, was a, you, it was a tough race, you know, yeah. like for for both. I think after yeah. that, I think like mentally, like the chant, like mentally, you had you had it covered the rest of the. Yeah. That's a hard situation for both of you, holding the guy off who's maybe just a tick faster. That's difficult. Yeah, I mean, for sure, by, eating by far, roost for thirty-five minutes. I would rather sit in second for thirty than lead for thirty and have somebody on me. Yeah, yeah, you yeah. know, that's exhausting. At least yeah. as a follower, like you, you can't, can relax a little how, more. How, how, I can't get away. I'm doing everything I can, but and I'm just watching. See, I always, I always looked at like leading. If somebody was like putting them, unless you were like it's like championship on the line, I just thought like, dude, I, if I'm gonna hold this guy up as long as he can, if he gets by me, he gets by me because he's faster that day. But I always looked at like if I was, I'd rather be in the leading position. Hmm. Yeah, it's hard to eat 450 roost for that because I don't want to eat. Yeah, it hurts. It hurt, dude, especially you, there. See, I he would. He'd take the same line almost every single time. So I could get out of it. You know, like mm. that's one thing. He would work on a line and make even if he if it struggled or whatever, but he would work it till it was till it was he was fast. He made it. it work. Yeah. yeah, and like for me, I'd try one if it was shitty or if I like it couldn't make it work that one time, I'd move to another one. Yeah. I'd move to another one all the time. I was yeah. you know, and sometimes it was way outside and that probably wasn't wasn't the fastest, but you tried it. I tried it. Yeah. <laughs> Well, I just thought that was an interesting race, and I wondered how. Like, so you were just popped afterwards, but like, I did, was. did they say what? Did you, what was the talk in, in the pits after? Oh, I I don't know. I mean, I think everybody was like. I mean, in your team, I'm talking. Oh, about. yeah, it was just kind of a blow. I think I didn't really pay attention to that honestly. I think I think like I just I knew how important those points were at this point, and I knew that like, and not to mention. Okay, yeah, you lead, you hold this guy off for thirty-four minutes and five, whatever seconds, <laughs> and like the like the last yeah. twenty feet. Like, I think anybody who leads a whole race and loses it in the last turn, he is led like, for four seconds. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's like they just were the best four I mean, seconds. It's right? like that. That in itself is like what a blow. All that effort and energy. I, I was like, <sighs> oh man. Yeah. <laughs> I don't mean to bring up bad memories. No, it just, I watched I it yesterday. It, I was yeah. like, I think, oh man, he got him right there. Yeah, it's fun. Um. You had a couple of interesting partnerships, one with Target that you talked about, and then another one with Nike Boots, which, 
It was the weirdest thing to me, that whole thing. <laughs> yeah. yeah. It was fun. How did, the tar- how did they both come to be? Tell, tell me about Target first. So Target came about, um, they were looking to expand their action sports program side of things. They had Sean White. You know, that, that was kind of the main guy. Uh, they went into skiing. They went into skateboarding and all that, and motocross was one of them. Uh, was there a guy at Target that yeah, was Troy, into Yeah, Troy Michaels. Well, he over, Troy Michaels was his name. He oversaw the whole action sports side okay. of things. And so was I, he a moto guy? Like, he knew moto? or he? Uh, I don't think he knew, knew it, but he was aware of it. Okay. Um, so he started asking around within the industry, um, and so my name got kind of put in the hat. I had no idea it was coming. I didn't know. It just kind of popped out of nowhere, which which was pretty cool for sure. Um, but, yeah, they, they said they're looking to get a moto. We, we, we'd like to, you know, possibly talk to you so that's what we did we, we actually went down to tampa uh met met with uh devin o'brien his name was at the time and he he um uh, we talked with him we we just you know it was off season at this point and going into um geez it might have might have been uh yeah it was off season and um yeah just so anyway we chatted everything was good and we did a three-year deal and um it wasn't like a crazy amount of money or anything like that it was just a I mean, I felt more proud to be able to wear the, the, the Target logo. Yeah. It, it just really came out of nowhere. And actually, it's funny because my mom, it, it was so crazy because my mom worked at Hayworth Marketing and Media, and they do a lot of the uh, marketing and media for Target. So they, they were in a meeting at one time in downtown Minneapolis, and uh, and this gal comes up to my mom, and she's like, hey, do you know that you know they're looking at your son to possibly sponsor him? My mom was like, what? You know, oh, so it was kind of like I thought she floated your name in a meeting. Hey, no. there's uh, this kid named Ryan who does no, really good dirt no, bike racing. No. It was was it like, <laughs> yeah. So it was just totally random, but it was yeah. It was just funny how yeah one of those. You know. Well, it was cool because at the time we didn't have a lot of outside the, you know, big corporate outside the industry sponsors. Yeah. So neat just to have them involved. It was they they really the cool thing with they really invested into my program whether it was training uh, like for the outdoors they 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 set they rented a set up a bus wrapped it so I you know. I think you know how nice that was. Like you don't have to wake up at 5 a.m. to get to the track. You can sleep till 6:45 and get some extra. And just having that, yeah. having that space at the track was nice. And and in the years prior, the motorhome and so they provided all that and um, and more. Yeah. So yeah. it was it was it was really well, cool sponsor. And to have something outside, like you said, outside the industry, yeah. everybody's this. You know, we're pulling from the same pool yeah. of, of we're fish. All, we're all every fishing every out of the same every hole, Every single right? time, yeah. you know. So it's 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 good to have something outside. And look different. Yeah, yeah, and maybe some other companies go, hey, what's Target doing over here? Mm-hmm. That's, you yeah. know, yeah. that's what you hope. Yeah, it, it, I felt really proud to, to be able to. Well, it was a great fit being from there. I mean, that's yeah, their home that, base, right? Yes, yeah. So that was cool. Like Minnesota, the Minnesota Connection, and then in 2008, Minneapolis. So it was. So what about Nike? How did that, and who's your agent? Gardia? Yeah, Tony Gardia. Yeah. yeah. So um, how did that thing come about? I, It's still so confusing to me why they would spend the money to develop that mm-hmm. boot pay top top guys to race with it yeah. with no intention of ever selling it well, then going away i don't know if, yeah i don't know if i i i think they're i don't fully want to say i thought there was some intention that they were going to bring it to market that okay. that kind of was early talks but i don't really know those full full details um i was with nike 6.0 which is another kind of action sport segment mm-hmm. off ba- you know branched off nike and so i was with them from 2006 um onwards and you know my contract was coming up with Garnet boots and uh, we're going to the 450 class and Tony I mean Tony always threw it at me he's like dude like they'd be perfect to make a boot they have all the technology they have everything so Tony actually reached out and um, and it was actually the perfect timing because they were looking to branch into you know look into other projects to do and and this was a 
a good fit for them. So they were putting some dollars towards that, and so we we did that. They started we you know the whole process came about. They started designing the boot, and we flew up to we actually went in Seattle in '09 when we went there for for the race. We we went over to the, to Nike. It was a little bit of a jump, but we we went over there and. They took a whole, it was awesome. Like they, they showed me all the technology. They scanned uh, my foot like to the T. So it's like the boot was like for my foot. Wow. Which was really cool. I mean, it was like, I don't know, one of those pinch me moments. Like, is this, this really, you know, this is awesome. Um, mm-hmm. So, but yeah. So the the boots were like, the first time I wore them, I felt like like I was going to like fly off the, like float off the dirt bike. Because usually you have the weight of the boots to like mm. kind of hold you down. And this was, they were so light that it was like, was like, is that right? Geez, I got to grip the bike. You, you know, it, yeah, they were like maybe lighter than one boot weights. It was unbelievable. Wow. Yeah, it, they were so light. But they, good support still? Yeah, they had a, yeah. a great hinge support system. Um, But but these boots weren't made to also last. Yeah, right. Either. So, we, so th- you know, we actually, you know, as we went through the years, um, they actually were designing a, a 2.0 version of the next Nike boot. So, like, that was in the process. But... I don't know what were, was happening in the economy and things at the time. They they were looking to downsize, and and the, our project was actually one of them that got cut. But mm. uh, I don't know. I, I mean, I, I it was awesome to wear it. I I really wish they would have came to to market and and people would have got the chance to to uh, to try them because um, they were awesome. I mean, they, it was an unbelievable boot. Wow. And and I just from how light they were to I mean, I really feel like for sure it helped the performance on the dirt bike. Wow. I mean, you think about it. You got your, you got your foot. Yeah, they're heavy. They're, they're heavy. You're holding a, a heavier boot up all the time. And no disrespect to any boots out there, but it's just like when you're holding your foot up and it's that light, it's, it's less effort. It's physically less effort. Is, safety-wise, you think it was as good as a Fox or Alpen Stars? At first, I, at first when I, yes, it, it was. But yet at first when I looked at the boot, how light it was. Because they didn't thin. look like they had a lot there. They no. looked like they bend, like the ankle bent really easy. Right. Right, and and it and it somewhat did, but it did have that that hinge support system was was really nicely designed, and it, there was a lot of protection within the boot. But I first looked at it, I'm thinking like, Dude, like are you guys sure? Come on, are, are you sure like this is going to be okay? And so there was a little bit of like a a point there. I'm like getting over like that side of things, but same with the toe. I remember the toe had that big plastic piece on it, I'm and like, that they had to. Jeez, how do you shift with that or yeah. feel the shifter? The things were. But well, you get used to anything. Yeah, but they were oh. really. There was a lot of you could put up. You could I could uh, brand new boots go up to the main event and be fine. No problem. Yeah. Okay. Hmm. But that, that where, where did they yeah. all end up? Did you have a ton of these sitting somewhere? I mean, you must have burned through <laughs> hundreds. I actually sent. Yeah, I was sent. To, I kept. A, I definitely kept some for myself. Yeah, yeah. those are collector's items. Yeah, dude. but I. Uh, I. I. Uh, we shipped uh, all the all of them. Oh, they wanted to them Nike. back. Yeah. There was in Tallahassee, like there was a pile of them <laughs> really I mean, yeah so how long would you get how, how much like, two so, weeks no some some i'd put them on and i'd go out and the second lap they'd break the hinge the the carbon fiber that hinge, carbon fiber it would snap and uh, <laughs> and others and others would three laps and others would last for for two weeks yeah. wow yeah. wow did you so ever a very any, test product did you ever very, have any of them very break pre-pro yeah in a, in a race uh and I, I know i never did actually yeah. no <laughs> no that's it, wild i didn't know that about yeah. those yeah, they weren't, you know, they, that's kind of how they were designed, and, and they knew that. But yeah. um, And who, you were wearing them, Stu was wearing them? Stu ended up wearing them with me in 2010 as Just well. Just the two of you guys? Yes, yep, yep. Yep, they came out with some different colorways. For yeah, hundreds, yeah. you must have gone through hundreds. Oh, bet- between the both of us, I mean, I, I don't even want to. <laughs> oh, that's crazy. 
Yeah, which, those would be which terra bacteria design. like yeah. like terras. Yeah. I mean these things were like like adhesively glued like they were high performance. I mean high performance. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> wow. Yeah. Um high performance lifestyle. That's right. <laughs> that's what it is. That's where we live in. That's your tagline, buddy. High performance lifestyle. When you're back there smoking meat and sipping on a Coors Light, man, this is the high performance lifestyle. That's right. What happened at Suzuki to make you leave for KTM? Tell me about that whole transition because I think, well, I'm curious how much faith you had in Roger DeCoster. Had you ridden that bike before? Because the KTMs weren't that good at that point. Yeah, I... um and you're leaving at the time. That Suzuki was really good, I think. No, well, it looked uh, good. I, yeah, I don't want, I want to be careful because there was a lot of good people at Suzuki. You're retired now. 2011. You don't I have know, to be t- careful. I know, anymore. but you don't have to talk bad. I just no, but these, know. you know, and it, look, I guess simply put, Roger and Ian left. Um, yes. Suzuki was also at the time after they had left, they were starting to cut budget, so things. The program was just really. Um, I, I thought to myself, um, you know what? How bad could it be? We got a great bike. You know, maybe Roger and Ian, we won't have them. I'm going to miss them. I know they were key elements to this program, but like, like I, I, I think we could still get So a you job. were thinking of staying? This was. At Suzuki. No, because they left in 2010. I still had 11. Oh, you, uh, Webb was there, right? Yeah, yep. Okay. Yep. Mike Webb. Mike Webb, yep. So he became our team manager and, and he stepped in. He, d- he did a great job and, and he was a great guy, good, good person. And, um, but, you really realize guys like Roger and Ian and how they like th- things have to progress, right? Like the same bike I raced in 2010, I, I was we did the that. same. We, we we raced that. We didn't really change much, but we raced in 2011. Everybody else got better. You got better. We we didn't get better, and things didn't keep evolving because we didn't have that those p- key people to do Pushing. so to keep getting better and the testing and and the <laughs> development. And so I quickly and I saw think that Roger's influence or uh, Roger had big ties with. Uh, with Suzuki, Suzuki in Japan. Europe, yeah. Oh, and Europe. You know, yeah. yeah. As we know, Europe, they're they don't have that rule. They they don't have the production rule. Right. So they're they're way ahead. Well, even at pull with Japan, though, if he wanted something done, yeah, he could get it done. And that I think for sure. And but yeah, I just you know as we went through that that year, we, it's like we got lost. We we couldn't get, get direction. We couldn't figure things out. And it, and it's just like I that was. Um, yeah, that 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 you know, you know, we were having mistake. There was things happening that shouldn't have been happening, like in, in Southwick, you know, and and I didn't know is is that because they're cutting budget and they're just reusing parts more or, or what? It, I don't know, but there was just stuff. And I think I think I was looking for a change. I I think that um, in my mind I thought like, okay, maybe Roger and Ian are going to go over here, and I wasn't bent. I wasn't all for when they said they were going to KTM. I was like, man, really? Are you are you guys sure you you know? And they're like, yeah, and. But as things progressed, and I, I think it was a blessing in disguise because in 2011, great finishes, things were great. I just was struggling. Like I, I wanted, I was looking to do something different, mm-hmm. and that provided. You, were, you got stale. Yeah, I was yeah. like, I want to be, I'd like to be on a different team. I want to look at a different color fender. Um, you know, be back with Roger and Ian if it works. And so, I actually got to try out. They, they, they uh, built the prototype 450. They weren't going to do it unless I was going to come on board. But they, but they built one up. It was really bare minimum but we got to try it out at uh in Tallahassee uh sorry at at Carmichael's at the farm so I got to ride the 450 and the 350 and they say which one do you want and I was like well I want the power I want the 450 um and so they really rushed that to to make it happen which was just showed their commitment um so to me I I think at the time it was between them and uh JGR but um so we saw both of them and I was like you know what I'm gonna uh, I'm gonna go with KTM and 
I never looked at it like career suicide or anything like that. I, I always felt confident in knowing like the commitment we had that they were going to give us and that with Roger and Ian at the, you know, you know, kind of steering that ship. I just felt like whatever things we're going to run into, we're, we're going to figure it out. And, and granted, some of the stuff took years to figure out, new bike models and stuff. But the first three years were, were tough. But, but when that 15 bike came out, the 2015 new model, they, they really they nailed, nailed it. it. Yeah. yeah. So that was, so it was three hard years. We had some success and up and down. But I know I'm getting ahead of myself, but I just really, it's like there was no other options. Like this wasn't like a career ending for me. It was just like this is the route we're going and this is like kind of where everything led me. Yeah. And, and I, that's, I wanted to be there. Yeah. Hey, we're going to take a quick break. Uh, stay tuned. We're going to be back with more Ryan Dungey. This is your Troyley Designs timeout. We'll be right back. Dunlop, there is a reason every AMA championship in the past decade was won on Dunlop tires. They are the best. Choose the best performing tire and brand that has never wavered in their support of our sport. Choose Dunlop. Pro Circuit. Pro Circuit products are designed with one goal in mind, winning. Through passion and hard work, Pro Circuit has operated the most successful 250 team in the history of the sport. They use that same formula when developing exhaust, engine, and suspension parts for every brand. When only the highest level of performance is acceptable, trust Pro Circuit. Since 2009, Seat Concepts has been dedicated to making the best aftermarket seats. More comfort, more grip, more riding. For 10 years, we've continued to raise the bar. Innovation and American craftsmanship make Seat Concepts the world-leading manufacturer of power sports seats. Something from nothing. That's what Nihilo Concepts is about. It starts with a spark, an idea, a concept, which leads to a design and finishes with engineered excellence with the highest quality products created with durability in mind. All our products are made in the USA at our state-of-the-art facility in Stewart, Florida. Whether you are a weekend warrior, ride for fun, or at the highest level of competition, Nihilo Concepts offers innovative titanium, aluminum, and carbon fiber parts for your dirt bike. We offer a wide variety of products that you can customize to your liking. Browse our site for foot pegs, brake tips, engine components, specialty tools, frame grip tape, lever grips, carbon fiber components, motor stands, our secondary on-switch plus much more. Head to NihiloConcepts.com and see for yourself why factory teams like Red Bull KTM, Rockstar Husqvarna, Troy Lee Designs Gas Gas, Orange Brigade, Club MX, KLM Gas Gas, and some of the fastest riders in the world choose Nihilo Concepts. Specialized Bicycles. Specialized leads the way in the world of bicycling. Whether it's cross-country racing, downhill, e-bikes, enduro, road, gravel, dual solemn, dirt jumping, or all mountain bikes that do it all, Specialized has the perfect ride for you. The brand is synonymous with engineering excellence and innovation that steers the industry. Visit your local Specialized dealer for a test ride and see just how good Specialized products are. 
Ogeo Power Sports. Ogeo has perfected the carrying case, motocross gear bags, helmet bags, boot bags, hydration packs, backpacks, and travel bags, to name a few, have all been meticulously engineered to maximize space and surpass durability standards that would make NASA proud. Simply the best. Ogeo Power Sports. Cool to be able to hear what they talk about and how fast they're going to throttle control braking. Really cool. Extend your leg out. There you go. Good job. Good throttle control, Lonnie. That's a great training tool. It was a lot of fun to be on the track with them. Hey, Lono. What? Can you pull off? Pull off over here when you get to me and your brother. Okay. With a rich history in motocross, ProX has been dedicated to supplying quality components since 1975. Whether you're rebuilding an engine or just need a new chain, ProX Racing Parts aims to bridge the gap between OE quality and affordability. ProX has over 9,000 part numbers and over 60 different product types that are manufactured by highly reputable or even OEM suppliers and are offered at affordable prices to help keep riders on the bike instead of in the garage. Visit ProX.com to search parts for your bike or check them out at your favorite online or local dealer. Audio the guys are just breaking in their race bikes, which will leave on the semi this Saturday to go to the first Supercross for our coast in Orlando. Uh, so the guys are just be goofing off a little bit, do some cool photos, do some cool videos. When you go racing, you want to do well, but a big key is keeping the bikes on the track. That's why we chose to work with Motul. Expectations coming in as a rookie is just to try and get my feet wet and uh, honestly just send it, see where I end up and uh, do my best out there, but just ride aggressive and ride like myself in practice and I uh, should have a good time. Challenges of this sport, I believe, is just simply staying healthy. Uh, with how fast we're going um, and what we're doing, your margin for mistake is really, really small. If you have little rippers, you have had to have seen Stay Sick Bikes by now. We have created bikes and experiences that allow kids to develop sooner and empower them to define their own ride. From learning to ride to sharpening skills, the Stay Sick promise is accelerated growth. Whatever path your family chooses, it's going to be the ride of your life. Stay Sick Stability Cycles. Autumn is in the air. The pumpkins are in the patch, and our friends at Manscaped are here to make sure you don't carve your pants pumpkins when you're grooming, if you know what I'm saying. Make sure you're keeping things fresh this fall with the leaders in male grooming and their brand new fourth-generation performance package. Join the 2 million men worldwide using Manscaped by going to manscaped.com for 20% off plus free shipping worldwide using the code WhiskeyThrottle. No spaces or caps on that. If you've ever nicked your gourds while cleaning up the cornucopia, you understand the importance of a clean, close, and safe shave down there. Nobody wants to have a Halloween murder scene in their bathroom before the 31st of October. Trust me, I've been there, and it makes a slaughterhouse look like an Abercrombie and Fitch store in the mall. Is that even a place still, or are my similes out of date? I'm, I'm not real sure. Look, it's time to bundle up with Manscaped Performance Package 4.0. Inside this package, you'll find the Lawnmower 4.0 trimmer, Weed Whacker ear and nose hair trimmer, Crop Preserver ball deodorant, 
crop reviver toner, performance boxer briefs, and a travel bag to hold your goodies. First off, the new Performance Package 4.0 includes the Lawnmower 4.0. If you're looking to cozy up this fall, this trimmer is essential. Their fourth generation trimmer features a cutting edge ceramic blade to reduce grooming accidents thanks to their advanced skin safe technology. It also gives you the ability to turn the 4000K LED spotlight on and off when you need for a more precise shave, plus it's waterproof. That's right, you can shave your nets while you swim, but I do not recommend doing that. The shower is probably a better place. The Performance Package 4.0 also includes the Weed Whacker to chop your worst weeds up top in your nose and ear. This nose and ear hair trimmer uses a 9,000 RPM motor-powered 360-degree rotary dual-blade system to provide proprietary skin-safe technology, which helps prevent nicks, snags, and tugs in those delicate holes. Seal the deal with Manscaped's liquid formulations. The Crop Preserver Ball Deodorant, everyone knows pumpkin spice lattes and ball deodorant go hand in hand. Then after trimming the pumpkin patch and whacking the leaves, give your balls a boost and use Crop Reviver. Manscaped even threw in two free gifts to their Performance Package 4.0, the Manscaped Boxers and the Shed Travel Bag. Get comfy on the home and go the go this season. So, Let's recap here. 20% off and free shipping using the code WhiskeyThrottle at Manscaped.com. That's 20% off plus free shipping using the code WhiskeyThrottle at Manscaped.com. Put a smile on your ball's face this fall. Choose Manscaped. Your balls will thank you. I'm on vacation every single day because I love my occupation. I'm on vacation. If you don't like your life, then you should go and change it. Now, that was our Troy Lee Designs timeout. Thanks for coming back, everybody. Hey, uh, I want to show you a brand new colorway. This is the uh, Troy Lee Designs SE4. Uh, this is their composite helmet. They've got a whole new uh, host of different designs uh, coming out right now. You can check that out with their uh, their new line of moto gear. Um, I don't know what this guy is. Might have to wait a few months for that. But anyway... Uh, check it out, TroyLeeDesigns.com. Uh, all their new line is out. Mountain bike gear is out. The helmet paint department is cranking. So uh, get over and check those guys out at TroyLeeDesigns.com. And uh, if you haven't seen their new project with Polaris, check that out as well. Very cool. Uh, all right, Ryan, getting back to uh, your story here. So the switch to, to KTM, you were kind of saying that last year with Suzuki, there was just some issues. It, it wasn't quite the same, it sounds like. You know, you did have that mechanical at Southwick, which was it? Electrical? Was that what it ended up? I think up it was electrical, yeah. It just, I think it was... Or is that just what all the teams say when something breaks? <laughs> I don't know. It wouldn't start over, but... Wouldn't start. Yeah. Yeah. But, yeah, it just was, I think at that point, I uh, I was looking for a change. Yeah. Yeah. So, you rode I that mean, I bike... I said on my show that I wish I would have had a change. Did you? Yeah. yeah. Just to look, yeah. You know, just new, a fresh start. And it might have, you know, made me go a little bit longer, just freshen everything up, new people. You learn. I, I, I think it's good. I think being at a place for too long is is not ideal. Yeah. Well, it's already monotonous, right? The same training you do every year after year, the same races you go to year after year. Now you're on the same bike with the same people. Sometimes just that change up is enough newness to be like, hey, I'm excited to do this again. Mm-hmm. So tell me what you thought the first time you rode that bike. Well, um, obviously the big the big change um, going from Suzuki to KTM was the steel chassis. Mm-hmm. Um, I no- I noticed that right away, just how it you know the impact every 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 time I hit it. Because I rode it on 
motocross first, the first day we rode motocross. I didn't notice it tremendously on that, but with supercross suspension is much stiffer. And I noticed like in the supercross things, the, the energy from the bike, it dispersed, it absorbed the impacts much more. And it was maybe more of a dead feel, maybe not the best way to describe it, but more of a kind of a dead hit, like it absorbed the, the impact. So I noticed that right away, which I didn't think was a negative, a huge negative by any means. Um, or, uh, you know, I just, there, there wasn't really any negative other than just, I wanted to make sure that I could put the same lap times down as I was doing on Suzuki. Were you able to? Yeah. 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 Lap times were good. Everything showed, checked out to be good. And I mean, this was, this was a bike they basically built, brought to me a spec setting that they had, like that they thought would fit me. So it wasn't like I had any, yeah. um, testing with this thing yet either. So, um, so we, you know, where, where things were at, we, you know, it was two, two days of testing or two days of riding one day motocross, supercross. And then that was, uh, that confirmed the okay. decision. So then you were in, um, take me through that first. Well, take me through that first year. It was 2012, right? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Well, um, what stands out from that year? Was there events or, or certain races that jump out at you? You won the outdoor title. Yeah. You were uh, third in supercross. Yeah. I, you know, coming into 2012, you know, it's, uh, I think the big thing and a lot of, uh, I think there was a lot of talk like, you know, Hey, let's see if this, how competitive this competitive this bike can really be. And I wasn't out there to prove everybody wrong, but I also wanted to show like we could, you know, I think the biggest goal right away is let's, we need to win a race and we need, and we got a podium right away. We were able to win it by, by second round in Phoenix, which, which was good. So we had some success really early on, like proved like we can run the pace. I think we were a little, we were definitely, were a little bit off, um, you know, from the other manufacturers, just kind of comparing, um, but we were close. Um, you know, at one point we, we had the points lead and even going into St. Louis, um, uh, or after Atlanta, I had I'd broken I had broken my collarbone. Like we were, st- I was like thinking back, we were still pretty close in points contention, um, championship points contention. Yeah, I mean, looking back, I never thought like, oh, it's first what, first year Supercross, like that he was out of it. Yeah, just because he's on it, you know, a new. Yeah. You, that's what you guys were thinking. Like, uh, I didn't. Good I mean, luck on this orange bike. Dude. No, I didn't think that he was. He was close. Like you said, he won Phoenix. Like, yeah. But like I mean, as a, as a race. Oh, as a preseason. Um, I mean, I think we had our doubts, but I. Well, first of all, I knew that he had already rode the bike. Just, I mean, I wouldn't sign yeah, paper right, without right. riding the bike, so yeah. it must have been decent, good least, enough yeah. to the, mm-hmm. him to believe that they could go, that he could go and win on it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, right. So that's number. That's the first thing. And then Roger and Ian coming from Suzuki, um, you know, I, I just, I, you know, you had to th- know that they were going to make it work. Yeah, I, I, Ian is amazing to me. Like his, his. Uh, work ethic and just the, his sharpness on d- developing a bike. And I, I'm curious what you think of both of those guys, but particularly Roger, because I don't know that, does he, my opinion from the outside looking in, and I worked with him at Suzuki for a couple of years, but he wasn't really helpful with riding, maybe more like strategy, mindset, some of that stuff, but it was really the development of the bike. He was really good at tinkering, building little parts, figuring out what needed to be better, even if it was Ian telling him, hey, we need something needs to be done here. Then he would use his horsepower to call the people he could call to get stuff done. Yeah, I mean, honestly, um, I guess starting with Roger, Roger, um, as lo- as when, even when I came in, like he really took me under his wing as far as helping me like um, get up to speed. Mm-hmm. If it weren't for me being able to go to Roger, ask questions, doing this, like I, I wouldn't have got to the point I'm at. But, but Roger really was... 
he was good on the mental side of how to apply yourself, how to approach things, how to mentally approach, um, how, how to, you know, act in certain situations and handle pressure, all that stuff. So he was really good as far as a, a mentor and a coach that way. But also, like, Roger is, I mean, his years of testing and obviously his years of every, everything coming together, like, he, he knows, like, every dimension and detail of that bike. And so mm-hmm. when it comes to the swing arm or it comes to the rate, the the offset, if it comes to, you know, the, the degree and the on the – every everything like he he has like it all written out and tells you this is what it's going to do so like he's like he's sharp yeah and and he can communicate that back and 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 same with ian i mean ian um from the engine side of things into the bike setup and i mean they they just like like they're they have engineering right hand yeah they're just like they work good together and they they one benefits the other and so i just think like with that you know they could bring that all the always bring that information back and it, there was just it was always there was always progress being made with that you know there mm-hmm. nothing was coming stale we're always getting better and that's that's just like anything like they just you know they we can be better we can always be better and even when we were winning we could always be better yeah you know so from the time you signed until let's say you won that championship that summer was there ever any moment of like doubt like maybe i screwed up no no i didn't no, no. I, if anything, I was excited. I, like I got to start working with Red Bull. I got to really uh, get cl- you know close. Um, they were a great partner just because you know from the training ass side of things to the blood work and just making sure that like the body was running at a, yeah. at its optimal level. Um, and I was just excited. I was on a new bike. I was I was ex- I put in a really good off season. We came out swinging. We had a really good start to the Supercross. So outdoors, I was really excited for. After I broke my collarbone, I was you know I was that that sucked. But I was like. You know, the now we've changed our focus to outdoors, and I just really, I don't know that I I really felt uh, their outdoor settings were were really good yeah. right off the bat, and so that 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 I was excited. Supercross, we were like everything was new, mm-hmm. so this we had a good base to start from, and yeah, the bike felt good, and um, you know, me and Stu we battled the first couple rounds. He did get injured, but from that point forward, like yeah, just the the outdoor races were I really really enjoyed riding the bike. Mm. Yeah, but I don't I never felt like I. I made the wrong decision. I, okay. I not. I. I'm just curious if, if things went sideways at one point where you're like, "Oh no, what have I done?" No, I, I. I think when, which we'll probably get to, but in 2013, that's when the frustration. Like my, I got frustrated trying to figure stuff out because I probably got the team lost, and when we're testing, trying things, I, it, it just like, uh, you know. Yeah. And anybody can. But anyway, but yeah. How was that title uh, when you won that outdoor title? I mean, talk about a, a validation of, of the decision you made. Here's KTM really finally making a big hard push here, and and it seems to be working. It was good. It was it was definitely uh, nice to win that our, our first title with them. But I think we all like it was exciting. But like we all knew what our, the goal was, and that was the Supercross Championship. Mm. And that that's just plain and simple. Like, hey, we were excited for this outdoors. Of course, team wins a championship, but. I think the bosses and everybody, you could just see the expression. What like, already been won in Europe. Right. right. So yeah, it's they, like, okay, we, we know it's motocross is, you know, but like they want the Supercross championship and that's what they that's, wanted. That's the crown jewel. I mean, yep. it, it is. And well, so, from, a brand that's, from a brand standpoint, that's never won it. Right. Right. <laughs> right. So that was, uh, so that kind of overshadowed a little bit, but still, um, we know we had work to do still. So one of your, one of the, Obviously, to type in your name, the first thing that pops up is Ryan Dungey hand shifts with it at the Monster Energy Cup. Oh. What happened that year with yeah, that thing? That, that was. And how the hell do you reach down and try to shift off a trip? I don't know. I, I was. <laughs> He's I, got long arms. I guess so. <laughs> me and you would have to crawl me. off the bike. And Even that didn't almost cut the. But 
it was crazy because I got in the lead the second moto or yeah the second race. Um, I'm sorry, I think it was the first race, and I clipped a hay bale, just going up to the finish line. Just there was a left-handed turn right before the finish, and I I just got all squirrely, and I I was like hit, clipped a hay bale and it bent my shifter up. Was it a tough block or tough an block? Actually, okay, sorry, tough block. And so my my shifter was bent. I'm thinking, are you kidding me? And I'm like, every time I go, it got it got it got bent down. So every time that I would go into a left-handed turn, it would shift it down. Oh. So. Like it got bent all the way down. And yeah, up, right? so it was down here. So I couldn't like ever, I couldn't even get my foot under it to get it to oh, pop geez. up. So I was like, okay, I'm hitting the triple off first gear. So I would grab, I was like, all right, only save, only thing I can do to save myself in this race is like grab the shifter and just pull it up. Not to mention the counter shafts right there. Well, it, yeah, it, it was, just it was, chop a it was, fingers yeah. Off. And it was down to the left a little bit. So I'm like, okay, just make sure that hand stays out there. But were you getting it? So you were getting it? I was getting shift? it. Yeah, I was getting it. But, um, Anyway, so I'm thinking, wow, that was crazy. That sucks. And thinking, okay, let's we don't like anything to keep us from doing that. And the next moto, I, I I triple tripled, hit a tough block, and it was the same thing. And I I was like, it never happened to me in my life. And now twice. And now twice in back to back races. And I was just thinking, is this? Is, yeah, I'm like, are you kidding me? <laughs> Usually the shift lever will snap too. Yeah, and I I think. Um, I don't know if these were cast or something like that, that they, yeah, they, they didn't snap. That's crazy. That might've been better just stuck in second gear and uh, maybe that wouldn't have been better, but yeah. Well, neither is good anyway, <laughs> but it was memorable. Um, so what year did you start working with Alden? Was it 12? No, no. I didn't start till 2000 going into 15. Oh, 15. Yeah. Yeah. Cause, okay. cause uh, RV was with him from 11 to 14, to 14. 11 yeah. to 14. Yeah. Okay. All right. Um, so talk about that next season, um, 2013. Yeah. Do you figure at this point now you've got a year of development, like where you guys go, okay, we're coming at the Supercross title? And I felt that way, yeah. And, and uh, <laughs> I felt that way. <laughs> for whatever yeah. reason, it just, yeah, just. Um, so 12, I was hurt, right? Was outdoors. Outdoors, you got 12. hurt outdoors, okay, yeah. yeah. So outdoors. You Sorry, were missing in that. Okay. Mor not Supercross, though. Okay. Yeah. So how was that 13 season? Just take me through. What what stands out from that or anything? Nothing special. It was, it was more. Um, so you I, got a little frustrated. Yeah, with your... I think that that was a that was a year of just um, the bike wasn't feeling exactly like I was looking for, and it created a lot of frustration in me. And I think that that was a year that created a lot of frustration between Roger and myself. And just you know when when you're searching like that and trying to figure stuff out and can't can't get it can't put your hand on it and and every it's just like we were dealing with this harshness i was i there was this thing with the shock it was just so harsh and it was like gnarly harsh and so i was just like we got to get rid of it we couldn't get rid of it and it was just for for whatever reason the, the bike was just so rigid and stiff it was just like i think i lost confidence in you know going into 13 and this so was, this was preseason. you were having all this struggle yeah okay. yeah we were struggling trying to figure stuff out they they actually introduced a uh to, to try to fix the problem, they introduced an, an, the air shock, mm -hmm. and and so that that was like it was kind of abandoned. Like it 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 got rid of the that really bad harshness, but but it just wasn't. It was just a little too lazy. It like couldn't keep up with itself. But it but it definitely it did feel better out there on the track. And so we we put that we started with that. And I don't know. I think I just think we were searching, trying just trying too many things. And I was lost in my bike setup from the beginning. And 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 no excuses by any means. I just it just was. I just, yeah, it just wasn't, was, 13 just stands out as a, uh, an okay year. Yeah. 
that's easy to happen though, right? I mean, I, I've had years where I, I was searching for something, whatever it was, whether it was engine or chassis, and you, you're like, no, I, it's not what I want yet. And you go down a path, and pretty soon you're way off in left field. Yeah. And you got to go, okay, hold on. Go back to like where we were, and then it's better. And you're yeah. like, damn it. You know, I spent all this time, and I, I'm more soft. You, and that, that, that is a – always go back to base. Yeah. yeah and, but, by four, by, but we learned a lot going into 14. Like in 13, the, the engine was too fast. We had to detune it. Um, way too stiff on the fork so i was riding a bike i was just chopper it out and that was my fault like i was like oh it's too soft and i was like no it's not too you know and so putting all that weight on the rear and so there's just so many things and it's hard those 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 times like they're tough going through it and it's frustrating but but i did learn a lot mm -hmm. and the team and myself as well we all learned a lot yeah were you enjoying that kind of learning process or what, i mean you said you got frustrated but it's it's uh it's hard when you're racing and you're doing a lot of testing yeah because that testing, you, you, I think I do enjoy the testing. I do enjoy trying to figure out, like, it's like a game. It's like you're trying to get yeah. better. You're always trying to improve. And you can't really do that as a racer all the time because you're going to wear yourself out yeah. mentally. Um, so we, d we tested just so – we didn't have a test rider at the time. And then the following year, uh, Ryan Marias actually came on board yep. and did a lot of the – sorted through a lot of the stuff for us. And then um, – so that was nice not having to just do all of it. Um, yeah, he's kind of the secret weapon over there. Yeah, huh? he is. He is. He he's 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 definitely. Uh, yeah, he's been tremendously impactful to the to the team. Yeah, over the years. And I think Ivan does a lot of that here for Pro Circuit. Yeah. And uh, having a guy that's that can get through weed through, let's say seventy five percent of it, mm -hmm. so that when you show up, it's like, all right, we only have these things now to try instead of all this. Yep. Makes it a lot easier. Yep. Um, that year, you guys had a pretty good battle at Minneapolis. 13 yeah yeah that was a was that maybe maybe the best race you two have had it was fun i i, I maybe funner for me just because yeah maybe right. <laughs> well yeah you know <laughs> but that was uh i what? don't know i sat on the line that night thinking like man i don't feel great but my times were good and i don't know it just it's like i don't know what it was but it it worked out good yeah that was a well i think three to go right about yeah. three to go yeah 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 yeah, it was a, it was a long. You just looked like you wanted that one. Already. I did. I mean, yeah. you got to remember, I'm like, I'm, I've been finishing behind Villapoto, and I'm thinking there he is, and I'm here. Like any time that I feel like, if I was behind him in second, like, I could kind of sense like if you weren't grooving or jiving, I'm like, okay, this is this is a time. Like I'm, I'm maintaining his pace. I'm right on him. I, I was terrible good. in that set of whoops that we that night. That was a gnarly set too. Yep. And uh, I just felt like I. I could kind of sense like he wasn't feeling it, and so I was like this is my opportunity to to kind of, and so I did that. And anyway, as the as the race kind of went on and kept progressing, and then it kind of coming down to the end, and then the crowd was Dude, like, it was so was loud. It, loud? it yeah. was it was a, it was distracting in the helmet. It was yeah. so loud. I was like almost like you guys sit down, <laughs> but it that kind of fueled it as well. Like all right, like all right, this is getting fun, and so that kind of fuels you and the energy, and uh, and uh, we were able to make the pass, but. It was nice. It was fun to win in the front of the hometown. I think I think that just stamped off like just being a kid, being able to go there and now hey, I get to live that out as the guy on the track and to to win. That was it was special. Yeah, it's pretty neat. And you had a you had a deal like you never won Washugal till way late, right? Yeah. And yeah, yeah. Uh yeah. Yeah. Not and overall, yeah. yeah. I'd won motos. Yeah. Um you know, I struggled at Seattle a lot of a lot of times. Sometimes it was raining, whatever, but like I think winning in in front of, you know, hometown is is pretty cool i yeah. don't think i had i don't think seattle was ever as loud as that <laughs> mini yeah. ra minneapolis race well though. it wasn't a dome either but yeah it, yeah, yeah but 
no that was that was a cool race even even for me you know sitting back you know watching it like you know i don't remember i didn't i haven't watched it in a while but or probably ever, but I don't remember if we went back and forth once or twice at least. We we bumped we bumped into each other a couple times. Oh, down the start. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Was that come back? There on was the start some good back and, and we forth went, yeah, so each other. Like yeah. looking back as a racer for me, like there wasn't many. I don't think there was Steel City, Minneapolis. Like I personally haven't had like these cutthroat battles like that. So there's only a few out there that yeah. that I've been in that are like. Fuck that was a that was a good one. Win or lose, like those are what the fans and you know me now retired. You know the boys are like, Dad, turn something on that you're in. You know, we, yeah, we, we watch motocross and supercross every you know when it's on. Yep. Obviously, I'm not in that, so they're like, <laughs> which are cool. They watch it, but they're just like, Dad, let's watch something that you're on. You know, every once in a while, so those will pop up to see those. They're like, fuck, that was a good race. Win or lose, yeah, you know, you're yeah. like, you know, that doesn't happen even in today very often. Like really good battles. Yeah. I think it's maybe more today in the lights class because the lights class seems pretty close. But yeah, it was cool. The ones we we did have were were they were fun. We had the we had the crowd on their feet. Well, it's nice because you like I said you guys raced clean and it's hard to it's hard to do. And <laughs> we you're trying to win. You guys are both going a real similar pace to try to be perfectly clean is not always. Yep. No. Uh, Little did not know. Always we easy. didn't know how to take each other. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, if everybody only knew. How do I take this guy out? All right, I'll pass him clean. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Uh, that's comedy. Um, so, all right, let's go back to the Monster Energy Cup that year. Oh, this is another little uh, where year two paths crossed. Yeah, the Joker Lane. The Joker Lane. Yeah, for both of us. Did your mechanic not say anything? No, he he did. I wasn't looking at the pit board. Oh, I've never seen him so mad in my life. I'd like to see you try to race and think about. Hey, no, we gotta listen. take this stupid thing, <laughs> dude. I still don't <laughs> hate that thing. Like I took it the I first one, but I then I forgot it. You did, yeah. I don't. Well, I don't blame you. Two. I'm not talking trash. In I'm just two. saying. I gotta think your mechanic was going. Okay, it's the last lap. He's gotta take it, right? But you just didn't catch I, it. I, I, that was the only reason I could sleep that night was because he forgot it too. <laughs> Race two. I thought I, I was it. like, how, like, ninth grade dropout. I was like, how dumb am I? <laughs> like, am I just not that? Am, that, am I that no. dumb? <laughs> no, you're focused Dude. on what you're doing. That's, that's totally and out of. We were in a battle. Yeah. I don't think it was like a runaway. So what did you say? Because you rolled up beside him. and He, you said, he asked me what happened. I was, and I I was said, on my I, high. I was like, man, I won. Like, yes. I took the Joker lane. You in, Or you missed the Joker lane. And then that's when he was he like. He goes, oh, I see your head go back. But yeah. then I took, I missed it. Race yeah, two. You go Joker lane, bud. And you, you smacked me upside the head. <laughs> I was like, oh. <laughs> Dude. Or, or you're like, this dumbass. And then the next, next one, you do it. I, I probably... I probably said something like, "Like I can't believe you forgot it." Like, <laughs> and then I forgot it. See, that spoke comedy. too soon. I got. I guess I got to ask you. Like, did when you crashed in the last moto there, wh- were you thinking like, "Dang, I forgot the Joker lane," or was that just on that triple thing? Yeah. No, I. Uh, at just, that point, that it was, was just I, my foot slipped off the peg. Did you we know were, you forgot it at that time? Uh, no, no, no. Okay, it's just completely out of your head, right? You're just racing. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm, I'm winning. No, I can see. It. I'm going in. I'm going. <laughs> Hey, I can't remember when you came over the checkered flag, were you like, did you like claim it, like hands up or anything? I don't think I did anything because I was wondering like, man, I didn't see Villapoto. I, I, the first thing I thought, Villapoto went down. Like I didn't, he must have like went into the stands or something. I didn't see him. So I crossed the finish line and then I'm like, oh, here he comes in second. He must be bummed, you know? <laughs> <laughs> and then I'm just sitting on my like, yes, I, I never won at the Monster Cup. Like I won my first moto, you know? And here, yeah. 
Yeah, so break, break the news to me. What is the penalty? Did you get? Uh, I got docked. It was docked positions. Yeah, I, I don't remember how many. Three. I still made the podium that night, though. Okay. Yeah, I don't, so, know, I don't. I don't know how they do it. Yeah. That's. It's like as a fan, it's actually pretty fun to watch. It, it adds something different to oh, it. it does. But as a racer, the, you, <sighs> that's you've tough. grown up for millions of laps thinking doing this one thing and then they right. go and throw this in <laughs> yeah, and it's like yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah you can't even wrap your brain around thanks, it thanks feld it should be easy <laughs> one Cost lap me at a, a million ten. bucks feld yeah one yeah. lap at a ten we just have to remember to go right or left yeah i i don't blame you i just it was funny to watch uh okay so 2014 second in both championships that year anything stand out or jump at you from 14 uh just i th think the only thing that one um we got Th the bike working much better that year this was the last year of that that generation that, right? yeah yep. of, of ktm yeah. yep um, oh so so but with that generation what'd you end up doing to the frame like to get rid of in 14 uh, or that for 13 12 13 14 yeah we actually because it was super harsh you said um, what was the fix, or um, was there one? We Cause never because thirteen, you said, or fourteen, you said was better. Yes, I'm sorry, and we never we we did try some chassis stuff, uh, but we ultimately didn't do anything with the chassis. It was more. Uh, we had a good a good friend, Jim Anderson. He's uh he's he's still at KTM now with, with the suspension side of things. He came in and just turned turned things around. Got rid of all the harshness in the forks and just brought brought a good feel. Uh, good compliant feel to the forks and the shock, and so um, with that, I think that one of the huge things that I just never ever thought of was we started detuning the the 450 because the thing had so much power. Mm. And once I started doing that, I could really ride it harder. I mm. could get into the throttle harder because at that time I didn't, I just didn't, I didn't ever thought about it having too much power. But you get on the gas and it sucked the rear down, and and so it's like. Or, but, you know, before with too much power. Now with less power, it's a little more gradual. It's not. It's a little easier on the suspension. We changed gearing. We did some. So there was a lot of stuff we changed. And a lot of little things. There were some things that stood out chassis-wise that we weren't going to get rid of, which we knew. But we also, you know, I didn't know that thankfully then. But when the 15 model came out, then I then then it's like, okay, yeah, this is this is awesome. They nailed it. But um, but in 14, nothing nothing really stands out other than um, that's when Ken Roxon stepped up to the 450 class, and that was. I rode that bike. You rode the KTM? Just out at the when he because he oh he yeah that's at right my, out of my that's right rode my, and I rode around. He worked with Eldon. on the Supercross track, yeah, for a couple laps. He rode mine. Yep. Um, interesting. How did that go? Well, he's got an interesting setup too, huh? Uh, I mean, I, hell, I didn't know because it was you know you go from uh, right. aluminum to to uh, uh, I, what, I think was his was linkage. Linkage still, but oh, it was linkage. Yeah, uh, yeah. It, you know, like I, he he rode mine and he about went over the bars, <laughs> like l like rev limiter because it was so live. You know, he likes his very dead. And, and well, the KTM was dead. Like Ryan said, like like you go through the whoops and it would like so. I had this long set of whoop sections and uh, this one long set and I was good in it. I was I wasn't slower than him, but I wasn't better than him. Uh -huh. I felt like I should have been better than him. Um, but I could manage my way through it for 20, you know, and I got through it like fast. Good. You rode it for 20 minutes. No, no, no. Oh, but I'm telling on my bike, bike yeah. I, the whoops were big. And then I wrote, I was like, God, so I got on his and it would actually pick up a little bit of speed, but it never moved from being like dead and low in the rear. And then I jump onto a tabletop, like, like three onto a tabletop and it would just be like dead blah, mm. and jump off. Like yeah. now it wasn't live at all, like in the rear. So like big, um, for me, coming from my Cowie to jumping on that, and it was like, 
this thing's live as hell yeah. and this one's just dead, yeah. you know? So yeah. that was a big thing, but it, but it had its strong points. Like the power was super smooth. It was fast. Um, you know, it did, it's, it did its own things really well. Yeah. Yeah. So we, we were talking about this little off camera, like the, uh, the air shocks had that dead feeling. Right. And when I raced race KTMs, it was the same. And I think it comes from GP racing where those guys are doing a hundred miles an hour. Those tracks are so fast over there. You want that back end to be very, yeah, but those tracks are so Not much lazy. rougher than ours. <laughs> yeah, it's yeah. It's well, I can just tell you, it's a st it's a characteristic of KTM or was, mm -hmm. where <laughs> in the whoops, it's good. Like it's never gonna step out or buck. It never never wants to do that. But no. If you need to get some lift off a tabletop, no, no, you're going off and driving straight yeah. into the face. I don't know how <laughs> Ken would do it. And that's that's where the 15 model. Uh, and I don't know if that how much stiffer the frames were. I didn't really get into the details. I I kind of kept out of that stuff, but. Uh, that's where the 15 bike was much better. Hmm. So right away, you got on that thing, you're like, oh, man. Yeah. yeah. Night and day. Yep. But, yeah, I guess 14, just Ken Roxon coming on board. And that was tough because I'm the guy, right? Like, I'm the 450 guy, like, at KTM. And then, yeah, he he uh, He, beat he me won me a out. couple that year. He he won a, a good uh, a couple super crosses, but then he beat me in the outdoors, too. He won the outdoor title that year? He won the outdoor title that year, yeah. And that was, uh, I was like, damn, you know. He's won it twice. I, I didn't think he had uh, yeah, f sorry, that was 14, and he won in 16 as well. Huh. Yeah. That was a little tough. Just to It was tough to swallow. That yeah. was tough because at that point, That's right. the team who had been kind of counting on me was like, you know, hey, do you, you still got what it takes, yeah. you know? And that's where I was like, all right, this, like, something had to change going into, into 15. So that's when you connected with Alden then. Right, yeah. So he, he Villa retired. He had worked with Alden for a year. Not you, but Kenny. Kenny did. Uh -huh. And then they had parted. Actually, yeah. So they had parted, and then uh, me and then I, I got the opportunity. It st actually started in um, uh, Bud's Creek. I started working with – it really – the end of the season in 14 really turned around. I started working with Eldon, and we worked the, the last five outdoors together into the off season, going into 15 then. Okay. So I was with Eldon from that point forward. And that – from 2015 on, man, you went on a run. Um you won, with the exception of getting hurt that summer, you won everything. Yeah, it was, I mean, geez, I, uh, yeah, it was, it was nice. I, um, things just clicked, honestly. A lot of, a lot of new things happened in my life that, that year. I mean, I, I got married at an end of 14. Um, you know, we, uh, we didn't know it at the time, but we would move down to Claremont shortly after that. Um, started working with Eldon. We had a new bike, um. You know, so just a lot of, I feel like it was a fresh start, a new beginning. And that really just kind of w was a nice feeling. Um, hiring Eldon just, just elim eliminated that doubt in my program that I had kind of had, just second-guessed myself on for so long. And, and I started off 15 slow, but um, it took us about four or five rounds to kind of get the setup where we wanted to it, wanted it to be um, in Supercross. And once we nailed it, we never touched it, Is that right? the rest of the Supercross. And... And, and then when nice. when did you start working with Carlos? Oh, I started well? Carlos. No, I started with Carlos in the beginning. Oh, the very beginning. Yep. Oh, okay. Yep. Two thousand and uh, well, twelve. He's a good. He's a good dude. He is. Yeah. He's uh, he's more than uh, yeah. He's he's one of the the best people I know. Yeah, and he wants to win. Yeah. <laughs> that dude does not. He's smart. He's, he does not like to yeah, lose. He's driven. Yeah. He, he's committed. And yeah. Just uh, we worked really. We didn't we didn't really gel in the beginning. I think it took us a few years, but like not bad. I just didn't think we, 
once we got to really know each other, like we like, man, we've been missing out on this cool yeah. relationship for, yeah. for so long. Like we didn't tap into, you know, who was your, did you have a mechanic that was your my, guy? My oh, Williamson. Yeah. Yeah. Mikey was my Mikey Williamson. So <clears throat> that bike, just watching for that, that new generation from 15, 16, 17. The one thing, if you're just watching from home, you'd be behind somebody and you could just turn inside of them yeah. carrying the same speed. Yeah. Was that something that it just innately did or did you guys work on that? Yeah, that was... Because even Cooper Webb still, you watch him and it's like... Yep. He's carving inside of guys. The one thing the model b before 15 lacked was it, for some reason, it just felt choppered all the time. Mm -hmm. I like, and I was always a guy who like, I have to have the rear positioning. And if it's not there, like I use that to turn, keep the front end on the, keep that, that weight on the front end and the middle of the turns. Cause I like to roll through the middle. And if it's high, I start grabbing tight and I get, I get arm pump. Mm -hmm. And so that's where that, this bike was really balanced. They did a good job um, at the bike setup. It, it was really balanced. And so I feel like I could go wherever I wanted it. It wasn't harsh. The The engine was really good. And even when we went to 16, they made some even some engine changes, um, and we got even better. So that, that was even a better Supercross season. But, um, yeah, that, that bike was, was good. Mm. Yeah. And still today, you know, it's still, I think, like, th that was there's a new model that's come out even since I raced, and now there, there's another new model coming out next year. And yeah. they've they've... They keep getting better, you know, and they keep yeah. nailing the setup. So, that's well, good. they've, man, they really, I mean, they're not cheating. It's, it's completely legal what they're doing, but that factory edition, it basically lets them develop two bikes a year mm -hmm. instead of one. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. If they want to try something new, they just bring it out halfway through and they can race it from the start of the season. Mm -hmm. It's, it's really smart. You know what <laughs> yeah. I mean? And they are probably the only company that is small enough to still do that. You know, you're not going to get a gigantic ship like Yamaha or Honda or Kawasaki to, to make those yeah. adaptations. The turn not gonna, turn yeah, around, yeah. Too tough. So, I mean, you win both titles. Was there one that year? I mean, 15 Supercross had to be pretty. 15 was nice. I, I really felt that um, with all the contenders, you know, with the exception of Villapoto not being there. Like, I, Villapoto was always tough, but I always felt like what, what I had gone through with him and the mental side of things and just, like, he – that made me a better rider. So when he transitioned out and retired, like, I, I felt like it was my – I a it's my time to like step into that and, and be that guy. And, um, and that really applied. And I, I felt like 15, uh, like we, we raced to the best that there was that year. And, and it wasn't like, I just felt like we, we earned it. We mm -hmm. really earned the title. And so that was really rewarding. And then on, on ultimately KTM's first title as well. Like that was a, a huge victory just yeah. for the whole team and all of us. So it was just 15 was a lot of, um, a lot of, a lot of really good highs. Yeah. Uh, we had we went and did an event. I don't know if they still did this at this point, but when I rode for KTM, they would have at the end of the seasons, it was called Night of the Stars, and they'd bring all of their athletes, all their racers from all the disciplines to Maddie Coffin, and they'd rent this big place and do a big party and presentation. Did you go to stuff like that Ooh, with them? Uh, yeah, we didn't. They didn't have they didn't have all the guys there, um, but every year um, it was kind of like a it's kind of like a tour. We we'd fly into we'd fly into Austria, and um, yeah, Red Bull would. We'd go to Hangar 7, do some cool stuff there. We'd go to KTM, see all the factors, see everybody. They'd have a huge party, like a presentation, uh, kind of like you're talking. Yeah. All the riders weren't there, uh, except for in 17, they were. And, um, yeah, then we'd go from there. We'd go to Akrapovich. So it was like kind of a, a week-long tour, yeah, tour in Europe <laughs> to go thank everybody. It was it was fun. So the party never got wild? Because they might have gotten a little more corporate by this point. I think if I stuck – I was in boot camp by these times, oh, okay. so I couldn't really, like, get, get wild. But I think um, – 
I think if I stuck around a little longer, I would have saw some. Dude, some more. so GL and I laugh about this because I went no two. He had gone years before, and he went years after. Obviously, dude, they had a ramp, and they were jumping. Uh, ju the guys were jumping the bikes up onto the stage, like having to clear a gap. And they'd like slide on the concrete, come to a stop, do a tire burn. This is in an enclosed building. Oh yeah. Pretty soon they're getting the mini bikes that are back in the race shop, and they're burning fifties. Like, and they were had no oil in them. They're blowing up left and right madness and i'm talking like the ktm brass is in on it they're up there doing oh yeah they, they like to have a good time they yeah. were i'm like this That's is cool. wild man yeah. they're it partied was. hard so i imagine it maybe it, as they've gotten bigger it's and probably grown, maybe more corporate now maybe they've tapered a little bit yeah. <laughs> i remember just going this is wild man yeah. i've I we, couldn't believe it they got to one in the in 16 we went over there and they got they they were just starting the moto gp team you know so they brought in the the MotoGP bike, like the main, and they started this Fired thing up. up, and this thing, like in indoors, like loud, like let us rev it up, and it was like, it was yeah, it was loud, and <laughs> those things thing, are so cool. Oh, same. it was like that. You twist the throttle, and the thing, you could feel the torque. It was like, wow, that's a lot of bike. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> oh man, I would have loved to have ridden something like that. Yeah, a MotoGP bike. That, that, <laughs> that would be insane. Fun. Just a couple laps somewhere. Yeah. Um, so, <clears throat> anything particular from that? 2015 or Supercross 2016 that that stood out. Was there any races or anything that jumped out at you? Um, I mean, you were you were just on kind of on a, on fire during that period. Yeah, nothing uh, nothing too crazy. I no think. big challenges or anything behind the scenes that we didn't see. No, not nothing crazy. Yeah, just cashing checks and winning races. <laughs> Thankfully, <laughs> that's what we're supposed to do. That's it. No, I mean that's perfect. Yeah, it was good. It was a good year. So, um, we talked a little bit about your neck already, but, um, what made you decide after you got hurt at Colorado to, to go one more, one more year, or at least that supercross season in 2017? Uh, I had a, I had another year on my contract and, um, I, I was making a decision out of fear. I mean, I was just being scared and being fearful. And I, I knew that like I, if I did that, I couldn't, that wouldn't be the right be choice. I, I would regret time. it. Yeah. yeah. Like I needed to trust that and believe the process and and um, and and honor the the commitment to to go at least at least do Supercross. Mm -hmm. Like that was in my mind. Like I'd like to. I I went into the year like I'm going to do Supercross only. I got to round three. I got to the third to last round. Um, I was committed to the outdoors, and by the second to last round, I was just thinking, you know what, I I can't handle. I I like I'm done. I just felt like I was, this is. This is going to be win or lose. I was going to be done at, when I went to New York, and I just that with that. So, um, yeah, just just uh, it was a hard decision. But I, I had another year on my commitment. I wanted to at least honor that. And KTM did offer up. They said, "Hey, we'll let you do Supercross only next year if you want to do that as well." Talking about 20 2018. Oh, okay. and uh, you know, sometimes I look back and I think, you know, the fact that it was offered to me, I, I sometimes, you know, but that that is a shoulda, coulda, woulda, and and. I, I think I, you know, I just wasn't in a place to accept it. You know? uh -huh. yeah. So I decided that was it. Well, that's, a, I mean, retiring is a tough thing, man. It's hard. You know, it's like, hard to know. I, I want to ask you guys this because you're, you're two of only a handful of guys or, or less. I guess I could cut off a thumb. Who's won three, three in a row? Jeremy? Well, you guys you run two? four. Villa run four in a row. But who's won three? You won three in a row. So I did, yes. So you guys, Jeremy and Ricky? And, yeah, Ricky. And that's was it. it. And Bob Han or or um, uh, Stanton maybe? Stanton? Not. Uh, I don't know if he won. I thought there was a more, but is there one I more? could it's, be wrong. Okay, it's a very small group. Okay. is my point. What is that? 
pressure like? Because, you know, never mind the boot camp and the, the physical ass kicking you're getting. And Ryan, RV, we talked about this a little bit on your show, but that pressure to you win one, then you've won another. Now it's like, okay, three in a row, you know, like that pressure's got to be heavy duty, huh? It, it builds. I, I, th- I felt by the third year or trying, by the time I was trying to go after the, the third Supercross title in a row, I, I just, and this is probably the wrong way to think about it. I just like, I, I can't lose. Like I just felt like I, and maybe that was my pride getting away. Maybe that's just whatever or something. But like, I just felt like I, I, well, I think a lot of it comes handle. from the teams yeah. expecting, like you said earlier, expecting you to win. And I think that yeah. that everybody loses sight of, like, you can go out there and lose, um, you know, it, and th- they come back and look at, well, what's wrong? What happened? I'm like, well, I just... Uh, I got nothing. second or third. I, yeah, yeah. Like, like, and I think, um, you know, I th- I noticed it when, when I... Uh, you know, we I think one maybe it was my last one fourteen. Like, it was kind of like it, it, we're in New York. Everybody's got to have early flight the next morning. You know, a few of us went out, but it wasn't like this huge. It wasn't like my first chance. You know, the first championship after party. You know, like yeah. at the truck, everybody's just raging. Yeah. Um, it was more like, all right, good job, good job. You know, I'll see you at the shop on Monday. You know, like came there, conquered, did it, and, did and, your job, and, and yeah, now you're going home. Yeah. We pay you to win, so you know. Yeah. So I don't know. I don't. I honestly, I don't. I don't know how to. An- I don't know if you can answer it better, but it's weird. I. Th- I and I. Uh, and this might be like more of a. I just always. You know, we we also and, and this is probably my plan. And I didn't plan any. Like I always thought, like we got to do something. Like at the end of outdoors, like let's have a championship party. Let's fly. But, you, you know, everybody's so tired from the season. Nobody wants to travel anywhere. Nobody wants to do anything. I didn't want to do anything. I just want to go, <laughs> go sit on a beach and, yeah. for a week with Lindsay and, like, do, do nothing, you know. And and it just was always, like, I always look back, like, how do we not, like, celebrate this thing? Like, I know. Yeah. And it, it was, like, it was just so, like, uh, by the third time, by the second time, it was, like, it was done and you're – it's back to work. Yeah, and, high, and high five. We, see at the shop. I on thought Monday. like we would have enjoyed it or something, and and even if you, you I wouldn't say you celebrated in between Supercross and Motocross because you you can't you can't do that. It's just it's I felt guilty doing it more so, but like I don't know. There just was it was hard. But there's something missing, and I don't I can't put my thumb on it. I can't either. Yeah, just for such a huge accomplishment for the team. I'm talking everybody. It's like. Let's go on. Let's keep going. Yeah. It's like, man, I thought, I, I guess Maybe I thought I don't it know what been. other sports do. Like what's F1 do? Like, you know, like, and I think the other I thing that's know. a little bit different too is like, I think, um, and I think you see it now in our sport. Um, and you never seen it when we were racing because we would go on win streaks, you know, like, or I would win, you would win, I would win you. Like it was just me or you, or, you know, like there was a handful. Now you have these multiple winners. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that keeps you driving more. Like when you win, you know, nine in a row or not, you know, not in a row, but nine in a season. I won, you know, 11 in a season. Like, um, I don't think that's good. It's great for your bank account, but I don't know. Yeah. And and, and for us, for us, like, you know, if you, if you get three wins out of 17, it keeps you driving for like, fuck, I want to win more. You know, I didn't win that many or I won two, you know, like if you win, Nine, eight, nine, ten, eleven. Kind of like, becomes old hat, huh? Yeah, and it, it, it <clears throat> yeah, it just becomes monotonous. Yeah. Well, it just seems, you know, like 
do you feel pressure from your fans? Like, I'm letting them down. Do you feel pressure from the team? Like, man, these guys work so hard, and they don't really care what mental or physical struggles you're going through. They just know they've been busting their ass all week at the shop. They're not <clears throat> seeing their families. They're doing their job 100%. Mm-hmm. You need to do your – and, you know, so a second is like – yeah. For a guy who's a two-time Supercross champ in a row, <laughs> second overall in the series is like a bummer. Yeah, anything less than a win, it's that's kind a of, lot uh, of pressure. Shoot. I don't know how. It's just that had to be a lot to deal with. Yeah, I, I mean, I never did you it. You bottle it up and you keep it inside. You and choke it down. When you're done, you're like, <laughs> you I'm dro- out. Boom. <laughs> drop the mic. When you're done, you drown it with Coors Light. That's, that's right. it. I mean, yeah. How, how how can you show it? If I show it, he knows. If he shows it, I know. I know. No, I'm saying you guys are. One of very few people who can relate to that pressure. You know what? We went all wrong. We should have got our own set of counselors, and we went in there and just <laughs> fucking poured it all out on the table and <laughs> mashed it up on Monday, and then back at the, you know we would have felt the pressure off our shoulders. <laughs> hey, there might be something to it, you know. Yeah, Coulda, shoulda, yeah, woulda. Yeah. All right. So 2017, you said this was your your toughest title to win. Yeah. Um, yeah. Just it was a battle. Eli came on hard at the end of that season. Um, there was a couple of things that happened that year. And this, I ended up watching a lot of these races too. I watched New York again and I watched the Marv incident about a thousand times. Yeah. Look, team tactics are a thing. They've been a thing and not mm-hmm. just in our sport forever. And every time I've ever been involved and it was usually, Hey, Ricky is going to win, get out of his way. <laughs> um, but <laughs> you know, you never get like, Hey, listen, get out of his, stay out. Just, it's like, Hey, don't do anything to jeopardize the thing. Don't mm-hmm. take him out. Like, and that usually doesn't even happen until you're down to, like, the last round or two. It's usually yeah, they'll let you race fair, you know, do your thing, but just be mindful that there's a championship chase going on and you're not in it. Yeah. Um, what happened leading up to that? Was there any – There was discussions about team tactics, and I told Roger, I said, Roger, if I can't win it on my own, then I, I don't want to win it. And I, I think by this point, you know, during it, I'm thinking, like, kind of maybe towards myself, if I can't win it, but I'm thinking, like, well – this is huge for the manufacturer too. And I think after two straight seasons of winning it, you know, winning it again, that's bike sales, you know, that's that's a lot. That's a lot that they want to have their go their way. And so I think I think Roger, um, and not, not to mention all the teams that, um, you know, either factory, KTM, Husqvarna, as well as, you know, you had the other KTM teams as well. Um, there's a lot of KTM guys out there. Yeah. And yeah, so we could use that to our benefit, but that was never something I wanted to do that. That was also, that was something Roger. Um, and, and I didn't, I honestly, uh, this is so dumb. sounds so bad, but like, I thought I was like keeping up with Marvin and Marvin was taking it easy. Something I'm hanging with Marvin. We're good. Marvin's good in these types of conditions. And he was like laying back, like, dude, pass me already. <laughs> like just pass me. I'm thinking, yeah. And so by the last lap, he uh, he 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 pretended to move to the side, and it was a team player, and which which was appreciated. You know, it's uh those extra points were nice to going into the last round. Yeah, but that was like a kind of like a mind for me. It was like, dude, I was on the podium. Like, I don't know what to think here. You know, like I, I and then even then Eli was throwing comments. So if that's how they want to play in this, and I'm thinking. I don't I, even know what to yeah, think here. Yeah, I didn't do this, dude. Like, yeah. yeah. So, but and I think if I remember right, Marv was in a contract year, so he's yeah. he's trying to go. Well, I I need to make sure I sign a nice deal for next year, so this is the right thing to do for the team. Yeah, they still took care of him as far as you know. Um, I thought it was interesting though that he he ran it hard to the front, got into the lead until mm-hmm. the last lap. Like he wanted to make sure everyone knew he was 
Yeah, he was gonna win that he, race. He definitely, and and that's hard. I, I, it's you know, here's the flip side. Marvin hasn't won a, a ton of Supercrosses, and anytime you can put a Supercross to your name, it's like you, he sacrificed that. And I saw that on his face, and that one I'll always think highly of the guy. He's an amazing person, him and Matildan. But it's just, I yeah, just like, it's hard to ask somebody to do. But anyway, we did get a few more points, which was nice and gave us a little more comfort going to the last round. But uh, yeah, that that uh, that was a, that was kind of a mentally like. It's weird. It's just a it's weird. weird. Deal. Yeah, yeah, I had never dealt with it, and I never thought I would. Uh, and and here we are. You know. Yeah. Did you ever have any team tac- tactic deals? Um, I was. To think back to it wasn't with me, but it was I uh, Seattle, uh, Langston or Ivan. Mm. Okay. Um, I had went outside, but it was kind of a mud race, and it wasn't. It maybe didn't look like Marv's. I think I remember right. Marv's was like kind of obvious which i think was what made it the worst mm-hmm, mm-hmm. there's ways to do it that i think you can you know not make it look look as bad and i think looking i think i i remember watching it and i was like geez if you're gonna do that like don't do it like that you know not for your sake but for his mm-hmm. and then it falls back on you because it's like it's not it's, you didn't you didn't want that yeah but you there, know and i i wondered afterwards like what if he had just gone up on the podium and went, you know what i, I ride for a team we're all individuals, but I'm not in this championship, so I did what was best for the team. Like, if he would have just owned it, mm-hmm. would people have responded better? Yeah, maybe it's or worse. I don't know. Soccer, I don't know. know. Like, yeah, yeah, it was a weird interview trying to figure out. Like, <laughs> oh, I just won the, you know, and even for Marvin, like it was, yeah. it was, you know, I, and I think we should have been maybe more prepared for that. But. Or, or like he said, owned it. You know, who knows? Yeah, been like, yeah. you no, know, I've never heard anyone do that. I just wondered, like, would people go? All right, I mean, you're going to have Eli fans going screaming bullshit well, no yeah. matter what, but that's. But, okay, so to that point, go to the next weekend. <laughs> yeah. Because that was some of the wildest shit I've ever seen. Yeah, that was, uh, I think that that's what kind of maybe. Because Eli played a bunch of games that weekend, right? I, I think so. I think that made it, like, for him, that was, like, his, that's, it's fair game. Like, hey, like, if you're going to pull that crap, then then I'm going to pull some of my stuff in. And, hey, you know, that's, but that, that was crazy. I think that was the craziest race of my whole life. And just with everything on the line, the week, the chaos, the drama, everybody talking about it, wanting to talk about it, just trying to focus on the day and yeah, and just trying to stay in the moment and trying to wrap this thing up. It was just like, it was really, it was, it was stressful, but, um, because he wrote, <laughs> I mean, look, and I don't know how to feel about it. Like on the one hand, I'm going, Eli, that's like so lame. Don't, yeah. don't Why? What are you doing? Yeah. Ride off into the wind and let it happen. I don't remember what happened. Oh, he he got into the lead. Yeah. Ryan was second. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then there was uh He started holding up. He started he just, slowing he was down. cruising. Yeah. He was just cruising. And he let yeah. the pack. Josh Grant was the his the Cowie teammate at the time. So Grant, Anderson, Reed. I'm missing somebody. Was there someone else in that pack? Uh, Anderson Reed. Um I'm missing one guy, I think. Yeah, I don't remember. Oh, um was it Marv? No, it wasn't Marv. Anyway, the group caught him. And if Eli won, you had to get fifth? Fourth. Fourth. So, like, there was enough guys coming up that it could have easily happened. So then Eli pushed him off the track. Uh, It was like a tight left, a triple, and a tight right. Remember the race? This is one where Zach passed um, uh, Savachi. Anyway, pushes him off the track once, and he gets back on, and everything's okay, but it's tight. And then at the end, he pushed him off again after the triple, or no, not you're, off the you're, track, you're the first time I, I he went up high and there was a big hook in the turn and he ran me up high and I had to back my bike down the the berm. Oh, oh that's right. The second one I went off the track. And then the third one was the hold up after the triple, right? Because no. that's where he lost the lead. Yes, there was after the triple. Then that that blew me off the track. Yeah, yeah. But 
They, anyway, know. the point was it did it didn't work, but but so part of me goes, man, Eli, that's that's chicken shit. And then the other part goes, well, yeah. it's a last race, a title's on the line, he's in contention. Yeah, he, but it would if he's gonna ride like that, it's not gonna it's not gonna work out for him. That's the way I would think. Okay, that's so what if it did work out? This is what I want to know. Let's say it worked out, and you go down, and he gets the win, and you finish fifth, and he wins the title. Are you going to feel all, good about that? I was going like, to say, there was a lot of monster guys up there come, gunning for something. <laughs> there, those guys, like, like I was like, <laughs> what I'm saying is like the putting the, the positions between Eli and myself, like Grant was going good, Chad was going good, yeah, yeah. and I'm thinking, dude, I got to go, you know, and he, and every time I would pass him, if I would, and I didn't want to pass him, but I'm like, I'm, I, I, and I'm not going to drop him, so what do I do, you know, so I just like, all right, I'm going to pass him, and and then he, you know, that was, but him slowing up the race was going to allow for Everybody that to happen. Yeah. And it was just like, that was like, I know what you're doing. Just go, <laughs> just go. So, I mean, yeah, what, what, I don't know. What would you have done? Would you have done that? If Cowie's like, all right, here's what you do. Rides, get in the lead, ride slow, bunch everybody up, and then give them a little, give them I a little bump. I might have done some, I don't know. You, you ask me, what would you have done? I don't know. I've never been in that position, but. I probably would have done a little bit, but then just, I, just knowing myself, I would have just done it. Maybe if it's not going to happen in this this first one, two, three try, then I'm just going, you know, like that for me. But he gave up the win too. Yeah. And that's like if I was in this position, I guess it doesn't matter, but like I would, I've always like, I want that win. Who won? Anderson. Anderson. Oh. So he, somebody I, came in and cleaned, re oh, it was Anderson. He yeah. came in and cleaned read, read out right before the finish, two or three laps to go because Reed was coming. Yeah, he was riding good. Another monster guy. Anderson was uh, my best friend that night. <laughs> yes, he was. Yeah. I don't think he meant to clean him out either. He got, Reed hit him pretty good in the turn before, so <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Just <laughs> yeah, no, it was it, for you know all in all, it was it was crazy. It was a wild night. It was nuts. Yeah, both races that night were wild, yeah. but uh, you could see just like relief on your face after that. Yeah, you know what I mean. Like, um, oh, it was. I, I knew after that I was done, win or lose, and I was I was. It's that. not even fun at that point, though. Like, you're just one, and it's not, you're like, like, you're. You, Thank God I'm done with that pressure it, and that misery. It was a relief. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, yeah. you're supposed to be excited, and, you know, like, but that's not, it's not I don't know. That somebody said that. I think Chad, he's like, I, I saw the more relief than I saw enjoyment of, the, but anyway. So, after that race, uh, Reed pulled up to you and said something. You you actually looked over at Eli and you were kind of wagging your finger yeah, at I was, him. I was a little mad. <laughs> I mean, I understandably yeah, so. I just I didn't think that that was going to happen, so it surprised me. But um, yeah, I think uh, Gr uh, Josh oh, and Grant stopped, Grant stopped yeah. and and, and uh, Chad they congratulated. I thought they were going to say something like, "I'm like, oh boy, what are they going to say?" But he was like, "Oh, good job." And okay, that was it. I because I wondered if Grant was like, "Hey, man, I wasn't going to do anything." Or no, he didn't just say, "Hey, good congrats," and that was it. Okay. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so much drama, man. That was. That Give was heavy. something to talk about. Okay, so while we're talking about some of this baloney, what was the deal with Reed blocking you in St. Louis that year? Uh, that that happened. So the stem of the root of that was um, Detroit. I had gotten a bad start, and I took you know to his credit, I I did kind of panic a little. Like I need to like weasel my way in here, and I did, and I and at the expense of I I basically um, ran into chad's right bar in it and it took him down so oh. i basically was probably the root cause of that so everything went on i just you know i didn't i didn't think it was a huge did you guys have words after that we race? didn't no oh, we okay. didn't but i think like 
and I didn't think anything of it. I'm like, I know what happened. We just came together, but like, you know, just like, oh, racing incident, we're good. Um, but but then that's what the following week was was about. I didn't know that. So that that's kind of what was like kind of set it off. And then, yeah, so he was just kind of upset about that. And then, then I we, <laughs> we cleared the air after that. And I made sure because it's like, dude, I don't need more enemies on the yeah, track no this, kidding. This, this time. But. Huh. <laughs> that was like the most blatant blocking. Do you remember that race? I think so, yeah. Yeah, St. Louis. Now, I don't know if you'd have passed Eli or not, but Probably he, you didn't not. get a chance, and yeah. Reed made sure of that. Yeah. I thought that was really strange watching that. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so tell me about retiring. You know, Ryan Hughes said something. He said, motocross guys, and I'm sure this is true with other athletes, but they, they die twice, and the first death they have is when they decide to quit racing. Mm-hmm. And I, I think it's true. I've, I've seen 40-some guys come through this show at different levels of success who, you know, when they've retired, it's been a struggle um, trying to figure out yeah. who am I? What am I going to do? Like, I'm only 30. I have, you know, I have a long time left to do something. Yeah. What's it going to be? Yeah. Um, and just knowing that that's, this is all you've ever done, all you've ever known, and you're finally making the decision to say, okay, I'm not doing that anymore. Yeah, it's, it is. That, that how you described it, it's, I, I'd say that, like learning to live without that thing you've been doing for forever and um I honestly thought like I know this people said how hard it is and it's tough and granted I didn't really retire from something and go into something else I kind of more like retired and it was done and I, like I just needed a break I could you know just rest from everything you were kind of the same way Harvey just like I just don't want to yeah see a dirt bike I right. just want to like so that that was uh at first I was like you know I feel like I I got a good hold of this. Like, I want to make sure it doesn't sneak up on me, but, but the inevitable, it, uh, it was tough. And as, as, as I got the time off, as I got two, three months into the, my break and I started realizing I'm feeling better and not so sure I want to go back and race again, but I, but I, but I was mixed on going back and not going back. And I, I've done that multiple times and just, just, there was so much I, I did enjoy about what I did too, as hard as it was. And, 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 you know, wanting to do good in anything, it's going to be stressful. It's going to be tough. It's not going to be all awesome all the time, but, 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 but it was fun. I didn't, I realized like I really did enjoy what I do even more so than I knew. And I didn't have to get it together as much as I thought I did. And so I will say, you know, I've, I've had some things I've been, you know, applied myself and there's some things moving forward that, you know, outside of racing that I've done, but, but, but this period from the time I've retired until now, it's, it's, it's really been a, I feel like I'm in a waiting period, like almost, so to speak. And, and in that time, I'm not, I don't want to rush in anything, but I, I feel like I'm, I've learned more about myself than I ever thought I would, would in, in that, that time frame. And so, you know, I just, I just want to, you know, I think that that's important to let happen. It's not easy. And I, I have struggled with it like a lot. And, you know, me being, being truthfully honest and, you know, even Lindsay's like, dude, you, you're, you haven't, you're not the same, like <laughs> at times, you know, it's like, but but I'm trying to figure it out. I'm trying to learn it. But I, but I try not to focus like looking inward all the time. I try to like look outward and, and not so much about how I feel and what's my career because cause it's not about that. And I think that that change is happening in me and, and having kids. And, I, and, and you were married to something, a job for, I don't say married, but you were you, for so you're long. Married to it. Yeah, yeah, you're married you, to it. And so I think I, I, I like my dad did the work ethic, wanted to get up, work hard, like, like, we'll work we'll put in the hours put in the time and like like love that so without i didn't have that anymore and i i, I felt lost and I, I i felt i wasn't being challenged anymore i wasn't growing i wasn't developing and and so 
I enjoyed busting my butt. Yeah. You know, I enjoyed getting out there and working hard and, and, and now I got to, you know, well, I think and that's not always what's best either. You know, you can go, you know, go work your life away. For, what are you doing? I mean, yeah. that's not the, you know, you got to, no the purpose? I, I think that men are just generally coded to be productive, to have a goal and go after it yeah. and accomplish it, yeah. whatever it is, you know. And now that you've, your one goal is done, you've yeah. got to find that next thing. And <laughs> you guys are in a tough position, I think almost a tougher position because you made enough money. You don't really have to go anything, do anything right away. A guy like me, it's like when I was done racing, it's like, okay, I need a job right now. What's it going to be? <laughs> <laughs> no, right? it's, it's so, uh, I think it is, I think it is, is harder for, for us, you know, like, um, because you didn't have to just, okay, starting a new chapter. I got to go find a job. I think, you know, having, having money and having some extra cash on hand, um, you know, like, oh, well maybe I'll try to do this. Maybe I'll try to do that. And, you know, like your risk for losing a l- nice little chunk is can happen pretty easy and fast yeah. so so I'm, i mean i don't know how many decks i've seen come across here check this out hey check that right, out right. check this check this check this and you're like oh no 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 you know like and you're like oh this one looks good this one looks good and then you send it over to your guy and your guy's yeah no it's a hard <laughs> one on that one. Oh, really i thought it looked great <laughs> no that one's <laughs> not good um you know I, i've i've seen probably 10 of them you know since i've been retired you know yeah. and, and it is hard to figure it out you know at first you're like, oh, this is cool. I got no responsibilities. And we at the time you didn't have kids. You know, you're like, this is great. But then you're like, I just got yelled at the other day. You just, you just fucking sitting at home on the couch all day. <laughs> I was like, I mean, I don't, I don't hate that either. Sometimes, you know, like, <laughs> yeah. Well, this is a tough part, right? Because for you guys to go get another career, right? You know, like I always personally, encourage- I don't want to. I don't. I can't invest anymore. I'd love. I, there's a lot of things I'd love to do. I can't wrap my head around the amount of hours that it'll take to learn it and be good at it because we were so, I was so good. We were so good at something that like play guitar, for instance, I want to just learn how to play that. How many hours is it going to take to look just to play one song? So you're like, ah, fuck that one's out. What about this one? Oh, that's now nah, that one's too hard either. You know, like it takes time and effort and, and dedication, you know, like all these things we had. I mean, I, I had, I don't, you still have. So well, whatever think. it is you're doing moving forward, you have to really be thoughtful of what to sit. Like, yeah. Like pretty soon you can have 10 things that you're doing and you're, you're on the phone all day. You're spread thing. You're not hanging with your girls, which you're not hanging with your family. I mean, and which like, yeah. you, you are in a position to do that. So keep the, ref- or keep you get into f- this and then you're out of it in two weeks. You know, that's kind of what I do. Yeah. Get, <laughs> Dive into something well, heavy. The, the, and the, the, the goal, the key is find whatever whatever that next thing is that yes. you're passionate about. That you go, this is, I want to do this. Yep. You know. And that's the. And so until you find that, that you smoke I, meat and you, and you drink a beer. I like to do that. You did, uh, you jumped into the Geico thing. What was that about and why did yeah. that go sideways? Uh, I think it was a little premature. Um, again, like talking, I wanted to get back into something. I wanted to do something. I wanted to apply myself and I basically was like willing to throw all my time at something and wasn't looking at the whole balance of, of, of my life. But, um, you know, initially it, 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 it seemed good. Honestly, I, I was excited at the thought to be part owner of a team, um, apply my experience to the younger riders. Um, if there was a little bit of testing to help get the bike better, awesome. Um, and just, just to have some ownership in something, like have some skin in the game. And so it, it and you know, I knew that race teams weren't, money-making machines by any means but I, I guess I, the way I kind of justified too was just like looking at it I was you know 
this is where my I spent most of my life. This is where I can have the most impact and have mm. the most, you know, um, you know, apply myself to the most. Um, granted, it doesn't come out at a huge cost. And so we we went forward and, and everything and, um, you know, even even made the deal like it, it was happening. It was going for it, going forward and everything. And, and the deal never got done. Um, and there's a lot. There's, it's a long story, all of which I'm not prepared to discuss here. But and, and not bad. It's just I think at the end of the day when it came time, you know, especially like midway through the West Coast series and just reevaluating things. And it was kind of it sucked because it came at the expense of a lot of other things I had going on, a lot of relationships. So so that was tough. Um, but um, it wasn't the right thing for me anymore. Yeah. And I knew that. And I looked at it and, and knew, knowing this, but this, this, how I, I made my decision. I didn't know COVID was going to hit. I didn't know Geico Honda, Geico was going to go away. So I didn't know all these things, but still it didn't, it didn't help me by any means. But unfortunately that team did fold. And um, yeah, it's just a, it was a hard lesson that fortunately didn't come at a, a huge yeah. cost. I can't see, correct me if I'm wrong, like for, sh- for you, for sure. Like I can't see you guys wanting to get back into where you're traveling to every race every weekend. Well, no. we were going to split that the thing between myself, Jeff, and Ziggy. We were going to kind of maybe seven, eight races, split it up. Which would be, That's I, which, yeah. which I could do. Yeah. yeah. But 17 rounds and all of outdoors, like I just, I have no desire to do that, you know? It's, it's um, hard. It's hard when, it's hard to look your family and say hey, i'm leaving every week well and, and not to mention ha- hey you're to gonna make your one hundred fifty thousand, uh and you just get done making you know six million bucks after going to 17 rounds and you know yeah. like it's a kind of a big if you really look at i'm trading yeah. being a team manager for a racer which i get why we both retired but it's like i'm going to 32 race 32 weekends i'm gone for a fraction of the money yeah you know it's at that point yeah. if you're going to be at all the rounds you might as well go racing again yeah, which you almost did rounds. too, huh? Didn't, you talked about a comeback. Uh, yeah, I, I did look into a few things and Supercross only, but I, yeah. Are you glad you didn't, or was that like a? I uh, yeah, I honestly, I, I kind of looked to life to, you know, I knocked on that door, see if it was open, and if that that was our, you know, yes, then then let's go. If not, then you know, it wasn't meant to be, and so I got my answer in and all, and maybe it was, uh, maybe it was right, maybe it was wrong. I will never know that, but. I'm past it all now, and we're moving forward. So, yeah. it's hard. Like I said, you mean it? It, it is tough. It's, oh, it's tough to be away. It's it's tough to, but uh, yeah, it's just a. I knew it was going to come knocking at some point. Yeah. Maybe not for not, not. Did you ever feel like you wanted to come back and race? Yeah, I mean, I thought I I I kind of thought about it for, but it was I was already two years into it. Mm, okay. Kind of like it wasn't as soon as as yours. Gotcha. So. I had thoughts about it, you know, here and there and, um, you know, but they were pretty, I was already, I was so far into the two years <laughs> is kind of a long time. To you had a nice divot like, like worked into your like, couch already. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like, you know, another 30 pounds on, you know, 20 pounds on like that's, there's, there's so many hurdles at the time when I was like, fuck, what, you know, what, what am I doing? Should I, yeah. should I go do a couple here or there or whatever? And then it's like, you know, I don't know. I just. I, I, I never took took it really any farther than that. But for sure, I thought about it. Yeah. Like, I, even when, when AP got hurt last year, they asked, hey, you want to race outdoors? Fill in for him? It's almost tempting. And I'm like, like yeah. well, I mean, I'm pretty good out here on this track right now. <laughs> like, I'm same speed. Yeah, yeah, yeah. why not? Let's, and I thought about it. I was like, well, let's, let's, let me see if I can. Because at this point, I was all doing short stuff, you know? Yeah. And I was like, let me see how even 20 minutes goes. Yeah. So I showed up out to the track. And thank God, 
Paula was actually ripped kind of like it should have been like not national prep but pretty good and uh and I yeah that I'll just stay a test guy that that right there summed it up cuz yeah. I hadn't put enough time in to go that fast in those ruts and this that the next like there was there were a laundry list of things yeah, yeah yeah but when it was Glen Helen on a Thursday I was fast right right yeah yeah I think I I don't see a lot of people that try to come back and it goes well like no. I think it's a I know. mistake. I know. So yeah, I know. I know it's so tempting, especially for guys like at your level, because you could probably come in and, like you said, you on a practice that. day. You yeah, think you're good. That though, like, and I really think that, I think you probably went farther down the road than I did, because I, I just had just inkling thoughts of it, you know, and I'm like, oh, do I want to do this every? Nah, fuck it, I'm not doing that. It's too much work. Yeah, you know, like I, I mean, I wish you would do what he's doing right now. Connect with a manufacturer if it's KTM and say, hey, I want to be an ambassador and go do these 125 races. I want to do some events for you, some of this. I'll go to some, you know. Yeah. Because, I mean, I don't know if you've been to the races when he shows up and does like the that 125 oh, yeah. all-star thing. or People love it. Dude, they love it. Cracking beers after and how, the race. And, and you're having fun, sometime. right? <laughs> no, it's, uh, I think personally, you know, like. Is is what really helped me too, and we kind of talked a little bit at this off. You know, when you move in, you know, like I li- we lived in Washington for the two years when I was re- like retired, and then right as we had the boys, we ended up moving back down here, um, and that's when things in the industry started just like kind of like po- randomly popping up because you're here, you you're accessible, you're that. accessible to everybody right now. So yeah. that helped, um, and then yeah, when I decided to go race those 125 things, like. Um, personally for me, I got beat twice out of, I don't know, four, five, five of them that I did or whatever, you know, and, and, um, you know, like Fariz beat me once and then that, uh, Aiden Tiro beat me uh, one of the times. And for me, I just go, I look at it like the people are, the fans are so much more happy that we're, uh, that I was just there to be on the line yeah. and in racing, um, than how you did dude they didn't give a shit they just wanted to come by the the van and dude if you're just there smiling and having fun and giving i was high drinking fives. a beer and they're like dude you're so much cooler now than you were when you <laughs> raced i'm like yeah <laughs> i don't know like that's awesome. i think that i think yeah well you talked about wanting to give back to the sport there's no better way than that go back to the roots and like i know show people that it's fun and i still want to do it and I, i'm i'm here for it i'm here to support it and spend time with the fans that you couldn't when you were racing because yeah. you were focused on your job. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? No, that's, that's very I, I valid. I can see you yeah. into a spot like that being so good. Yeah. But it needs to be your pa- – But in, and also, since I'm selling it pretty hard right now, <laughs> you could pick your schedule. You could say, okay, give me, give me you know, eight events throughout the year, and I'll pick those that I want to do. And then it's on your calendar, right? Like you, you could still have plenty of time for your family and dabble. Yeah. 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 No, it's fun. It's nice. It's I still do enjoy even going to the races and. Super well, that's what I I like to go and see. Yeah. My old truck driver, the yeah. you know mechanics, this that, all these people. Even if they weren't, we we never even worked together. They're like, hey, what's going on? I haven't seen yeah. you in a while. Like that is really our 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 home base. You know, call it family away from family. Yeah, really, it's yep. everybody at the track. It is. Yeah. It is. Like you go to a Supercross and you haven't been one in a while, and everybody's like, hey man, what's up? It's fun. Yeah. yeah, you see everybody. Now, 32 weekends a year, you wouldn't have that same feeling. You'd be like, oh, hey, we're here again. Can't wait to get on that plane and fly back home. Uh. Fuck this 5 a.m. flight. <laughs> <laughs> so brutal. <laughs> Do you think, is there anything outside the sport that interests you? Like, have you looked at something not motocross involved? Yeah. Or not really. He's got coffee. Well, 
Well, it is, yeah, but it's yeah. Um, are you talking like a motorsport or, I don't or know, anything? Anything? I'm just curious. I don't know. I've always, you know, one thing even I guess with racing, uh, aside from racing, I've always just been in. My grandpa owned a, owned a business. My dad's owned a business. I I just always been around like family-owned businesses, and I, yeah. I that's something, and that's why I started my my coffee company. I just I always have been, you know, whether it's an investor or um, you know, with my coffee company, I own it, but like, you know, being an investor in a company, um, uh, that's why I got in, involved in intense. Oh, Mitch is back in. Hey, I voted for you. I would. <laughs> yeah. Why wouldn't you? Oh, cheap gas, dirt bikes for everybody. Oh, that'll never work in California. Just making sure everybody has a job. Good. Very good. good. How are you? Good to see you. We're proud 10 minutes and we're done. Maybe less. <laughs> well, I'm just letting you know. He tried to turn the air on, Mitch. He tried to turn the air on in here. He couldn't figure it out. <laughs> and get the Wi-Fi. And Jim told me to go fuck myself. No, he's not taking up my trailer space over there. <laughs> yeah. I'll kick him out of there. <laughs> No. Why would we do that? Very smart individuals. We'll come, we'll come see you. The last one? It was, would you consider working at Pro Circuit? <laughs> I would. Yeah. Oh, you were staring right at me. <laughs> like that championship he let go. <laughs> oh, Mitch. Jeez. I just pushed Bentley's bike rough. over there in the corner, by the way. It's got a broken lever now. <laughs> Mitch. That guy. Um, okay. Sorry. We're almost done. Um, so private business. You want to own your own business. I like that. Yeah. So that's why, that's why I started the coffee company. I always wanted to... Um, you know, not go at it by myself. I got a lot of good people around to help, but um, that's why I started that. And I've always been passionate about coffee. That's something I wanted to do since 2010. I was writing a business plan even uh, back then. Oh, is that right? Yeah, yeah. And uh, but even um, you know, you know, just in be involved. And in, I think I'm I'm really early in my learning stages. Of course, I'm always going to be learning, but I always want to keep developing in that area. And it's just something I've always I've always had an interest in, and you know, trying to you know, do it successfully and yeah. do it well and supplying jobs for that, ma you know, just, yeah. just, uh, it's a good position to be in. Yeah. I, this show is the first business I've ever owned Yeah, and it's actually really fun learning and figuring things out and what works, what doesn't work. And it's, it's like, it's fun to have it be all on you. Yeah. It's right. Like it doesn't, I'm not worried about, is my bike going to work or, is it, yeah. you know, yeah. is this guy going to take me out? It's like what I put into it, I get out. Exactly. Yeah. I mean, it's, you probably wake up in the morning and your mind gets going just like when you race, like you, you, you look forward to it cause you, yeah. you do enjoy it, yeah. you know? And I think that's, uh, that's something like good things like that, that get you out of bed as well. And you know, you need that. Yeah. Yeah. Where can people get this coffee? What is it? All web-based, right? Yeah. It's all uh direct to consumer online. So rdcoffees.com and, um, yeah, shipped fresh, small batch roasted and, uh, shipped fresh to your front door. Very good. Yeah. Well, I'm going to get some, uh, because I'm drinking real crappy stuff from Costco right now. Folgers. 
No, it's not that crappy. Oh, oh. Uh, we do have that at the firehouse. Some guys prefer it, like the old crusty guys. Yeah, yeah. yeah. tastes like this. Dishwater, dirty yeah, dishwater. Yeah. Black, too. <laughs> Their parents didn't give them any hugs either. Um, okay, our last question, man. We ask this of everybody that comes on. Oh, boy. How do you want to be remembered in this sport? Oh, gosh. That's a, that's a heavy one. Um, you know, uh, I think... Uh, just be a, a good uh, it could be a good pathway to follow I guess from what I mean by that is just uh, to, to you know to for other kids to look up to that that uh, they want to you know be like me or or you know because of my integrity or character or you know even off the track stuff that, that I was able to do and you know I think at the end of the one thing that I always think about is that you know with what we've been given what did, what did you do with the gifts and talents that you've been given did you waste it did you blow it on yourself or did you use it to benefit others and I saw I always try to live that out, and um, I hope maybe that inspires other people. And um, you know, even uh, yeah, hope it inspires to do something yeah. great. Yeah. That's awesome, man. I, I'll I I think that just from a guy looking from the outside in at your career, um, you had an incredible path, man. Like you were always professional. Some guys would say, "Oh, he's too boring. He's not like uh, I want the J Law guy, right?" But you were always the consummate pro. Um, and your consistency, I think, is, well, I mean, I'm looking through your results here, and if you take away the one year when you just did a couple, your very first year, and this uh, where you got hurt, one, two, three, one, three, two, three, two, two, one, 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 two, two. Yeah. There's not a lot of people that can throw out that kind of consistency. Yeah. Um, it's incredible, and it speaks to your work ethic, um, and just how, how much you worked on your craft, man. No, so. and I, I will say the one thing I'd like to say is that, you know, and we talked about it, is that I always, growing up as a kid, thought these guys were superheroes. Like, they, they were, they didn't feel what we felt or didn't have fears and stuff like that. And I think it's okay you have those. It's okay that you feel like you're from Minnesota and you don't get to ride. Like, like it, things might be against you, but, you know, you, you can overcome them. I think that, that was a big thing as a kid. I, I, uh. I, I thought I had to. I wasn't strong enough, or but but those weaknesses were ultimately, uh, you know, you got to work through them. It's tough. We all do, but it, they're a blessing in disguise too. Sometimes. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you turned it into a strength, and yep. and you made uh, one hell of a career, man. So congrats. Thank you. And thank you so much for taking yeah. the time. Thanks for it's, having me. It's been awesome having you on, <laughs> RV. Thank, thank you, you buddy. for making it in. Yeah. Uh, stay tuned. We'll be back to wrap up the show. Hey folks, welcome back. Uh, we're going to get into our sponsor spotlight now, and we've got a couple of couple of buddies here from Motul. Uh, you guys are a new sponsor this year, and I'm so stoked to have you guys, Darwin Yeager and Dave Woolman uh, from Motul USA. Uh, you know, I've been a big fan of these products for a long time, going way back to their when they were first involved in motocross, and we'll we'll get to that. Uh, it was sort of the heyday where I was uh, just really admiring and loving motocross. So. To me, that logo uh, brings me right back to those memories. But uh, we're stoked to have you guys on board. We, we are uh, um, very particular about the products that we promote here. And I want to be sure that when I tell the folks at home, hey, this is a good product, go you use it, mm -hmm. that they aren't disappointed, that they're going, wow, I'm glad I tried that stuff. And uh, Motul fits right into that. So stoked to have you guys on board. Yeah. It's great to be here. Yeah. Honestly, uh, like we've, I mean, we're looking, we've been looking to branch back into Moto and, 
you know, we had some some Supercross sponsorships and things like that this year, but having the reach with the podcast that you have going on and, and all the mm-hmm. guests that you've had on all this year and everything else and pushing the product, it's been fantastic for us. Oh, awesome. Well, I'm glad so. you guys are stoked. Um, I want to talk about some of your, your some of the products here. We're going to get into some things that are going to help folks listening at home. Uh, but let's talk about the kind of the flagship products from O'Toole. If you had to pick four or five things that are sort of your 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 main core products, what would those be? So in terms of, of oil, um, we have our, our 7100 10W40, which is probably the most common viscosity within power sports, whether you're riding street, whether you're riding dirt, side by side, things like that. Um, this is a fully synthetic product. Um, if you're going to be using this, if you're you know a recreational racer, racing REM, things like that, looking for a performance oil that's going to give you you know the longevity and things like that, shear resistance. Um, so that's one of our flagship products. We also have our our 800 2T, which I would say, correct me if I'm wrong, Dave, is probably one of our most widely known products. Mm-hmm. Um, I've had several engagements and conversations with with guys that you know they've been using this for years. Mm-hmm. It's two-stroke. Um, Premix, fully synthetic oil. Um, we also have all of our chain care products here. So we have a chain clean that's specifically uh, formulated for off-road use. We have our off-road chain lube, and then we also have our off-road uh, chain clean as well. But I'd say probably our most widely known popular product is our 300V. And I'll let Dave kind of talk to uh, the testament of that product and, and whatnot. Uh, yes, well, 300V is celebrating its uh, 50th anniversary, if I'm not mistaken, as of uh, this year. Um, <clears throat> it's our flagship product. It, it is a, an ester-based synthetic. An ester is a group 5, which is the highest level of synthetic product that you can achieve. Um, the 300V now is uh, actually a combination of several different types of synthetics. That's why it's called an ester core. Um, the product has an outrageous heat tolerance. And this is one of the reasons why it's so popular in power sports, because we run so hot. Um, and its shear stability is, is kind of equal to anything on the market. So shear stability, tensile strength, these type of things is sort of like comparing uh, dental floss to thread. You know, one is easily broken, the other one is quite stiff. But the 300V is a racing application. It is not designed to go many, many, many hours or many, many, many miles. This is a uh, limited on its detergency, et cetera. Very high performance. Very high performance. It's made for, you know, racing. Yeah. That's why it says racing motor oil. (laughs) Well, (laughs) and that's something that I think is fantastic about Motul that I'm I'm still learning. That's why I love having you guys here is the specificity of the products. Um, You know, you guys are very big on application. So, for instance, you've got the 800 two-stroke premix, right? But you have another two-stroke premix for fuel-injected bikes or oil-injected, rather. Yes. And the reason for that is, as you were explaining. Ah, yes. So, we have 802T. And this is a premix only. And then we have 710 2T. And 710, you know, we're using the same type of esters. But in order for it to be uh, go through the injector system, right? You have a small pump. You have tiny little hoses. Uh, the formulation is quite different. So uh, on the 710, you know, if you picture that uh, the bottle has oil, right? And then it will have white spirits. 
You know, we put white spirits in to thin the product out so it can actually travel through the hose. I mean, we'd use gas, but gas explodes, so <laughs> maybe, maybe we stay with white yeah, spirits. Yeah, that's, that's a good idea. And then uh, we have a, you know, an additive that's called a PIB, or polyisobutane. So if you just picture a uh, uh, Zippo lighter, you light it, it's got a yellow flame, of some blue, and if you hold your hand over it, you get this black soot, right? Then you take a, a butane lighter, light it, you get blue flame, absolutely no soot. So that additive, PIB, is for anti-smoke. Okay. So you have oil, white spirits, PIB, and then additives. So you have much less oil, right? And you have other stuff, but that's the necessity for cleanliness and for smoke. Et sure. Um, well, so for function, if you tried to drop 800 into a oil-injected bike, you're not right. going to get far. No. Exactly. <laughs> you know, if you're down here and it's 80 degrees, you might be okay. But if, if you want to go, like, to, to Minnesota and it's yeah. fall, yeah. winter, it, it'll never... It's like sucking on a really thick shake and expecting something to come up the straw. Right, right, right. It ain't going to happen. Well, but that... Uh, so that specificity is not something that all companies do, but it, it allows you to make a really good product for a very specific type of riding or bike or environment. Right. right. The, yeah. the 802T, because of its density, because it's so concentrated, it has, a, it has a range, let's say, from 24 to 1 to 100 to 1. Oh, is that right? Yes, depending on your application. If you're going to be in the forest or you're going to be trial riding or trails, uh, you can't open the throttle for, you know, 10 seconds wide open top yeah. gear, right? You're going to die or you're going to be a tree ornament spot on a tree yeah <laughs> so now when, when we're looking at a hundred to one well when you have such low torque right you're you're, bzz, 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 you're zipping around you don't need that strong lubrication hmm. but if you're going to be uh let's say in the desert or you're going to be holding it wide open now you need to up the yeah. mixture because now you're you're having much more load applied yeah so on trials or, or, or very, you know, technical stuff, we run 50 to 1, or with 802T, 66 to 1 is kind of normal. Is that right? Yes, because the 710, 50 to 1 is normal, hmm. right? So different mixtures. But this at 66 to 1 and 710 at 50 to 1 is the same amount of oil, hmm. right? Because... This has oil wow. and yeah. additives. Yeah. The other has white spirits, PIBs. So one ounce in a shot glass of this and one ounce of the 710, you have more oil in the 800 because you have other stuff taking up space. Gotcha. So you can run it leaner because, well, there's more oil. Yeah. It's not. Oh, it makes sense. Yeah. Um, what about your some of the lesser known products that people really should know about? Um, the one thing that comes to mind for me is the Shine and Go. Uh, and, I, and actually, the story about how this stuff came to be, this is like a, you spray it on the bike when you're done cleaning it, and it's, uh, I mean, it just puts a gloss on the plastic on the engine on, any, on the whole bike. Uh, makes it look like it's rolling up off the showroom. So I thought the story about how this stuff came to be was great. Yes. Um, yeah, it's funny is that uh, Mike LaRocco Sr., uh, we were sponsoring Kawasaki, and uh, I'd get phone calls, you know, we'd always get phone calls for different things, trying different things, et cetera. I mean, the whole object of sponsoring a team, it's a give and take, right? Yep. And, and they help us with new stuff. We help them, et cetera. So he called and said, I got water in the swing arm pivot steering head bearings. I got water in the wheel bearings and blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, okay, why are you calling me? <laughs> you need to turn the pressure washer down. <laughs> and, 
And, you know, the conversation went, I can't get the Georgia clay to come off of the wheels or the chassis, especially if it sits for any length of time. You need to help us to create something so that we can put the bike on the starting line clean. Yeah. It is a Kawasaki factory bike, right? So yeah. uh, that's what triggered the research and development where the shine and go is made up with <clears throat> release agents, like a blow mold release agent that you put on the mold so that the plastic pops out. Yep. It has uh, silicones. It has a very unique solvent. I mean, the solvent is so light, it, it evaporates very nicely, but it, it leaves like, you know, very, very little tiny deposits or none. And it can also take chain lube off, for instance. So the shininess is the after effect. It's kind of the side effect yeah. of making it beautiful. But yeah. the, the real application was you spray the bike down, you go ride, you go through that Georgia clay stuff, you come back, you hit it with the pressure washer at a much lower pressure, and the bike's clean. Yeah. And that was the whole concept of the idea. Uh, the original product was uh, silicone clean, and they switched it to shine and go. Um, and that's current now. Yeah. That's mm -hmm. the original start of that product. <laughs> I, yeah, I will say be a little careful. I sprayed this stuff all over my bike in my garage, and it got on the... I've got polished floors, and man, it turned it into a skating rink. Oh, yes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's kind of like that non-sticky. <laughs> yeah. I mean... Uh, so be a little careful. It's um, seriously, yes, yeah. Don't, it, don't put your stickers or yeah, a sticker right. kit on after you spray Shine and Go on the bike. No, nothing's sticking. Uh, and that's, you know, something I guess I never even really thought of it that way. I always just... It makes the bike look so good, yeah. but it actually... I probably should be hitting underneath my fenders and, yes. you know, some yes. of that stuff. So, uh, What else? What are some other products you guys are, uh, that you'd like people to know about more? I'd say one would probably be the, the Moto Wash, too. So that kind of goes hand in hand with, uh, with the Shine and Go as well. The only thing I would recommend, and Dave could probably attest to this, is when you're, when you're washing your bike, only spray this on, you know, the engine and the chain and the, the swing arm and all that stuff, but make sure you wash it off immediately because it is very mm. strong. Yes. Um, so I that's that's one product, I think, that complements the Shine and Go lineup and, and MC Care lineup, as we call it, yeah. uh, very well. This, this uh, uh, depending on, on how dirty the application is, right? Uh, the idea is that you spray it on, you let it soak, you do not put this on in the sunlight, right? Mm -hmm. you, you don't want it to dry, because if it's a, you know, a clean, surface if you let it dry then the spot it leaves might be worse than the spot that you're trying to take off so oh, the idea right. is to work small spot rinse it off as he said mm -hmm. uh you could let it sit five ten minutes depending on what you're, you're you're cleaning i use it on on my bikes um if they're really light i'll hit it with a uh, i have a shall we say a garden sprayer hudson sprayer type yeah thing. you know you fill that up do that thing and then uh I might use my finger on anything that's stubborn or a little brush, and then you rinse it off. The idea is, as you said, you don't, you can put it on paint and plastic, but you want to make sure it never dries. Copy. Mm -hmm. and okay. That, and that's yeah. the secret of that. And I've used it on my boots and stuff like that after getting done riding at a, a muddy day or whatever else. And, you know, like we've mm -hmm. said, just make sure you wash it off yeah. immediately. It works really well. Um, last thing on this is that it leaves an anti-corrosion layer. Right? The oh, idea is, that right? is it leaves something behind because if we were, like for instance, I have a lot of, we have a lot of machine shops that will use this to wash down the cylinder after they honed it. 
because you know you have to hit it with some type of oil so it doesn't rust. Yes. Uh, now, uh, this, we have people that they spray and clean and rinse, and they don't have to spray oil. Ah, okay. Because the, the anti-corrosion uh, additive in here doesn't allow the rust to form. So okay. wow. it, it has, you know, it has So again, multiple yes. side effects. <laughs> um, what else? Uh, filter, air filter oil? Yeah, it's probably one. You guys have a cleaner as well? So we have a cleaner on that. We also, so we have three different lineups of, of chain lube. We have obviously the off-road application, which you can use on, on any dirt bike, anything like that, trail, motocross, supercross, whatever it may be. We also have a road application that's completely f different, a different formulation than the, than the, uh, the off-road application. And then we also have the factory line as well. So we have three different chain lubes that you can choose from, uh, depending on what kind of riding, what kind of segment you're involved in and mm -hmm. everything else. So... Yeah, again, that's those are those options of the that uh, application specificity that I like. Yeah. Um, yeah, contact cleaner, that's always my favorite. I use way too much of that stuff. <laughs> you uh, know, the chain lube road, by the way, uh, it also became, you know, the chain lube road is very tacky. If you uh, spray a little on the cap and let it dry, it'll snap. It's just, that's oh, how is that right? It, oh, yeah, yeah. It's, a, it's, it's very, very tacky. Um, back in the day, let's say 80s, um, the, they only had one chain loop, it was called Motul Chain, it was that bright yellow off-road, which was great, except that the mechanic, you know, he, in Daytona, <laughs> I don't know if you remember a guy by the name of John Kaczynski. Of course. He was very, uh, you know, he was very neat, et cetera, and he was a Viceroy, it was a Viceroy Yamaha 250 team, and the mechanic put, you know, he prepped the bike to go, but he, he used that chain loop of which I was kind of kind of cautious because Daytonas are really fast. Anyways, he, so he sprayed it on, everything worked, and you know, John went out a couple of laps, came back, and, and as soon as he got off the bike, you know, I'm looking and you see this beautiful white boot with a yellow stripe across it. That didn't go well. John was not happy. No, that didn't go well. So then I, you know, the like next day I'm on the phone going, we need a tactifier put in super. <laughs> we need it clear because I don't want to see it. Yeah. Uh, and it needs to be tacky that can go up to 300 some odd degrees because the chain will get to three, 350. On, Is on that a, right? At Daytona, man, yeah. you don't grab that. You grab it with a glove because you grab it with your hand. Your hand is, is toast. And wow. so, um, so the, the, the chain loop had to withstand a much higher temperature, but it also had to have a, a, a tactifier. And then the hotter it got, the, the easier it was to roll. Mm. And so it would be the same resistance, let's say, as this uh, chain loop for off-road, but the chain loop from off-road doesn't have to get so hot right. to be so, so, let's say, easy to roll. So we do have three different products for three different apps. And then the, the middle one, which is our racing one, it's kind of white. It has boron technology in it to allow, we actually got one horsepower out of that. Uh, on the dyno. I mean, not to say the last, but we did. Yeah. And, and it's lighter than the road. It's white, so you can see it. And, and, and it's got a light tack so that, you know, it doesn't have any drag. It's for racing. Yeah. But if you're going into sand or other stuff, that's why we remain with this yellow, very, very light, so that if you're in the sand or whatever, it doesn't become lapping compound, mm. right? Now, if you take a sticky stuff or thick, 
and you run through sand and very light rocks, you're going to collect that, and mm -hmm. that's going to be really bad for sprockets and O-rings. Yeah. So that's why we have three different chain loops for three specific applications. It mm -hmm. depends if you're a gearhead or you're just like, yeah, it's chain loop. <laughs> yeah. Well, and, and I don't want to talk badly about any other companies, but I don't know a lot of brands that have this many options for very specific purposes. And I think that's mm -hmm. one of the things that really separates Motul from other products. Mm -hmm. um, talk about a little bit about your history, Motul's history in, in motocross um, here in the U.S. and then kind of around the world. Well, so we started out in, uh, as Dave mentioned, Kawasaki back in 92. So that was, you know, Chicken. That was, uh, I believe, Wardy and I think LaRocco, if I'm not mistaken. And we had uh, that team up until, uh, I believe, 95. So Kurdowski won an outdoor championship, if I remember right. And I believe LaRocco did as well or, or vice versa. But we had that sponsorship at the time. Um, and that kind of propelled us into the moto scene and whatnot. And then in 01, we worked with Roger DeCoster and the Sobe Suzuki team with Wyndham. I'd like to call it the dream team at the time with Wyndham and Pastrana. Um, and Dave's got some stories, I'm sure, <laughs> with working with, with DeCoster and things like that. Um, most notably right now, we have, you know, as you know, Tim Geyser, who's leading the MXGP points, uh, won the championship last year. We have the HRC team in the Dakar Rally with Ricky Brabeck being the first American to win that segment of it. Um, here in, in the U.S. with Supercross, Motocross, this year we had AJE Motorsports with Chris Berlos, Derek Kelly, um, and then obviously, the unfortunately, the FXR Chaparral Honda team went away, but we had a great year with them with, you know, Shock put in some tremendous yeah. rides and really kind of put himself on the map this year with some with some really great finishes yeah, yeah. indoors and out rides, yep. you know and then obviously Carson kind of came on there uh late in the series and so on and so forth so um you know as I mentioned earlier like we're really trying to make a splash again in moto and get back involved and and whatnot um we've got some exciting stuff planned going in the next year so that's awesome we yeah. should do factory beta and factory shirko mm -hmm. um, yeah. um, and then uh enduro cross that's a fun thing to watch. Oh, my God. Yeah, that's, that's one discipline I'm never trying. Yeah, yeah same. I'll skip that. <laughs> so you catch me in the stands with a beer. Yeah, yeah. Um, give me a nice cold one. Laughing at guys stuck in the rocks. Um, is there, um, you know, talk a little bit about uh, sort of where you guys see yourselves going here uh, in terms of products. Is there anything new you guys are looking at or anything you think could be? Is there, is there a, a spot in our sport where we don't have a product that we need a product? Hmm, that's uh, quite interesting. Yes. I mean, you guys you guys have marine, right? So for yes. jet skis and that kind of stuff. Um, um, what about the side-by-side -side world? Is yeah, that something so that's that's obviously blossoming right now? Yeah, so that's, a, that's another huge segment. So the three pillars really that we're kind of focusing on are obviously moto, supercross, all that stuff. The side-by-side -side, uh, world, as you mentioned, is huge. Um, and then also the V-twin world. So we're heavily involved, and that's one thing that we kind of pride ourselves on is we're, we're so – spread out within not only the automotive world with the MSA series and and all that stuff but then we have partnerships with MotoGP and you know supercross motocross side-by-side -side teams and the dakar rally and and so on and so forth so uh the side-by-side -side, we have all viscosities for that that are you know oem compatible and, and exceed oem specifications and all that stuff um, we actually just were able to get ourselves into a big box retailer in the midwest uh, by the name of fleet farm so you've seen some tremendous sales growth uh, with that. But, I mean, you know, the Moto Supercross crowd, side-by-side -side crowd kind of go hand-in-hand. Oh, so yeah. that's 
that's a big focus for yeah. us next year. And it's the same OEM, same manufacturers in a sense with Kawasaki, with Yamaha, and, yeah. and mm-hmm. so on and so forth. So, yeah, it's, we, it's we a We also focus. have, uh, uh, shall we say, uh, we're quite specialists on brake fluids. <laughs> so we have RBF 600, we have RBS 660, and we have RBS 700 on its way. Um, and all of these, uh, uh, you know, back in the day when we had uh, uh, Jean-Michel Bale, and uh, he, he was notoriously tough on, on brakes. brakes. Oh, yeah. my God. And, and if you take binoculars, like watch him, you know, like at Glen Ellen, I was watching as, as he's throttling up and, tr- and pulling the brake so that he's loading it up and then when he shoots off he lets go of the brake he's already half throttle i mean the brakes are like screaming yeah <laughs> so we, we we you know we had to start improving more and more because if you look at normal motorcycles i mean it's, 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 it's in the front the disc is like like exposed it's always cold yeah <laughs> until you get to somebody who rides like that where all of a sudden it's like, yeah, I'm going to trail my brakes. I'm going to you know, ride them a bit so that I can load it down and then I can load the front while I'm accelerating the back. So instead of going like this, he's, he's doing Well, he would drag the rear too yeah. uh, through whoops, through, uh, through turns. As he was applying power, he would use the brake to uh, almost mm-hmm. like you do in a go-kart where I'm just going to keep it floored and modulate the power with the brake. <laughs> he would do that. Yeah. I, I don't think I've ever seen another rider do it. Right. Um, but yeah, yeah, I'm sure his stuff was boiling with stock Oh, uh, yeah, you know, and then for us, fluid. we're like, oh, dude, let go of the damn pedal. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> well, the, th- the thing with, with the brake fluids, too, so RBF 600 is 600 degrees. Uh, it's 595, yeah, close enough. <laughs> <laughs> we have the 660, which obviously is, is six, close seven. to 6. Yeah, yeah six, and then 700, which is okay. obviously the racing product, basically mm-hmm. the equivalent of your 300V yeah. application and whatnot. So so maybe so, it doesn't last as long, but mm, but withstands a much higher yeah, temperature. Yeah, it's a different, right. you know, actually, to be honest with you now, we used to have a product called uh, LC300. I mean, it was, so it was uh, in a tin can, it was blue, et cetera, and it was so hygroscopic that if you filled up a shot glass, put it, put a napkin under it and go to, let's say, uh, Elkhart Lake or something in the summer, you know, it, it would actually overflow and, and the napkin would be soaked because the brake fluid would suck the water right out, out of the air. air. Just <laughs> and so if you've ever seen brake lines sweat, right, you know, the cheap lines or whatever, that's the brake fluid. Uh, it's so hygroscopic, it's trying to, it's trying to attract the water through the rubber. Wow. And so one of the advantages or one of the things that we've been working on is that the RBF 600, 660, and 700 are all a DOT4 rated fluid. We did all the tests. You put it in your, your street bike, it's going to last two years just like any other DOT4, right? So we've cured that horrible, uh, you know, super hygroscopic effect by technology. Okay. So we no longer have that, uh, shall we say, that it won't last two years because it'll be contaminated. Mm. Um, that took a lot of work because, you know, it's a DOT-approved product that has a huge running temperature. Mm-hmm. So, you know, Ferraris or uh, Ducatis or uh, uh, MV Gustas, I mean, all these super bikes, mm-hmm. they need to stop. Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, and, God, thank God that not a lot of riders ride like John. <laughs> yeah. yeah, right. 
Uh, well, guys, I, I'm, like I said, so impressed with uh, with the products. Always have been. I, I love the brand, the vibe. You guys are into all kinds of racing globally, which I just think is so cool um, because that's how you improve your products, mm-hmm. to your point, whether it's old man LaRocco or Bale. <laughs> uh, this is how you guys improve, right, is working with these very, very high-level elite teams. And uh, you guys have done that and created an incredible product line. Go ahead. So, you know, we were talking about application. Yep. And uh, I, we have two different type of, uh, shall we say, uh, 300V applications. Uh, off-road, on-road, right? So you have 300V, 1040, on-road. 300V, 1040, off-road. And it's like, well, what the heck? It's oil. What, what's the difference? And so the 300V off-road, the formulation is actually made to deliver 18% better grip, right? So in other words, a road bike, we never, you know, we, unless you're like at the Isle of Man or something. I mean, you generally don't fly off in the air, hit your rear brake, slow it <laughs> down, and land, right? Unless you're pros, you do a jump. Generally, you land either with the throttle too much or without the throttle too much, right? So you kind of jam it, and then you take off. And that, when it lands, it knocks the clutch. And the idea is that if we can put some more friction, right, so that the clutch doesn't, shall we say, slip, because the problem is, is if it slips and then you're on the throttle, and now you're causing, you know, you're not letting it, yeah. and you're not letting it hook up. Yeah. So... We have the, the off-road, which has a, it's like 18% better grip, especially with quads, okay. right? Because when they land at two tires that have all Lots those knobs, drag, on, yeah. yeah, you try to knock the clutch free. Yeah. So that's why we made two different types, the road and the off-road, um, because we know that, that the off-road guys, they're, they're going to ride. They're not going to be perfect until they get to that level. So sure. we have to make the well, oils. Even at that <laughs> level, you're dealing with more horsepower, yep. more load on the bike because Supercross, you're landing in that sticky dirt. Uh, shoot, I see it now on our project builds at Vital MX. If I, don't, if I build more horsepower into a bike, I have to either go to better oil and or a better clutch because hmm? if I land off a jump or, or just overload it, it'll slip. Hmm. Yeah. So to yeah, your we point can, exactly. we, we can beef up the springs, but then, you know, you're going to get one of those forearm and <laughs> yeah. it's going to lock up. Yeah. Hey, we used to do that drag racing. You know, you put, uh, you put some heavy-ass springs. Oops, yeah. Sorry. You, you put some heavy-duty springs, but then, you know, on the road racing, dude, yeah. he, you're, you're not, not going to go three laps no. for that, right? Because yeah. you're going to end up going like, you No, know. if you can fix it with the oil, uh, it's just, way better. Yeah. It's yeah. just one of those yeah. things where, like I said, we... we like you just asked, what do we see in the future? So we constantly look and say, how do we help this guy? Yeah. And that's how we ended up with off-road and on-road and people like, really? And it's like, well, you know, it's how, much is the, how much is a modern bike today? Yeah. And how much, did you ex- you, how much have you invested to get to where you're at to race? Mm-hmm. Just to lose because the <laughs> clutch is slipping? Yeah. Yeah, no way. Well, yeah. and, and, and to, to that point, I, I want to send people, go over to motool.com and just have a look through the different products, specifically off-road. If you are, uh, and, and there's even a difference in a lot of these products, as he's talking about with Chainlu. Are you an off-road guy that does 100-mile rides, or are you racing just motocross? Uh, are you on a sport bike racing? Are you on a cruiser? They have specific products for all of those mm-hmm. uh, types of bikes, types of riding, so make sure you get the right thing. And the, the great thing about it is those products are designed specifically 
for what you're doing. So um, uh, to me, that's phenomenal. That, that always turns out a better product uh, rather than saying, well, here, we have chain lube, and it's for everything. You know, right. uh, We just discussed how that doesn't work. <laughs> no. So right. um, anyway, fantastic job. I, I appreciate so much you guys being a part of the show, and uh, hopefully we can continue to show people how amazing these products are. Yeah, Drink. Nah, so, absolutely. So I guess our, Thank ne you, our next uh, time over, we'll come in with some demos and show you what we're saying. Let's really get some science going, <laughs> some experiments and uh, some Bunsen burners and whatnot, and we'll do it. Yes. All right, guys. Thanks so much. Stay tuned. We'll be back to wrap up the show. I want to be bad with you, girl, like we're Folks, that's our show. Thank you for tuning in. Uh, it was absolutely a lot of fun for me to go through Ryan Dungey's career. Uh, you know, he didn't really open up that much during his professional racing career, so to hear him just candidly go through everything, uh, man, I really enjoyed that. It was it was um, just for me a lot of fun, and I thought it was great to have RV here uh, to sort of be one of those very few guys on this planet that can relate to what <laughs> what a champion at that level goes through. Uh, so a lot of fun. I appreciate both of those guys taking the time to come in. I hope you enjoyed it. And uh, be sure to check out his coffee, rdcoffees.com, and uh, support him in, in his next venture. Uh, we got to run through our sponsors one more time. And, folks, uh, I give you this personal guarantee every week. Um, I don't partner with, with brands until I am 100% sure I can stamp my name on it. And um, whether it's the Motul Oil folks we had here today or... Uh, any one of our brands, uh, I, I give you my personal guarantee, you buy it, you're not going to be disappointed. Uh, we partner with great companies, uh, period. That's it. So uh, please support them. They support this show and keep it coming. Uh, so uh, I'm going to run through those and thank those guys one more time. Uh, so please have a listen and support those companies. Appreciate the support. Stay tuned. we got great shows coming here lined up for the rest of the year. So uh, And some other exciting stuff, too. Uh, don't want to let the cat out of the bag just yet, but stay tuned on our social media. You're going to see some neat things popping up in the next couple months. Uh, and get over to our website, whiskeythrottleshow.com. We've got all our links to our merch in there, old shows, all kinds of stuff. So check it out. Also, our uh, Moto E MPH uh, series is on there with Coach Rob Beam. So thank you guys for watching. See you soon. The Whiskey Throttle Show is brought to you by Yamaha. Join the Blue Crew today and take advantage of all that Yamaha has to offer, including amateur racing trackside support, awesome Yamaha contingency, Jason Rain's demos and instructional classes, and frankly, the most high-performing motorcycles available in the market today. Whether you're looking for a four-stroke, a two-stroke, a side-by-side, -side, a quad, a boat, a generator, Yamaha prides themselves on absolute top-level quality and reliability. Rev your heart with Yamaha and join the Blue Crew today. Sore necks, aching legs, tight backs. Our bodies aren't designed to be constantly tense. But what can we do about it? Help your body relax with TheraBody. TheraBody creates effective, natural solutions to take charge of your daily wellness. By combining education, innovation, and over a decade of pioneering technology, TheraBody makes wellness more accessible for everybody. A traumatic motorcycle accident led TheraBody founder Dr. Jason Westland to create the Theragun for his debilitating pain. Now the Theragun, the only physician-created percussive therapy device, uses a scientifically calibrated combination of depth, speed, and power to relax and release your deep muscle tension. Recovery Air is TheraBody's world-leading pressure compression therapy system that flushes out leg soreness so you can bring on peak performance. 
Most electrical muscle stimulation is ineffective. Instead, TheraBody's sleek PowerDot takes away the guesswork with an intuitive app that customizes intensity and placement so you recover faster. Regular foam rollers hurt. TheraBody's Wave Series delivers powerful vibration and pressure to help you recover with less pain. Don't settle for mystery CBD. TheraBody's TheraOne range of topical and ingestible full-spectrum USDA-certified organic CBD products are redefining high-potency CBD for wellness and recovery. 250 professional sports teams exclusively use Theragun and other TheraBody products to take recovery into their own hands. Method Race Wheels, bringing you the lightest, strongest, fastest wheels in off-road for your truck, van, sprinter, UTV, or SUV. They've been dominating the Baja 500 and 1000 and every major off-road event around the world for years with high quality and performance. They also look amazing. They come in a bunch of different styles and colors for your rig, so check them out. You can get 20% off a set of wheels using our code Whiskey Throttle. No capitals, no spaces. 20% off using our code. Check them out. Also, coming soon, the R1M Project. Method Race Wheels makes a dive into the motocross world. Stay tuned. Troy Lee Designs is the leader in off-road motocross apparel and style. So whether you're looking for a cool new paint job for your helmet, maybe your name and number on your helmet lettered on, you're looking for new gear, you're looking for mountain bike gear, off-road gear, they've got the brand new Scout Lion GP and SE models. Troy Lee Designs has it all. They've been leading this industry for decades, and they're going to continue to do it. Check out TroyLeeDesigns.com. SKDA is a moto graphics and seat covers company with several offices based around the globe. For too long, bikes and graphics have all looked the same. They just start to blend together. SKDA is working to change that. With super clean and unique design work, a bike with SKDA graphics stands out in a crowd and adds a touch of art to the world of moto. Hey, we need that. SKDA prides itself on providing premium customer service both before and after the sale is made. Visit SKDA online to view the current product range and get in touch with their team to get your bike refreshed. I want to just make a, a mention here that these guys, not only is their design way outside the box, very, very cool. They'll work with you on custom things. The, the products are incredible, okay? They'll speak for themselves. But what's really awesome, and you'll notice this the minute you order one of these, man, they give you an email saying, hey, the product's been shipped. Uh, hey, the product is here. It landed in this spot. Hey, it's coming today. Hey, your product's been delivered. They, they're just so good about staying in touch with you and letting you know where it's at. Customer service is 100%, and uh, that's just something that's rare these days. Check out SKDA. Here at the Whiskey Throttle Show, we're all about supporting brands that support our sport. And there's one tire company that has never walked away from the sport of motocross and supercross, and it's Dunlop. When times got tough and the economy took a crash, Dunlop stepped up and stayed with our sport to support it and the athletes and individuals that love it. Their MX-53 line and MX-33 lines absolutely dominate this sport. Every national championship at the pro level has been won in the last decade, and nearly every single amateur national championship at Loretta Lynn's has been won on a Dunlop. So if you're looking for high performance, you're looking for amazing quality, and you're looking to support a brand that never turns its back on our sport, there's only one choice for you, and it's Dunlop. Pro Circuit is the leader in aftermarket performance and quality. Whether you're looking for a little more horsepower out of your engine, some quality hard parts to improve the way your bike feels and looks, better handling through suspension or linkage or linkage arms, Pro Circuit is where you need to stop. It's your one-stop shop. You can go in there and get everything you need to make your motorcycle go from average to exceptional. Pro Circuit's got enough number one plates on their wall to side an entire home. And there's a reason for that. They're very, very good at what they do. 
uh, the highest quality products with one goal in mind, and that's winning. Check out ProCircuit.com. Nihilo Concepts is leading the way in aftermarket hard parts. With their secondary on-switch device, something that was much needed in this sport, they've been innovating and bringing new products to market. Their latest is the new Nihilo Run-Cool Brake Pistons. They're designed to be stronger than stock and provide exceptional cooling performance with less brake drag. Most OEM calipers pistons are made from aluminum that just can't hold it to the heat and extreme demands of serious racing. When they get hot, the aluminum will distort, causing loss of hydraulic pressure and brake failure. Nihilo's run-cool pistons limit the area that boiling hot hydraulic fluid is able to come in contact with the piston, leaving two-thirds of the piston volume in open air with breather holes to enhance the cooling ability. It's made of a proprietary stainless blend, which is better at dissipating heat. You have issues with brake fade or brake failure, check out Nihilo Concepts among their many amazing hard parts and carbon fiber parts and titanium. Nihiloconcepts.com. Senna is the leader in motorcycle helmet communications. There's really two prongs to why this is important. One of them is safety. If you're a dad who's watching your kid out on a track, being able to communicate with him about a rider down or a track situation is imperative. You don't want him coming over a jump and seeing a rider down and getting himself involved in that. So from a safety aspect, it's huge. You can also coach them. So if you see them taking a line, doing something that they could be improved, it's very easy to just click a button and speak to them right in their helmet in real time. This has been a proven coaching technique used by many motorcycle coaches. There's also just the simple fun factor. Being able to chat with your buddy while you're out on a ride, share music between one another, answer phone calls, it just takes your riding experience to another level. So whether you're using the 50S or 50R connected through a mesh network in your helmet, or you're using a Tough Talk headset connected with one of those, Senna is the leader in quality and performance in motorcycle helmet communications. Check them out at Senna.com. Seat Concepts is the leader in motorcycle saddles. If you're looking for a new cover or a new seat entirely, Seat Concepts is the place to go. They make custom seat foams catered to your height, weight, riding ability, riding type. They also have waterproof covers and, and foams that will not break down if you ride in a lot of inclement weather. And they pride themselves on being much more comfortable than OEM or any other aftermarket company. If you're looking for a new seat or a new cover, Seat Concepts, there's nothing better. Need to replace something on your bike that's worn out? Look no further than Pro-X. These guys aim to make everything OEM quality or better at an affordable price. And they've also got some new products coming. So right now, chains, sprockets, anything inside the, in the engine internally, air filters. If it wears out, Pro-X makes it, and they make it at a quality level that's OEM or better. And they've got some new things coming that are awesome. A complete engine rebuild kits for the Polaris RZR 800s. Need to replace something on your bike that's worn out? Look no further than Pro-X. These guys aim to make everything OEM quality or better at an affordable price. And they've also got some new products coming. So right now, chains, sprockets, anything inside the, in the engine internally, air filters. If it wears out, Pro-X makes it, and they make it at a quality level that's OEM or better. And they've got some new things coming that are awesome. A complete engine rebuild kits for the... If you've got a little Grom that's looking to get started in the motorcycle world, the best way to get them going is on a Stasic bike. They've got multiple sizes, so from your very young Groms to those who are a little more grown up, you can start them safely. They've got controls that allow you to control the speed so he can't get going too quick. They can touch the ground. There's not a lot of noise to distract them. It's the perfect way to get your child involved in motorcycling at a very young age.
And if you've got a kid who's already out ripping, there's series popping up all over. For those of you in Southern California, go to www.ameminicross.com and join their local series. If you're outside of this state, contact your local track and ask them about starting a Stasic class at your local track. Get over to stasic.com and check out all they've got going on. Motul USA, uh, we, we lean hard on these lubricants to keep us uh, on the track and on the trail. And Motul has proven their quality over and over, uh, most recently with their Dakar win with Ricky Brabeck. Uh, they're sponsoring Supercross teams. They're diving into our sport again full, full throttle, and uh, we're stoked to have them on board. Amazing products, top to bottom. Motul USA, go check them out. OGO is the leader in motorcycle storage solutions. As motocross riders, we need a gear bag, we need a helmet bag, a boot bag, a backpack, a travel bag, a hydration pack, maybe a toolkit to wear around your waist if you're on an off-road ride. OGO makes all of that, and their products are absolutely top of the line. I've got stuff I've had for several decades, just to give you an idea of how long this stuff lasts. If you're not sure, ask around, talk to folks who've had some of this stuff, and they will confirm that OGO's quality is absolutely second to none. So go check them out, OGO underscore powersports.com, and look at all they've got to offer right now. And finally, last but not least, specialized bicycles. If you are in the market to start pedaling, this is where you want to start. Uh, they've got great entry-level bikes all the way up to the Cadillac, the new Levo um, e-bike, uh, any, anything in between, man. It doesn't matter what kind of riding you're doing. Go check out and start with Specialized. Don't waste your time on something that's going to break. The derailleur's not going to shift after a couple months. Get something quality. Uh, these guys make it. Specialized leads that industry. Hey, everybody. Welcome to MPH, Moto E Performance and Health, and our, uh, another episode with Coach Rob Beams. Thanks for being here again. Thanks, brother. Uh, interesting topic today. I want to get into base training, why this is so important, whether you're a motocross athlete or training for something else. Building a cardiovascular base is super important, and I wanted to get your take on the why yep, and then a little bit on the how. Absolutely. Well, coming right out of the blocks, the, uh, the first thing to take a look at would be the subject of periodization. We have, a, we have a resource on our website. Essentially, periodization is just taking 12 months and breaking it up. You know, when do you want to race? What's the characteristics of the race? Is it a short five-lap sprint that's eight minutes, or is it a 30-minute plus two? You've got to know what you're training for, first of all. Right. Second thing you've got to look at is what is your current limitation. If I've got to race a 30 plus 2, but I get tired after 18 minutes, I know that's my opportunity. So then when we take a look at that, you got to just keep breaking the year down and go backwards. That's the key word. Because when we hear the word base, base training, base training, in the periodization world, we call it preseason. Well, in preseason, there's two main focuses. Maximize aerobic engine, maximize physical strength. You don't need to be doing sprint work during that phase because if you think about the, the use a tree for an easy illustration, the roots of the tree are your capillary beds in your muscle. You go to the tree itself, that's your muscle, that's your strength base. And then the leaves at the top, that's your aerobic engine, your ability to get oxygen. So if you look at that, the only way that you can increase the number of capillary beds in the muscle is low intensity training. High intensity training, you're not establishing blood vessels. Mm. So if you put it in the tune of a motorcycle, right, if we want to get rid of the exhaust, that's our aerobic engine. If you want, you know, you could go back, the size of your piston is going to be your strength base, the size of your carburetor is how much oxygen you can get in. The pipe is the capillary beds. It gets the, the byproduct out. It's pretty simple. The problem that we run into is our race season is so fragmented. doesn't matter if it's amateur or pro anymore. There's a big race every, every month. 
well, how is somebody supposed to build an aerobic engine? Um, this, again, comes from the Olympic Training Center. It takes six months to build an aerobic engine. So, like, with my lead athletes like Logan Best and Nick Laurie and Devin O'Leary and guys like that, those guys are contenders for Loretta's. Those guys start training in November for Loretta's. Wow. Now, some people go, wait, if I do the math, isn't that eight months? Yeah, because the longer the better. And with amateur racing, and, and we, we have this mantra in the physiology world, until you can go long and slow, you can't go short and fast. Mm. Because if you haven't built the strength base, if you don't have the aerobic engine, now all of a sudden you're trying to do speed work and you're lacking the two things that you need more, more power and more aerobic capacity. But if you all you do all year long is sprint races, that's going to be your limiting factor. So that's why base training is so important. The other thing that's really important, and we refer to it in our offices, about muscle and athletic durability. If I'm trying to reduce the risk of injury, if I'm flexible and I'm strong, then if I do have a high-speed get-off, the velocity of being yard-darted down the track isn't going to tear stuff apart. That's where flexibility, I don't think it's enough reputation or enough credibility for what it can do sure. to keep us from getting injured. Because in the subject of a base training, there's only two things that will slow us down as an athlete, an injury or an illness. Hmm. So if I take the time to build an aerobic engine, I'm actually enhancing my immune system. Yeah, really, that base training shouldn't tax your immune system at all, right? That's you're exactly not You're right. not up in those That's right. really high heart rates where you'd start to maybe break that down. Well, if you ride this motorcycle in second gear for 40 minutes, there's not a listener that would go, that was smart. But yet we'll go out and train just guts to the wall every time we get on the motorcycle and every time we cross train and go, why am I sick all the time? Mm. Why am I injured all the time? Because you're training too hard. Right. That's where the base training, and it, that's why I always love to get, draw the analogy of the Tour de France. You know, the Tour just finished up here. You look at these guys in the, let's call it early season, November through February, they're not going and doing one-mile intervals. They're riding five, six, seven hours, 15 miles an hour. But then second to the last stage of the Tour de France was a time trial. They averaged 33 miles an hour for 25 miles. Yeah. you got to go slow before you can go fast. Yeah. So that's where I think the preseason and the base training really matters. And there was something that was always passed along to me uh, in, in terms of, you don't know heart rate specifically, sure. but if you're out on a bike ride or a jog with somebody and you're trying to build this uh, aerobic base, yep. longer and slower, mm -hmm. uh, and that, that pace would be, you want to be able to carry on a conversation with that's somebody. That's right. Conversation if you're breathing pace. so hard that you can't talk, you're like, oh, you know, yeah. shut up, I'm trying to run. <laughs> that's right. You're going too fast, that's slow right. down. Um, and it's actually... I enjoy that part of it mm -hmm. because it's not super painful. Yeah. And I guess like to your point, I'm slow twitch. We, we kind of have looked, you know, just based on my own makeup, that comes a little easier to me. So Absolutely. I enjoyed the base training, sure. like the longer, slower rides. It's that really high heart rate stuff at the end yep. that was the most painful for me and probably my weakness. Um, what are some good things? What, I mean, obviously cycling, uh, just because it's low impact. What else is good for this, for just building that base? Yeah, I'll tell you, uh, my favorite swimming, yeah, hands down. Because if you look at our sport, you know, our joints and our low back and everything takes enough abuse as it is. Swimming has such a multitude of benefits. You can use it for contrast therapy. We don't ever get in the pool and go, oh, it's hot. I mean, well, I guess there's always an exception to the rule. But for the most part, you get in and go, oh, it's kind of chilly. Well, that's contrast therapy. Your body loves that. Day after a race, jump in the pool. Mm. You don't have to go and swim like Michael Phelps. Just get in the pool for 20 minutes. Energy creates energy, right? So get in the pool. There's no impact. You, nothing's going to build your cardiovascular engine like swimming. You're holding your breath every other stroke. Yeah. You know? So you're going to get that cardiovascular benefit, low impact. Again, you don't have to go in there and swim guts to the wall. For those of you that are new to swimming, you know, shoot yourself uh, with a video. Send it to me. We do this with our triathletes all the time all around the world. 
because you know if, if you're out there struggling to swim, it could become counterproductive, become more yeah. you know more work than it needs to be. But that's always my go-to. I'm a big fan of cycling, whether it be mountain bike or road bike. Um, you know, depending, I'm going to sound like a hypocrite here. If you come and were you come from a running background, sure you can run, but run off road. Yeah. You know, but then you got the concept two ski ergs, you got the concept two rowers, uh, the specialized bikes. They're just anything yeah. really can be, I, be used. Anything can be used. I find some of those indoor tools when you're trying to go for an hour, two hours, three hours. That's brutal. I can't do it. I yep. lose my mind. Yep. You know, uh, for me, what's been a really fun base tool mm -hmm. is my e-bike. Absolutely. Uh, I got a specialized Levo in the Kinevo because it, that motor helps keep you down into your lower right. realms, but you can ride for hours sure. and you're just smiling the whole time. That's it's right. the, it's the most fun you'll have building a cardiovascular base. No, I would agree with you hundred percent. Um, and on the swimming, it, just real quick, we're going to just dab on this. I don't want to take too long, but, um, I do a, a bit of swimming, particularly in the summer here, and I'll, I'll breathe every third stroke. Mm -hmm. So then I'm rotating sides. Mm -hmm. I just don't want any, you know, sometimes the one side of your neck will get sore. You yep. can twist yourself up, but it forces your, your speed mm -hmm. because at a point you're like, I need more air. I've got to, I need to speed up these, uh, the rhythm and it trains you how to just control your, your heart rate. Yeah. Uh, at least for me, because I can, when I start out, I always, it, again, spikes a little bit. You got to warm up somehow. Absolutely. Right? And then once I get through like maybe the first 10 minutes, I just get into a rhythm and it, it, it becomes easier. And then yeah. I can start actually going a little quicker, you know, and I find that ceiling of like, oh, no, that's too fast. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah. Well, you brought up something that's really cool because, like I said, our largest business segment is actually triathlons, um, our whole endurance division, mountain bikers, road cyclists, triathletes. So this is our wheelhouse big yeah. time. What I find interesting, you don't even realize it. What you were talking about breathing, that pattern is called bilateral breathing. What that does is if in between your shoulder blades, you have these muscles called the rhomboids. When you breathe alternating sides, you don't overwork one side. Mm. So you create muscle symmetry. Remember, we talked about it in another show when we talked about the balance between the top of the legs and the bottom of the legs, yeah. muscle symmetry. Mm -hmm. Changing up that pattern of breathing balances out the muscles in the back of your shoulder so you don't get that cricked neck that you were yeah. talking about. Well, it's hard for some people, but once you get the hang of that... But if the, if really the listeners understand the benefits of it, yeah. even though it's frustration to get to learn how to do it, if you understand the benefits, you'll be more patient yeah. and say, you know what, it's frustrating as heck, but the long-term benefits are there. So Yeah, absolutely. That's what makes it a lot of fun. Um, so uh, anything else that folks need to learn? Is there, is there any specifics with diet or obviously stay hydrated when you're on yeah. a ride that long? Um, anything else they need to think about as they're trying to build that cardiovascular base? It goes back to what we've said in almost every segment when the heart rate comes up is knowing what your accurate zones are. We have uh, heart rate protocols on our website that you can ascertain what your true max heart rate is per discipline. That's a really big mistake people make. But the idea is make sure you, and this is an oxymoron, make sure you don't go too hard on your easy workouts. Yeah. That's where a heart rate monitor, that's why I'm such a big fan of Garmin and the dashboard because if, if you're dealing with any of our listeners, we usually have one gear. That's pin it. Yeah. Right? So what we perceive as easy is really not physiologically easy. Yeah. This is where it becomes a governor where it's like, look, don't go above zone two. Well, if you know what yours is, right. you stay right there. Another thing I'll use if I'm on a, a cycle by myself, I yeah. probably look crazy, but I'll sing because I'm usually listening Absolutely. to music. Yeah. And if I can't sing along, Slow it down. I'm like, okay, I'm going too fast. That's right. So I, I we look call like, it the solo test, but yeah, it works. <laughs> yeah. I look like a real ass. <laughs> Going down the road, you know, singing out loud, a it works. terrible voice, but it's a good way to just tell where you're at. And we'll talk, we can do another show on strength training all by itself, but just remember 
you've got to you got to lift weight specific to our sport, and that's mm. a three dimensional plane. Yeah, we're going to get into that. Strength training is going to be but, its own but show. But in that Stay base tuned. season, though, it, yeah. during that preseason base, you remember. That's when it's most critical, you, right? Don't worry about putting on muscle mass. That's okay. It'll drop when we get into the pre-competitive side and we start dropping some intervals. But get strong. Mm-hmm. That's what that base is all about. That's what's hurting our pro guys. The season just gets longer and longer yeah. and longer and longer. There is no off-season because you have to have the off-season to fully recover and decompress. But then when you go into a preseason. That needs to be ideally 16 to 20 weeks yeah. long. They don't have that. Well, and this is why we're seeing more chronic fatigue syndrome. Yep. This is why we're seeing guys burn out and retire by 26, 7. Yeah, it's ridiculous. Which is in- insane, yeah. right? So um, anyway, if for more information, yep. get over to CompleteRacingSolutions.com. Lots more info over there Absolutely. on this. And you can always reach out to Rob. Something I've always yep. appreciated about you is you're, you're very accessible. Try to be. Somebody has a question. They're gonna. It's gonna get answered, you know, eventually. So we'll do our best. Um, go look at all the the uh, different tools he's got to make you a better athlete and human over there. And uh, we sure appreciate you tuning in. Stay tuned for more MPH videos. And that's our show. We'll see you guys next time. Thanks for watching the Whiskey Throttle Show. Don't forget to like and subscribe and click the bell to get alerts for all the latest content. Follow us on Twitter at W underscore throttle underscore show. And on TikTok, Facebook, and Instagram at Whiskey Throttle Show. Oh, yeah.